I want to level with you. I I don't think that Marty does good in this one. I really I was disappointed. I was let down. Is that why you've removed your wedding ring to podcast? No, nah, I just always say, who wears fucking jewelry? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't wear my wedding ring for probably a year of quarantine. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was in my house, but mm-hmm. like I, I didn't want to give it up. You know, I, I did find it. This is like a twenty dollars thing from Amazon because I lost the the first edition uh, that was more expensive within like I don't know two months. Okay, uh, and you know I think like whatever we were buying, I'm like I'm not sure this is a good idea to spend this. I'm yeah. going to lose it. Yeah, uh, and then shocker of all shockers, I did. I can tell that that's what I, if I do ever actually, I still have the original and I like how small it is, you know, cause I have such delicate, dainty hands. Uh, but I can tell that I will go like a $20 ring to, if I ever have to replace, it's just not worth like this one is, uh, some kind of something like you I paid more than 20 for that. Oh yeah. But, uh, Is that a good idea? I, well, I do like, I do get, cause I'm, you know, part of, Part of uh, you know, just our capitalist culture, and I'm also just a monkey brain who you know likes shiny things. I like looking at it and knowing like this is a nice metal, you know. Like I I don't even know what kind of metal it is. It's not much of it. What I know, well, because I I did get it made because it like I uh, this, you can do this. Um, there's like a lot of guys in Dallas who will do this for you. It's like you feel like it's it, uncut gems had not come out, so I felt like I was in the movie Snatch. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you like have to go through security and shit. It's yeah. like on the third floor, and uh, but you I've can just been married. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I only yeah, I only did it for that. I've never bought. They want you to like buy every year, be like your guy to get your wife a necklace or whatever. You know what I mean? Sure. Which I have an idea, but I didn't do it. But dude, I had a great idea. But anyway, uh, so you can just ask them. You can bring the Tiffany's catalog and just be like, make me this, make me that. And they, they'll just look at it. They, they all have guys. They're yeah, no, make I, it themselves. I did more or less did that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I had an idea, dude. Um, I just never wanted to spend the money doing it. But I was like, what if, dude? Because it's only going to probably things are going to get more expensive. Unless like the market just totally like, you know, does something out of left field. Uh, you just buy... 30 years worth of jewelry presents like for your wife you know what i mean and you just get them like the you you get them like in order so that way you're not giving her like too big of a diamond too early what if you just bought all the goods you're gonna need for the rest of your life now to combat inflation well i used to uh kind of have like a you know i never like wrote it out but i i think i was walking around with like this fantasy that I would finally find the clothes that would fit me that I could wear every day, like my uniform. Mm-hmm. And I also had a fantasy that I would like Mark Wahlberg and shooter style, like retire to the woods. And I was just like, I'll have my, my comfy clothes. I remember that briefly coming up in our first lunch. Yeah. 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 That was Stack like kind racks, of just go to the woods, two part plan. Yeah. That's all I wanted to do, man. And, and have like my wardrobe settled. And like, that, just the wistful way that you were like, uh, yeah, you know, it was going good. I was on track. We were, Stacking racks gonna go to the woods pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it didn't happen. But I feel just, like it's it's no it's no way to live, dude. That was like a heaven on earth fantasy. No, you're wrong. There, you it know, is a way to live. I'm gonna fast I'm gonna forward, do it. dude. They talk about the, this is a big theme of the episode. Uh, but when he's like the program, the Wellspring program was an alternative. 
you know, uh, people should have a choice. I think one of the larger things is like the, the all of the oh, we're not recording or whatever. No, we are, but I gotta pause in a second here. You can finish. Oh, okay. Your point. Well, I was, I was just trying saying, to gently like, say finish your point. Trying to just escape death, dude. Trying to have control over life is another way of like trying to escape death because that's what we're trying to do is avoid threats and danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think my version of the Tuttle family was to have athleisure. Shooter too. That's a better way to Definitely, handle that. Dude. I still stand by that. Than molesting children. You got to live in the world too, though. You know what I mean? So now I'm Mark Wahlberg and Shooter, but in the city of Dallas. And I do have comfy athleisure that I did. I did end up basically locking down the wardrobe. I'm pretty happy about it. Do you feel like that was the, the key part of the mission? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the only part that was close to achievable. Uh, the rest was just a fantasy. Yeah. And here, I, you know, it's like. I didn't have a kid at the time, so it's like I I do like the idea of like being out in the country, you know, with your family. You got chickens and goats and stuff, like. But you know, I'm not doing that until that's if that ever made sense. I guess I would. I have friends that have kind of done that, but uh, even I think then, you, you got to participate in the world. Like their kids go to school, they go to jujitsu, uh, you know, stuff like that. The yeah. dojo dude is a, a alternative community. But yeah, haunted houses. Right. Um, no, I mean, you know, it, it opens with Marty beating the shit out of high school kids. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Um, I just, I, I don't know. He, it's an interesting journey, you know? Uh, like, he's been trying to improve in some measurable ways, it appears he has, although... His wife in 2012, or ex-wife by then, is fairly dismissive of that. Yeah. Uh, but just, there are, like, he does get her back, right? Like, he is trying during the, the like, I, I think that we're supposed to interpret from the uh, roller rink scene that. That's last episode, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that there's something going on here, like as far as he's taking something somewhat seriously somewhere in the process. And just, I just think that he's a worse person here. I, I, I don't even know that in 96, like even the guy that's uh, with his girl, he's like, he doesn't beat the shit out of him. So wait, what are we talking? So you, you talking about him the fucking boys. yeah, the river beating the ass, shit dude. out of two fucking high school kids. Well, first of all, it and fucking- it, that's, that's the start. Obviously there's several other things in this episode where you know yeah 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 so i just i just want to observe that uh you know the, the dry drunk phenomenon is occurring it is interesting well i think a lot dude it's such a great scene everything about it is awesome him beating the shit out of the kids yeah dude i think it really works man it like uh because it's like you know the locked room in the co- is the you know consciousness mm-hmm. uh and these are like boys who are acting like men you know, but they also literally were acting like the men in their society, like, you know, taking advantage of a, a younger, more vulnerable person. Uh, but also, you know, like pretty classic, like concept in psychology of like interjecting the father figure or the, the authority, you know, the, the law giving paternal figure of society, uh, you know, which in the police state, obviously, you know, like an, an actual cop is there. And, you know, the last thing he says to the kids is like, man's game charges a man's price. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, 
I think it like really works to set up like a lot of like subtle transition stuff in this episode because you know like it's coming to a close so it's like a lot of the symbols and like the the themes or whatever you know the underlying ideas that are animating the show are, are coming to new stops in their progression as well and so i noticed like uh re-watching it like so the man's game charging a man's price it's like when you become a man like in many ways to become a man is or to become an adult is like you have you know the introjected like the internalized is part of your psychology like voice of society like as uh, telling you what to do and what the right thing is to do and but it's like in a violent you know capital carceral state society that's what that voice is it's a guy like marty being like i'm gonna fucking beat you up and threaten you with racialized sodomy like if you get out of line and and the the thing that i'm going to punish you for is having the desires that i dangle in front of you and that i also have and then it's like as he leaves i think it like brings home you know obviously like he he pays his own like man's price like he's throwing he's throwing up you know which is like an adrenaline reaction but also it's like it's poisonous to everybody involved and I also noticed like this part of the season like amps it up like the police department gets more diverse but they also like in the backdrop there's prisoners in you know or the orange jumpsuits where we weren't seeing them before so it's like the whole system from like the what are you saying like the whole system in the first scene goes from like it's a cop in a room beating guys up Mm -hmm. and it's like that basis we're all walking around with that cop in our head you know like kind of and then from that blooms this like entire oppressive system like even as it makes progress it becomes more systemic in its oppressive like are you, you know, saying the presence of a justice well. system is born out of the shared impulse that we have to be like marty in that moment for is that sure the point you're making okay yeah and then you also notice like later in the episode when they're fighting each other it's like what happens dude the the only woman watching is like get the major in here you know what i mean it's like when there's disorder it's it's you know we want somebody to come in and impose order even if it's a fucking dickhead and it's like that's how the top no, i don't want to skip ahead to this but yeah. rust is making a similar point yeah no i think i think the show makes it over and over again yeah, but yeah. I, I think like it's amping it up here like you see the inmates more where it's like really I think, you know, on an earlier episode, I was like, I think the show has a light, you know, it almost like doesn't address racial issues, which is weird for a show about cops in Louisiana, but it actually, I think it does. It's just like not usually through written dialogue, you know, but it's like all over the show. It's part of the psychosphere. Yeah. And in, in that conversation, um, you know, definitely like uh, part of that conversation was about whether or not Marty is, uh, you know, weaponizing race in this context. Right. I mean, definitely and, uh, here, I was, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, just, yeah. you know, I, I felt that this was a uh, further, you know, it's clear that I was like, that the literal points I was making was wrong, but I do not, I'm not here to apologize <laughs> because I laid out a very clear, uh, I'm not going to skip ahead uh, framework. Right, right, right. right. I, so, think, I think we've been well served by that. Don't you? Yeah. I like the, I I like the whole setup. Sure. I do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've been thinking about that. Yeah, but Dude. you know, that was that was an example. Like you were definitely referring to this scene, 
And I hadn't seen it yet, except for whenever I saw it eight years I ago. I definitely, yeah. Now so, you say it probably was, yeah. Um, you know. Dude, I just realized, dude, taking glasses off while podcasting is buck wild, man. Did you I might try it? it. Yeah, sure. It's like outer space. I don't even know what's going on. I feel like I'm in Rogan in the sensory deprivation tank right now. I don't know if that's true. I feel pretty normal. Really? What's the number on your contacts? I feel like I'm not. What kind of fucking insane person could answer that question? I'm not question. getting your facial expressions when I'm. It helps when I'm talking, but when you're talking, I like to be able to see what you're, what's going on. Okay. If I need to read how you're responding to me, it's hard with that. <laughs> yeah. You know what I used to do? This is psycho, dude. I realized. Uh, as a lawyer, you know, because my eyes are so bad, I can, it's not hard for me to make eye contact all day if I'm not, you know, wearing corrective lenses. I can just stare at anyone and not blink because I literally can't even like make out that they have eyes. But it like seems like I'm just staring you down. Like I can just do this you all You can't day. make out that I have eyes? Not really. I mean, wow. there's like two little gray circles where I know your eyes are. See, I, like, I, so I, I thought no that I had uh, very bad vision. No, I, mine's terrible. Dude. I know that you have eyes. I can see your Yeah, I, can I barely see your can eyes. tell. So I would wear glasses like the depositions and just like just in the, stare down people. The vast majority of situations, like, I'm the worst vision in the room. And this, this meet someone was so much worse. It's, I don't mine's know. pretty bad. Disorienting. Man. I'm so, yeah, I, I've known others to know their contact number. Although now that we're talking about it, I'm not, I think mine's like negative nine. I mean, I've never gotten contacts. I mean, oh, like really? I had them for, I don't know. Whenever I got out of Excel, I tried them for a while because, you know, it was something that we couldn't get there. So I was like, hell yeah, yeah going to yeah. get contacts. And I fucking hated it. It's much easier to just put on I glasses. like them, but Obviously, it's tell, different dude, for different I'm, people. I'm entering my burrow, dude. Can you tell? What do you mean? I've gained 10 pounds like in the last probably two weeks. I'm growing a beard. I'm glasses. I have, my hair is getting longer. You know, I'm entering winter mode, man. Nice. I'm yeah. I've been drinking tea. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's still in the nineties, right? No, it's cold. It's in the eighties today. Oh, I, was, I asked Siri. Um, you get the weather from Siri. Anyway, let's move. On. <laughs> Do you, you know? trying to make small talk? What's the fuck's going no, on I here, like, dude? I have a lot of thoughts, but this is I forgot that we we stay on topic now. Uh, I have a <laughs> lot of thoughts fuck, about dude? series weather. Uh, she's always hedging, dude. It's like whatever temperature she says it is happens to be the low because she knows it's going to get hotter. Like it's only getting, you know what I mean? It's like it frustrates me in the summer. Why even tell me the low? Just say what the temperature is and then say where it's going. I know the low is going to be the same thing you said it currently was because it's the morning in Texas. You know, it just felt like a hedge to me. So then they uh, <laughs> bring in Maggie. Yeah, I guess we're jumping pretty far ahead here. I don't think that we are. Really? I guess I'll look at my notes. Isn't there like a... Okay, okay, go ahead. Um, yeah, just... I, I'm just going to my next note. If I, Like it... I, I loved everything you said about the first scene. If you have more to say, I'd love to hear it. But, you know, no, I'm just looking we're through. getting into how you check weather. So <laughs> um, just, uh, you know, she she says that Russ knew who he was. Uh, she's contrasting Russ and Marty. 
you know, right? Like she's she's right. saying that Marty didn't know who he was, so he didn't know what to want, and that caused problems. Um, which in a, that's an incredibly interesting observation. I feel like people who know who they are and thus know what they want are the exception most of the time. And it's it's arguable whether it applies to Rust in some ways too. You know, what and I mean? that, that's the other thing I would say is like. Given the scope of the journey that we're on, it becomes startlingly clear by the end that he has no idea who he is. Like, she's just buying this game. Like, he's he's putting up armor and she's like, look, he's made of a hard exterior. Like, no, he's just wearing armor. Yeah, I think she's idealized Rust a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I, I've, I've got a, a, a clip about it, but that, okay. that definitely is later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so then, then uh, I think we're getting... Well, but also she says there's no talking him out of it. What, what do you mean? You know, like, she's like, Russ knew he, who he was. There's no talking him out of it. Yeah, that's true. Enough. But it's like, I mean, I guess it's kind of true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Some of the things definitely feel like truth to me. It's hard. Just- well, I feel like it's like Russ kind of the whole show, or at least in the, until now has been trying to like talk himself out of who he is, you know, like he keeps pound on that. Like he's constantly like, life has no meaning. It's a mistake. We shouldn't even be here, but his actions show that he doesn't believe that. Like he, he literally, there is no talking him out of who he is, even when the talkier is him, you know? Uh, Yeah. I mean, he does a pretty good job of denying it in the 10 years between 2002 and 2012. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he is still like trying to track down some shit. It seems like during that time, right? Yeah, I'm hopeful that we get much more information about it in the next episode. Can't wait to see what they chat more. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a cliffhanger! Yeah, it's a great image. But yeah, so then it's I, I don't know if uh, this happens before or after Maggie sitting down, um, but it's whatever he's going around and looking, uh, you know, talking to the families and stuff of missing persons. Terry Guidry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's uh-huh. a great scene, dude. That guy is fucking raw, man. Like, whew. it. Almost, you think he's saying that he's gonna like hit Rust? Yeah, <laughs> he's saying he might kill him. It almost reminds me, it's like an inverse of like a do-all from the episode before. Being like, I don't like your face. It makes me want to do things. Like, he's just like, get out of here, man, before I do something to you. It like, seemed less like, to me, uh, that that's an interesting point. And I'm always interested in, you know, like uh, <laughs> parallels and stuff. But I, 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 uh, I took it as like that the subject matter, like if he keeps on talking about it, he's going to do something to whoever's in the room. Like, I didn't take it as a Rust-specific, I'm mad at you, but just like, a, I, I've tried to close down this part of myself. If you keep asking me to open it up, like, it's not going to be I'm under control. I'm you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, no, I'm, well, Whereas I guess DeWall it's like seems like of, he was responding specifically. I would say it's like well, the opposite. Rust was like, I'm reading, yeah, yeah, yeah. DeWall literally was like, I've taken the measure of your soul, and I don't like what I see. It's not like he's just like, generally unwilling true. to talk about drug deals. True, 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 true. I think true, he's true, probably true, true. quite willing to do it. True. Uh, I noticed you looking at the lighter as it was going. I I want to note, I did get some listener feedback from last week's episode from someone said, we get it. 
do you have to do the lighter click over and over again? Uh, and I asked that person, have you listened to the whole episode? And they said, no. And so they didn't even get to the part where, uh, you know, I admit that the lighter was malfunctioning or out of gas, and then you gave me the new one. So, was that in the episode? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I think so. I'm behind. <laughs> I think it was. So anyway, we get it. You know, we're not trying to be cool, cool guys. It, it's just yeah. Uh, I was just looking at it because it's it's kind of you know fun to watch man struggle. Uh, there's a fan <laughs> going. It seemed to present yeah. significant. Well, TC Barriers. also got the complaints about, you know, focus and everything. And, and so we're doing this episode from inside a paint can. Pretty pleasant environment. <laughs> what do you want me to do, dude? Yeah, honey, we were going to sell the house, but uh, it's kind of better for Alex if we don't. Dude, we're going to drop 20 IQ points by the next hour. It's going to feel here for great. It. I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm do you happy think people to do huff because it like, feels bad? Have you ever huffed? No. Yeah, I don't think you feel I've done it. Like not as an adult, but <laughs> I don't think it feels good. Is uh is a common joke. Like uh just whenever trying to imagine the funniest version of me ending up at Excel, <laughs> I think it is just a twelve year old that won't quit sniffing glue. Dude, there were kids who were of I don't know if they were, were glue sniffers, but they they were huffers. They were like paint huffers. Yeah. Just like you know, pain in the bottom of a brown paper bag. You know, I've never done that. I haven't uh, either. <coughs> but yeah, that's bleak. I remember like I, I saw that movie, The Basketball Diaries. That was a huge influence on me as a child. Uh, and they sniff glue in that movie. Hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, that seems cool. These guys seem cool. Yeah. Uh, and I tried it and I was like, this is terrible. Like the, it's not super enjoyable. I do like opening a Sharpie even now and just giving it a, you ever do that? Uh, no, Megan's big on the, uh, lens wipes. Ooh. Yeah. That's that real shit too. As yeah. a kid, I always loved filling up at the gas station. Mm. That's funny, man. The, uh, the huffing kid at Excel, mm -hmm. the main one I'm thinking of. So we went on an outing. Like to fucking, you know, get lunch or whatever, ponchos. He was like getting itchy, just well, going by gas stations. Yeah, so so Jamie, um, you know, for the new listener, the woman who ran the program, she loved making kids do stuff for her, obviously. Mm -hmm. So we had to fill up the car and she was like, go fill it up. And so she had him fill it up, dude. So he's literally out there like, <laughs> just going at it, dude. He got in trouble. Like... Fair enough. <laughs> the, the, the literally in front of like the directors of the school, he's just like fucking face first in the gas tank, dude. <laughs> R.I.P. Like, that for real. You must uh, love it. But yeah, yeah. She was like, "God damn it!" Like you know, it's like maybe some foresight could have could have been applicable here. Yeah, but it's not addictive. So I think it was more just like he identified himself as loving to huff. So it's like when it came up, you know, muscle memory just kind of took over the idea that anything like some things are clearly more addicted than others but the idea like calling anything not addictive seems I, I don't agree with that i feel you i i think i understand the point that you're making like you can create a brain circuit around anything yeah a compulsive behavior brain circuit yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. i do think uh 
There's like some, it's a little disrespectful to heroin to call other things addictive. I, well, guess. I was going to say I think there's some value in distinguishing substances that create physical that tend to create physical withdrawals or where they land on the spectrum of the severity of. Maybe, yeah, it just maybe, doesn't seem like that people are attempting to make that distinction. Most of the time, they use that word. I'm addicted to coffee. Like I guess you would get a headache if you stopped drinking I coffee. I fucking get a lot more whatever. than that, dude. I get fatigued. I like I'm. The coffee is a pretty serious drug, I think. Yeah, all you guys should watch it. I would kind of like to get off it, but I almost also feel the way many people in my life like me to sedate myself, uh, you know, so that I could be a more acceptable version of who I am. Uh, like we're a caffeinated society, so it's it's uh, there. I know plenty of people that aren't, but it does seem to give in. There's there's something to be said for being able to predict when your burst of energy will be, you know, I think. Certainly if the rest of your world is like decided when they should be, there's something to be said for being able to get with the program. I don't like being able to control when your burst of energy is. I think that it's not hard to predict with our coffee, dude. Yeah, but control is different than predict. Like, uh, you know, the day has its own rhythms, but if you have like a, say you're an attorney, you have a court hearing at 10 a.m. You can't be like, I'm pretty hazy at 10 a.m. Uh, normally. You know what I mean? You got to be like ready. You got to be sharp. Coffee will help you. Why not get some fucking whippets? Whippets won't make you sharp, dude. <laughs> um, how many times have you done whippets? Uh, so I've never done... I don't know what well, technically they do, you makes... Know they don't make you sharp. <laughs> Probably because what I have done, I mean, the listener can make their own call. Many of them have. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I don't know what technically constitutes a whippet. So I don't want to get fast and loose with the definition. I mean, whenever you bought it from the guy, did you say, can I get a whippet? No. I've never purchased anything resembling a whippet. I, don't uh, even, I think you can like buy them legally, right? What like, is they it? Have I don't really... Specific use. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what it is. Like, is it nitrous oxide? I think so. Okay. So for like dentists? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know. I don't, I yeah, don't, I don't care really to be either. honest. Um, so they, uh, I, I don't recall, I just have this note. I don't remember. I guess it's, I think it's whenever they're talking to Marty and the detectives are grilling Marty about what's going on in Rust Mind in 2002. Okay. Um, and they say that, uh, Salter wrote that Rust was in a manic state. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I noticed that, man. Do you have any comments? Many dude. Uh, so number one, a great example of the fucking powers that be in the capital carceral state, uh, or the interjected kind of just psychosphere that Marty kind of functioned as for those boys becoming men in the first episode you know, Salter is kind of that for them. Like when they go into that major's office, they're they're in a, the locked room that they don't control. You know what I mean? They have an authority, a new authority figure beating them up in their locked room. And you notice like uh, Marty is shot a lot with a cop looking down on him in this episode, including that final shot. Rust is kind of like the trooper that pulled him over. You know what I mean? And... Uh, like uh in the major's office it's like all boxing imagery of like and marty's always aligned with the guy getting punched in the face 
So it's like he really is like in in his own cell getting beat up, you know, by a cop, which is pretty interesting to think about. Uh, but dude, they they love to weaponize the fucking language of you know psychotherapy and and therapy and and wellness and all that. It's happening still, but I definitely noticed that. I do think Rust is uh, generally kind of vibing in a hypomanic state overall. I would say. Uh, like his baseline seems to just be a little more high strung uh, than most people's. Uh, he also like he's not exhibiting like full on psychotic mania, but you don't have to be. Although you know he kind of is going crazy, um, but he is becoming hyper fixated on you know the notion that the case is still out there. And I did notice like one thing that uh is a little bit like of a what the fuck from him except for just being like it's eating at him and he's taking it out on marty is when he does like start being a dick to marty uh, and it's part of it is like throughout the episode everyone's reminding him marty's your only friend which for a guy that fears closeness as much as russ does you know it's uh it's hard you know that alone may be hard for him but he also like uh in a manic state or anything resembling it, anyone that is not getting your perspective and aligning with it is like, there's a version of mania that makes that incredibly irritating. To And there's also a hypothesis that hypomania or, or like, you know, individuals that tend toward mania are just exhibiting like extremely dominant characteristics. So like uh, there's a line when they're in the major's office again, like with the big dog major <clears throat> after he breaks, quote unquote, braces Tuttle. And he's like, are you kidding me? I fucking braced him. He's like, first of all, when we get to it, Tuttle is low key th threatening to murder Rust in that conversation, I think. Uh, and like Rust isn't even bothering, like talking about that aspect because he will sound crazy and he knows it. Uh, but... He also like I didn't pick up on that, but uh yeah, when he's we'll like, get to it. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh but then the the major's like or the, the major's major is like the, the only time we've seen this guy before is when he showed up with Tuttle for the task force. Mm -hmm. Uh and he's like, Hey asshole, you don't get to decide what kind of conversation it is. And it's mm -hmm. like that's the worst thing you can tell a manic person. And so I think there's like a combo of him. Why being, is that? Because they only want to have the kind of conversation that they want. Like, it's like, it's, and, and that's why irritability is like a, a hallmark of mania that you don't often see. This to me is like a more realistic depiction of just being like, if you're not with what I'm on right now, honestly, fuck you. Like, I just don't even have time for you. Uh, but it's like, if it's people that are supposed to be working with you, there can be an aspect of like, look, we both know who of us on this team is actually the person that is irreplaceable. And like, we know who's bringing the special touch that's making us both successful. And it's fucking pissing me off, you know, that other people aren't seeing it. And you're the only person who knows it and I'm gonna take it out on you. And like, I'm kind of be a dick to the people around you. Uh, so I think it kind of like the type to report altercation is a little bit confirming. Like there's a low key irritability that's building with Rust that's understandable. I mean, I'm not judging him for it, but obviously the major is weaponizing the language of fucking mental health 
to discredit anything he says. It may also have been like the Tuttle powers that be were like, write that in that he is in a manic state so that he seems crazy if he starts saying things later. Like they have the ability to change records or, you know, they know what records should look like. And so to just to go real quick, you know, we can talk about it or if you have like the clip, but, you know, the Tuttle conversation, he says about the guy, you know, that embezzled funds and then they he showed up dead. He's like, you know, we can't trust the guy who doesn't trust himself with a beer. I think he's like, yo, we killed that guy, as you know. It's that easy. And all we have to tell people is, you know, he had drinking problems. Uh, and we all, guess what? We know that about you. I don't, how, like. That's, what, that's how I read it, dude. I think facts it not in evidence. Well, it's like he's smart, dude. He's the head of the Tuttles, dude. He's too smart to say anything. We can talk about all of it more. Like, Why do you think Rust is like not bringing it up, dude? It's like it's he's too smart to say it in a way that anybody other than Rust and now me and now hopefully you and the listener, you know, can pick up on. He's definitely let's like, put a pin in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the so whatever, whatever he's just because yeah, I mean, like of course, talk about the end of the journey. We're at the start of the journey. You're right, um, dude. Uh, the the Reverend. When he's talking, when he to sees him. the Reverend, yeah, 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 that's great, man. Um, you know, the the thing that the Reverend says of the all my life I want to be near to God, but the only nearness silence. Silence me. What is but what is but the only nearness silence me? I don't know, man. I mean, you could probably talk about that for a whole day, dude. You well, know what I mean? Let's like do I, that. It's they're not short episodes. I, I'm like, all my, I wrote that down too. I'm always frustrated by this, and I, you know, I I don't know that I, I I'm I'm confident that the uh, Reverend losing his faith to some extent is not supposed to be like a slam dunk, you know, like see faith isn't real, like or it's misplaced, or because definitely not. Uh, Rust goes on the same journey in the opposite direction, you know, like he he in the whenever he's in the tent. Uh, is and he's kind of at, at the same point. Like they're they're kind of at the same point when they're talking to each other. Like they're both in their like moments a midpoint of, doubt. of a journey. Well, I yeah, mean, yeah, for yeah, the yeah. Reverend, we don't. I, I I guess I don't recall, but I I don't think that he. I think he's at the end of his oh, journey. I, I hope not. Dude. Well, God can work through, dude. As of course. But I mean, within the show, I do think that is correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm yeah. saying Rust and the Reverend are both at points where they are doubting what they previously believed. Yeah, and so I'm saying the fact that I, I agree, uh, but I, I'm the the thing that I'm interested in is that they believed opposite things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you know, um, I, I I just didn't want to overinterpret what the show is trying to say by placing in this reverend who loses his faith. I don't think that whenever considering the full evidence, I don't think the point of it is to say that if you have faith, you will eventually lose it. Like you know, just we're all going on journeys. Russ is going on a journey where he's gaining it. You know, by the end, yeah. Um, but yeah, the I don't know. I, I am always bothered by stuff like this in media, where you know, like I don't, I don't come close to thinking that it's a reasonable. Like, if if you believed all this thing, all the things that you said before, uh, if if you are are in fact a Christian, um, like the Book of Job is in there, and like there's a lot of other stuff too. Where it's not like, hey, if you try it for a while, it doesn't work out for you. 
that means he's probably not there. Like the if you're accepting the messages of Christianity, that's not a thing that's on the table to believe. Like, you know, he, you're just talking head brain though, dude. This dude was a charismatic preacher. You know, like in the long clip, it ends with like he's dancing because the spirit has moved him so hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in many ways, like culturally, that's just that culture's manifestation of, you know, probably someone that would be diagnosed with mania, you know, hypomania in many cases, like spontaneous dancing, delusions of religious grandeur, you know, believing that you speak for God. All of it, if it, you, you got to take it out of its cultural context for it to look crazy, or you have to step outside of it and judge it, you know, judge the whole culture like Russ does. Uh, but if you do actually think about like what that would mean biologically, you know, if he and Rust are actually that similar, it's like that kind of wiring. It, I think he's depicted as like being older than them a little bit. Like, yeah. So it's like, it's no secret, like in midlife, uh, it worries me, dude. Like when you get in your forties, um, in general, and then I think for, you know, a certain kind of person, there is like a midlife dip in your sense of well-being, uh, which is, you know, what people would call now just being depressed. But it's like, uh, it really does turn the world down. Like it makes it grayer. You hear less. And if, if, you've, if you're used to a state where God like sings to you through the air and trees, you know, which he did seem to be, it's like the, to, when you take that away, it does like feel like silence. You know, like I do have deeper thoughts on the, the silence line, but I think that in many ways it's like, I hear what you're saying. And that's what like a religious commitment is for. I agree. But it's like, to me, it's never been about that at all. And that's why I've never really understood faith as an admirable quality. You, it comes or it doesn't by the grace of God. Like I, it doesn't, I don't think any better or worse of someone that they believe something if they actually believe, they just believe it. Like why should belief by itself be valorized? You know what I mean? Like it just, no one's ever explained that to me with any satisfaction to be like, what a person of great faith. I just don't really get it, dude. It's like, what did, what, I don't know. Why, why is that so important that they had a belief? Everyone has beliefs. I, I don't get it, dude. I mean, if he's saying that, the things he professed in the previous episode, he now believes are bullshit. Is that what he's saying? I think that it has to be. I don't know that they're inconsistent with each other. I don't think what he's saying is inconsistent with the all my life I wanted to be near to God, but the only nearness is silence. I think if he's saying every beat of every heart is an answer and the answer is yes. And then yeah, he's yeah, yeah. later saying, actually, all I've been getting is silence. Those are in direct mm-hmm. contradiction. So, okay, this I do want to get like a little philosophical about. I, I do think this is like a theme through the episode and through the show that, you know, I've said this a lot. Like I, the, what the character is saying is true, but the character's perspective on what they're saying is not. Like, I think that happens a lot. Like later when Beth is like, God made us the way we are. They're not flaws. I do think that is true, but the way she is saying it to Marty and Marty's thing. Definitely have plenty to say about that. No, I know, obviously, but I do actually believe that. Like, I mean, the show kind of offers you the path that there is, stories are a path to make sense of all the chaos. 
And like that to me is a way of saying like, we're all kind of acting as creative gods and God does that for us through like the, the bigger story that we're all a part of. And even like the murder of children, you can never forgive it or understand it. It is a paradox, but the, the paradox is that God works through it. So to bring it back to the silence point, like basically, so everything's a veil. You know, we've talked about this a lot, like everything's a part of God, but that means nothing is actually depicting the fullness of God, which means that everything is kind of depicting the brokenness of God or like an incomplete perspective of the universe or whatever. And so like, again, to fast forward, but I think the, the, the Beth scene does pick this up nicely, a little on the nose, according to some, but I think they weren't actually getting what was going on. Uh, you know, like you can just hear the fucking, the, the Emily Nussbaums or, you know, of the world. She's the New Yorker TV critic that I think was public enemy, true yeah. detective enemy number one. You think that I wouldn't know uh, New Yorker? What kind of? I don't know. I respect you too much to think that you would read that drivel. No, I don't uh, read it, but I know who she okay. is. Okay, well, my condolences, dude. I, at least I wasn't the one to tell you. Uh, I'm not a fan. Um, I'm not either. But I'm saying like the, so when they zoom in on the angel figurine. and I then, think there's only two good TV critics. In the, who do you think they are? I'm curious. Right <laughs> I didn't see that coming, dude. That's funny. Uh, that's funny, dude. Uh, yeah, I agree, dude. I think we're doing a hell of a job. <laughs> um, but like, if you think about it, dude, I, I do think like, so one of the Thomas Ligotti lines that they talk about, that horror writer, mm -hmm. or I don't know if it's Thomas Ligotti or maybe it's one of the old guys, but it's like something where it's like this place, the, the weird fiction society, everyone has a, a mask of a face that they wear. Uh, and then in the end, like the hero or the, the protagonist or somebody goes to the ball and they're like, and sir, what is your mask? Or where is your mask or whatever? And he's like, I don't wear a mask. This is my fucking face, bro. And then it's just like the lady just screams like no mask, no mask, like in horror. And it doesn't really explain why or anything. But it, to me, what it gets to me, to everybody, what it gets at is like the horror of when your persona drops to see the fullness of what humanity is, is to see the horror of humanity in yourself you know we are a horrific society and you know i think in many ways the show puts these characters through the ringer to show how it happens to regular people you know it's heightened reality but it's human reality for sure uh like marty is a victim of of this same patriarchy that he participates in um but anyway my point is like so you got the angel figurine and then they they shift the focus into the the devil figurine you know, that, that is like in front of it. Mm -hmm. But what I never really noticed is there's a third figurine between them. That's a clear angel. Pretty fucking cool, dude. It's like, and it's like faceless. So it's like, uh, I think it like gets to the point that it's like the universe, because if it's always broken, this is like a Gnostic, you know, truth. It's like, if everything's incomplete, when you get to behold the wholeness, it's literally you, our brains cannot distinguish it from beholding nothingness. And so that's the abyss that like all of us, it's there for us. That's why like meditation can fuck you up. Like, especially if you've like buried a lot of stuff, you know, that you've experienced or whatever. It's like, you go into that abyss and you see that it's like, it's all there. And on some level, I, even though I just got on my high horse about like faith isn't admirable, I do think there's like a version of it that it's like the choice that confronts you when you do face that abyss 
you like you can't logic your way out of it you just have to make a decision about like what's right and wrong and live your life that way like you know just make it you really do like uh kierkegaard called it becoming like a knight of the faith you know you like you go into the nothingness and you just decide you're like yeah but i'm pretty sure that it, there is a god it's gonna work out and then you just go about your business just like everybody else yeah i don't see another like, way to do it and so the fact that this guy's decided not to do it is frustrating well, yeah yeah i think his perspective is wrong but there that the Everything I just said is consistent with the the, all, the closest nearness, I would say. Not the only nearness, because I think it's all potentially nearness, dude. But like the closest nearness is silence, because that's the closest we get to nothingness. That's the closest we get to confronting the fullness of who we are and like the fullness of our beings, like experiencing the world. Like you're just sitting quietly. All you have is your thoughts and the stimuli around you. It's like, it's not actually silence. It's everything. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think he is correct. Like the nearness is silence, but it's like what you do with that silence, like when you confront it is, you know, what awaits him. And I agree with you. He seems to have stalled out. Like, uh, I just don't know what to do with the whole thing. Uh, you know, yeah. I, but I, I do think biologically he could just be depressed. Like he could have just lost his excess fucking dopamine or whatever that made him elevated as a charismatic, you know, figure when we saw him. I mean, do you think ago. that's the significance they're trying to get across? I think they're the same thing. I, I don't. I don't think that it is. No, but I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, the point yeah. that they're trying to make by having a reverend who, <laughs> yeah, I agree, is, I agree. I do agree. With, yeah. I mean, I, it's but, an interesting perspective. Like, you know, I, I appreciate you saying the stuff they did about the biological. It's the. You know, I think it has to think more on. to do with like midlife crises of faith than people give it credit for. That's more why I brought it up. I don't think the show is like that's what the show is parading it for. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just I I'm I'm trying to figure out where it fits, and that's the, why I'm returning to it because I I I'm I'm having trouble. Um, like you know I I when the original episode that he appears in, uh, like it's it's easy enough like that. You know, I, I agree with you that it's it's some of the best stuff of the show of Rust struggling against it so much in, in a way that like his partner who tends to not be super great at like getting to the second and third level of things, like immediately sees through him and is like, you sound scared. Right. And, you know, is the, the stuff in the deleted scene that we played, um, just great stuff, you know, like a wonderful, like I... Great I'm, preaching. I'm excited to... I love how Marty says that. I'm excited to see this journey of Rust coming to understand the things that that guy is talking about. And in some ways, I feel like he does, right? <coughs> um, but uh, so then, like, what? where where do I put that the guy saying all those things that, like, I definitely, I know not to put it in all those things were wrong. I don't think that those things were wrong that he was saying. But like that seems like the number one thing that you'd be trying to express if you have him later lose faith. But I know that's not what's going on, or at least I, I, I wouldn't know what to do with it if it was, you know. So I, I'm just, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I'm hoping to one day understand what like the point. Of, I mean, like from like a very narrow 
way I can understand what's going on of like, he probably would not be as willing to uh, admit to Rust what he does about finding the pictures well, if dude. he was still a member in good standing of that religion. And I also think that it fits with just like if he's kind of in this sad state for him to be like, yeah, man. And there's just a bunch of fucking pedophiles like it all like that all makes sense from like a narrow, like making the scene work kind of thing. But uh, I like this show because there's a lot of levels it works on. And right. the, the, the fact that this only works on the, the first one in a pretty narrow sense. And then like I'm not seeing how we get to the, the second and third. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think it works on quite a few. I mean, I'd be interested if you had any potentials that came I don't. Mind. That's the problem. But I think it's like another example of like he he's making a confession. Like he hesitates. Sure. You can tell he's carried guilt. Yeah, I mean, he gives another answer. Uh, it's like it's you, political. Right, right. And you can tell that's his rehearsed answer. Uh, but he says it in a way that he's. it seems to me he's hoping a guy that Rust is, he's correctly like, Russ is going to press me past this. And he like, I, I've heard people say things where they want you, you can tell they're offering you their bullshit so that in the hopes that you knock it down. Uh, I sometimes have like felt sad as I let someone's bullshit go. You know what I mean? Like you're talking to them and you can tell they're just throwing up some bullshit, almost hoping to let it like to get it demolished and you just let it go. It's almost like a worse sentence to be like, live with your fucking lie. Uh, but it is another example of Russ giving absolution and confession, you know, like a member of the clergy. And it's super heightened because in this case, it's finally with, you know, a fellow traveler on the existential path. Uh, I also think it definitely works on a plot standpoint to advance the plot. It also is ironic because if you look back on the scene, he might have been probing to tell them more in 95, but they were big dicking a little harder. And so he held back because he's actually like, I think we talked about it like that. It was like good, you know, frame control from Rust when he was like, what do you think happened to these girls, detective? It, yeah. There's a way to read that where he was like, oh God, like, is this Tuttle shit? You know what I mean? Like, fuck yeah, I hadn't thought of that. It's like, You're they, right. they kind of blew by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so... It's interesting to think, you know, there's a, there are, they do have missed, you know, things in the show and maybe that's one of them. Uh, and then the Telios de Lorca, you know, letters, uh -huh. like that blew the, the red its head back, dude. So like, there's a lot thematically there. Okay. Uh, so as far as they can tell, and I didn't do more research. Than Great name. Did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, it's, and it's all you really have to go on because as far as they can tell, he's not a real guy. Uh, okay. So it's like, but he could be a real guy. Like, I didn't see anybody be like, actually, I study fucking Franciscan mystics and he's not real. It was all people being like, I Googled it. <laughs> like, you know, so, and now all the Google results are just true detective related. So it's I, like. I think that that means something. I do think so because the show, for as philosophical as it is, it is not fucking replete with direct name checks, you yeah. know, as we've talked about. So. And then, so then it's like, well, how does it break down? I, there's a playwright, Lorca, like a Spanish playwright that had a lot of plays about husbands and wives and like children and mistresses, like being in various combinations and, you know, murdering each other in various combinations. 
Which mm-hmm. I think like that maybe speaks for itself. <laughs> like at Yeah, and that's uh bears some similarities to the story of Medea. Yeah, I think I think so. And then Telios, I mean you 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 brought up that it was an interesting name, so I don't wanna I said it was monologue. a great name. What did you think about like did you have I have no idea what the name means or anything. Oh, just, okay. Just say if I met someone named fucking Telios the Lorca, I'd be like well, especially now, I respect. Like, Damn, I must be in a manic state, dude. <laughs> uh, but so, this is mostly just cobbled from Reddit. Uh, but I do think it's interesting. So, Telios like echoes like the Greek word. I think like Telos. Te- you know, I'm probably not saying it right, mm-hmm. but it means the end. But it also means like being. I was like, uh, I just, I whenever you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I know that word. And then I was trying to replace, and I, I thought it was because I went to a fancy college where they taught me Greek words. And you then probably I probably did. Then I remember just now. No, it's just the fucking trade name of the phone system that we used to use at the radio station. Oh, that makes sense too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you see it a lot, like people in writing. I'm people not as would be sophisticated like, as I thought. Teleologically, I don't really sure. know what that means, but you see that word. I've know? seen that word. <laughs> yeah, you see it. Uh, but so it means like end, but also like a coming into completeness, like a state of coming into completeness or wholeness, which I think is pretty interesting. You know, for the point, it resonates with the the larger points about consciousness and like getting in touch with god and all that stuff which i think is pretty interesting and then a guy on the reddit was like yeah the most prominent use of telios in the new testament is and this fucking rocked this blew me back dude you know with the man's price and whether you see the true face or the mask you know the horror that happens when you see what's beyond the persona you know and then like throwing up when you're like you know deep in the bowels of, of the system itself, you know? Uh, so he, this guy, I have no idea, you know, if he's right or not, but he said the most like, or, you know, what it brought up for him was that when I became a man, I put away childish things. You know, that, that line from the Bible. I mean, I kind of remember. You've you've heard that expression? Like when I became a man, I, I I don't remember the larger context line, but sure. But yeah, yeah. Well, so that's what I'm saying. I had great risk. I'm going to read something again. It's short though, dude. Okay. Uh, and it's the Bible this time. So try to pay attention. I'm going to really. Uh, so what the larger context is, is when the completeness comes, everything in part disappears. That's the line right before. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So it's like the two are being like, you know, tied together. And then the next line is for now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall now fully, even as I am fully known. So it's like the three things are kind of like, you know, being bookended. Like the teleos is, you know, being compared to being a state of not being a child uh, and like seeing the fullness of who people are and what things are, uh, you know, which I think has a lot to do with the show. I think that guy, you know, I don't know what he was on about. I'm not saying Pizzolatto was like, fucking, I need to get this Bible verse referenced. doesn't matter. But it's like cool that whatever line he was on that got the word Telios to him, 
you know what I mean? Like got got it to fucking St. Paul two thousand years ago, like with these like very on point thematic connections. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh so shout out the Reddit, dude. You know. Hopefully, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna go too over our skis. Um, so uh, Marty meets Beth. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it's a real testament to, like, you know, it immediately evokes for me uh, our previous episode where I told the anecdotes about the kid who wouldn't carry his Koran. Uh, and uh, you were like, <laughs> that guy's great. And I was like, I just don't think you know very much. Uh, I heard right. enough I information like to make child, that. Uh, you know, that she walks in, she's like, Marty, you're a great man. Right. And like, I don't, you know, there's plenty of things she says here that are opportunistic. I, you know, and I mean, I guess that's in, in vain with the rest of them, but like, it's not hard to imagine a world in which she says that earnestly. Like, how many men did she encounter and how many of them seem to want to help? Oh, if you're locking it at, or if you're at the bunny ranch when you're 16 or whatever, when you are alone with your thoughts and you're like, it's, I think it makes perfect sense that you're going to split what men are like into like disgusting, filthy creatures that paw over you, you know, for, for money uh, or, you know, with money and that one nice guy. Like Marty wanted to be seen the way she is seeing him when he gave her that money. And I, you, I make sense. Yeah, she but would. like, I don't, you know, for as much uh, poo-pooing as Russ did to him at the time, I, as I said, whatever we talked about initially, don't I? I think that he's earned that. He's done the bare minimum to earn that. No more, but he's done the bare minimum. Right. Well, I think this show shows the kind of continuation of where it goes. Yeah. Like, no, he he's not able to sustain that level of being. <laughs> or maybe a good guy. he is. Maybe he's sustaining what he began then. Like, no, I, think I, I don't think <laughs> that this was like a secret. Dude, I'm halfway upset at you saying that. Like, what do you mean? That that you that this that he gave the twenty to be like, but maybe one day she'll be like, he was a nice guy that gave me a twenty, and then I'll get the fucker. I'm, that's not what I'm saying, dude. I'm saying the kind of guy who is like, I want to feel good right now, so I'll give this girl a twenty, and that's that's it. And then Russ says, "What is that a down payment?" He's participating in a system that includes telling her that she's better than that, you know. He's basically saying, hey, you're a whore right now. Go be a Madonna. Like when he gives her that. He says, go do something else, you know. And she's a fantasy in that regard too. She's like the hooker with a heart of gold made good. You know, she's like, I saved up money. I got a straight job. And, you know, it turns out the lady who owned the place wasn't too bad either. And guess what? She sold it. It's gone now. You can feel totally good about this, Marty. You know, it's like a very... Do you remember like, the whore the heart of gold line from Eastbound and Down? I don't. It's whenever he's dating the Mexican singer. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> he finds her cheating on him. And uh, okay. he says, I, I thought you were a whore with a heart of gold. But it turns out you're just a whore, the regular old whore's heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if, I forgot about that woman. I've been like putting out... I watched season one recently. Yeah. But I've been putting off season two. Get on it. I mean, this might prompt that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of that whole storyline. I love. That's when uh, Michael Pena shows up, right? Is she the one? He's yeah. cheating on. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's awesome, dude. Constantly, 
I'm still like, I, you know, when they're like fake fighting and he's like, I would deflect it. <laughs> I say that all the time, like in the house. Yeah. It's like my wife pretends like, you know, she's going to throw something at me or whatever. Yeah. I'm no, just, I, I'd say the most quoted line for me is the one I just gave you. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's pretty funny, dude. Uh, but yeah, it's like, uh, you know, she, I feel like it's a, a very weird inversion of like the femme fatale and how sex is wielded with her and Maggie, they're both very like, you know, sharp portraits. Uh, and they're not, they're not just flipping things. Like it's much more complex. They're real characters, but it's like, they're both uh, fantastical in their own way. I find it interesting. I like uh, the, the whole dude, no woman ever, even if a woman had like a homewrecker thing, you know, which they exist. Uh, like, I don't know. It'd have to be pretty high up there to be to not lose it for a guy who's lugging tampons, dude. Which I know why that made sense, like, for the show to have them there. And they call him the human tampon later. You know, I think it's, so a, great. it's an interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, why don't Marty just put those in the car, dude? I would have put them in the car. I wouldn't have taken them into the bar. Um, I mean, I think it speaks to how impulsive the, the entire thing is. Do you think it was impulsive? That's such an interesting piece of acting when he's in the parking lot, like grimacing as he decides to go in. And he says, fuck. Like, he's like, fuck. Yeah. Like, it's like he almost feels, he knows he's not making the, like, the yeah, Marty, it's one of, like, ego Marty is not actually making that decision. It's somewhat insane to me that you would think that someone in that thing would put it like the point that they're trying to make by not having him put the tampons up is that like of course if you're trying to plan out a fun uh, time drinking at the fox and hound that you would put up the tampons first but he's just like i know my willpower is gone i've lost it and i'm just gonna go do it like the next thing that you know i feel like doing yeah and that's getting this drink. i just hate it's carrying not like things, organizing I, I hate mean, carrying things he probably doesn't love it i'm always looking for an opportunity there's to no time you've things. been so lost to impulse that you ended up carrying something anyways. if my car is right there it's going in dude <sighs> okay. i used to get in trouble when i played trumpet as a kid i was constantly ditching my trumpet which cost like 1200 dollars, you know but i would like leave it out in the rain because i didn't want to carry it after school yeah, that began I, I, my long history of not carrying things. Yeah, I thought that was a uh, low-level abuse that they had to carry <laughs> euphonium home every day. Like it's it's, fucking heavy, man. It's the only time in my life I've had like rough, calloused hands. Well, we went to school at the height of the like the the, the scientists realized that like kids shouldn't be carrying sixty-five pounds of books home every day. Like yeah. kids were getting hunchbacks and shit. Yeah, I think they only, they got rid they only of realized because they made us do it. Yeah, well, um, I never did it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but I remember that. Like, That'll work out for you. I, yeah, the same way, dude. I wouldn't want to be at Excel. I guess I didn't think about it too much. But there were. I remember like girls in sixth grade would like have those LL Bean backpacks. Mm-hmm. That were just like fully stocked with heavy ass textbooks. Yeah, like at the bus stop. Yeah. It's like brutal. It's fucked up. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. No, I. No wonder Marty's daughters are messed up. Yeah. They went, they were also around at the height of that. Yeah. That's probably why those kids got drunk. The adults driving the truck around. The adults making decisions that just. (laughs) 
They didn't think it through. They like no one cared. No, no one, one was cared. everyone was like, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Yeah. It's a I good can't exa- talk about it anymore. It's a I'm good example of the thing you talk about. Like the yeah, 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 yeah. But I I feel like uh the Gidry guy. <laughs> I don't wanna so you I don't wanna do book, anything to you that you, you have a book carrying grievance? I, I shouldn't poke it then. Not book carrying specifically, but like uh, come on, dude. I told you that I'm gonna fucking I agree. I'm 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 walking back, man. Uh, I, I don't want to get messed up, dude. Just, but just all of it. It's it's nothing specific to me. I'm sure. Like I hear you express the same sentiments all the time. Right. Like the fucking you know, like uh, Alex. Do you plan right now to uh, send your child to public school? I don't know, man. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so just the the way that she says the, the God doesn't think they're flaws. Yeah, yeah. Such a that's that it's quite a scene in, in a show packed it's with great, uh, amazing moments. This is certainly one of them. The delivery of the line, it's it's perfect in that it's not over the top. Uh, I'm she she strikes me as a siren. I don't I don't know if you've ever heard of the Odyssey. Go on, <laughs> just. Just, you know, like uh, telling you what it's going to take to get you away from your objective. Would you say it's a hero's journey? I would. It's interesting because Marty says he hasn't been heroic lately. That's right. You know? That is true. It's interesting. Um, But, like, she's not over the top about it. Like, it's not, like, cartoonish, the, like, uh, way that she's, you know, like, presenting to... Like, like, she's... She's appealing to better parts of him, right? Like in in some sense of like self-acceptance and self-love. And like, I do think that those are good things. And just someone talking about God, you know, like thinking about like, what is our, like. Yeah, I think she was Contemplating our creator trying to love us. Yeah, I I agree with your thing of like. A couple years at the Bunny Ranch and Uncle Molestation will like make you fucking ponder those things. But like, I'm I also think that she, like she clearly is by the presence of the tampons, like setting out to fucking fuck up his marriage. Well, she's setting out to fuck him. I don't know that she's setting out to fuck up his marriage. She, you know, first of all, obviously closeness and sex and safety and all those things make sense for her. Like that's got to be the culmination of given the enthusiasm with which she participates in this whole thing. I, I have to ask myself, what do I think that she's getting out of it that makes her so fucking hyped for it that she's calling and whispering about fucking anal sex? And I have to think that she has to be getting something out of the fucking up of the marriage. I, I don't know why you have to think that. Why do you have to think that? What do you mean? Like just having sex with Marty is enough. She seems to enjoy the act of sex with Marty. Yeah, I think he 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 represents a lot of things to her. She's probably, like I said, she seems to have latched on to him as like the literal embodiment of a good kind of man. You know, she's probably thought about him for years. I don't know. She, having sex with him seems to detract from that. She knew him when she saw him in the paper, you know, and then she yeah. was like, wow, no, I get he's all that. still a hero. Well, dude, when women see you as a fucking hero and as like a, a good guy hero, they want to have sex with you. Like, it's why a lot of guys try to come off as good guys, dude. It's, you know what I mean? Like, and it feels good for a hot chick to be like, you're a good man to a lot of guys. I mean, to me, when I hear that, I say, no, babe, I'm twisted. I mean, he knows it's not true when he hears it. <laughs> 
And well, he says it's not true. He says he hasn't been too heroic lately, you know. But that's interesting because what he ha- he has been her in a, in a low key day to day heroism way of like he buying tampons. Beat the shit out of two high school kids. Well, I'm saying, but like you know, he yeah yeah, that's not heroic. But like buying tampons for your you know feminine family, that you know is in some ways a hero's journey for a guy like Marty because it's confronting the unknown part of life that he's been running from. You know, but of course he's he's running from it again as part of this journey. Yeah, like uh But I think it makes sense that she would want to have sex with him. I don't know that she has a specific home record or fetish, more like she's like, Holy shit, it's the guy. I remember him from like he was the one who I la- like saw me as a good person. You know, she's part of this system too. She's got the angel and devil figurines. Uh and it's an interesting transition when she gives the speech about like God sees everything and he's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then she's like, what, you know, what does she say next? Do you want some bourbon? Like it's now it's time to be a man. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, I just told you a nice story. Now let's get the dirty brown liquor going. And like throughout the episode, clear liquor, brown liquor and wine are like, you know, constantly shifting around in the imagery. It's pretty interesting. Like, uh, and I think it's like, it makes sense that she's like, they're drinking beer out of green bottles. Uh, just like Maggie brings a green bottle. Like there's a lot of green, you know, in this, in this episode in particular. And, uh, but like when it's time to get down and dirty is bourbon time. It's like, you know, anyway, I think it's a great scene. Another great performance from an actress in True Detective. He says, uh, you know, in the earlier episode where eating the bond meat, the bit about um, how he can have one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, I I don't know exactly what's going on with the alcohol. Um, like, is, like, he, he says that he stops drinking, you know, in the previous episode. Uh-huh. Um, I think and, he struggles with it. Yeah, but he's boasting so clear. And... It's not like whenever he says the, or I guess whenever he says the I can have just one, we've already seen him like hanging out with the boys talking about ass fucking or whatever. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's it's not We're like whenever he said that the first it. time that it seemed to me like that it was obvious that he was lying. Well, I think. He said oh, it confidently. Yeah, yeah. I don't think he considers himself like an alcoholic or a problem drinker, but he does know that he ha- he can't always moderate it and that it enables his I would say that's exactly how he's acting whenever he's looking at the bar and like clearly doesn't want to go in but sighs and starts drinking anyways and then do you think he knows on some level so here's what I I think like consciousness on some level doesn't and like whenever he's trying to explain his self-improvement he says I stopped drinking like I I think that he has all the hallmarks in his last two episodes of someone who thinks that they're going on the journey of a problem drinker well, but he, he, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. Uh, but do you think. But he had early boasted that he wasn't in a way that didn't seem like he was lying to himself at the time. Well, I don't think he, he certainly thinks does of plenty himself, of lying himself. I think he thinks of it the way like a lot of people think of it, where it's like, I shouldn't do it so much. I don't think he thinks I need to go get sober and never drink again. But you can tell by the way he's like, he his his length of time if you're counting your length of time at all it's meaningful and his is never very long it's always like three weeks five weeks you know something like that no i think he goes from 96 though too without drinking 
Oh, really? I didn't yeah. get that impression at all. I'm uh, pretty sure. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, it's presented as, like, I haven't drank in five weeks to so take me back. Um, and then, like, she does take him back. Wait, he and says, I haven't drank in five weeks. When? At the, in 96. At, in the, the, previous at the episode. roller skating rink. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, and then and then has the whole thing about like uh, I changed, but not how I needed to. Right, and he. I says think the he change he's religion. referring to there is in as we established in the previous episode, in part that he stopped cheating until now. Right. But also that he stopped drinking until now. Yeah, I don't see. I agree with you on the cheating, but it seems to me that he. My usually, reason, whenever people are bragging about changing, I've been clean for X amount of time. Like it's. In many ways, the easiest change to make. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I find it's... I uh, I know often, lots of people who stop drinking that clearly still have problems, you know? Right. Like, I, you know, you, you can't solve the other problems or it's going to be real hard. In, in, my, in my opinion, you can't solve the other problems while uh-huh. you are drinking. So it's good that those people stop. But like, like I said, I, I think it's, I think it is one of the easiest major problems to solve like yeah, but none of that to me anymore. makes it true that marty didn't drink for those seven years but i think whenever someone says i changed uh because i'm identifying this as one of the easy changes to make especially whenever he's saying i changed but not in the ways i needed to like that 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 to me describes someone like i think that they're i i'm hearing the that they're talking about him being a dry drunk like that is in blinking lights what I changed, but not in the ways I needed to is, well, I did technically stop drinking, but I did not. No, know, I don't think so. The underlying problems. I of think he would have, a guy like that would have said, I didn't drink for X number of years. I don't think he would have just said I changed. Uh, Maggie says that he stopped drinking or she says he got religious, which I think can be consistent with not drinking. But I also didn't get the sense that that was the full seven years. She was like, for part of the time, I got the sense. That's just my sense, man. I mean, I don't. And I mean, that's the Promise Keepers. I, I don't know, dude. I, I, no, no, she said it this episode. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, I know Promise Keepers is religious. That's that's one. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That whenever, she, whenever she's saying think, he got religious, I'm offering possible but, explanations. But do of you what think, like, that but I think means that, you don't drink? I think they would be like, don't drink too much. I'm pretty sure Promise Keepers was a. To me, it seemed more like Marty was more like the change was he wasn't the kind of guy who when his family needed tampons, he would go to the bar. Like, you know what I mean? Go have, but he would still have a beer at home watching the game or something like that. Cause to identify as to say, I don't drink at all. They are right. It's, it makes, it marks you as being a, a different from society. And I don't think he ever went that far. I just think he's like, kind of, he knows it's not good for him. But I don't think he ever is like, I'm Marty and I'm an alcoholic and I need to never drink again. He's saying that uh, he changed during those times. Right. She's saying that he's, I'm just trying to lay out the full case here, right. uh, that, that he uh, was religious at that time. He's standing there looking at a bar, sighing heavily and then going in like clearly in against his will. In the middle of the day when he's on a Tampax errand. Yeah, I... I it's knowing uh, that he just ran into a hot babe. That's my question. It's really you. obvious to me that the uh, more important thing he's to me been is sober during that time. And he just ended that. it during the, that scene. Yeah, no, I, I definitely did not get that. 
I'm, I understand that that is your point and I find your reasoning understandable, but ultimately I'm persuasive. I, I don't know what else to tell you. I have some questions to ask you about that scene, but they're going to require us to move on from this point, unless there's more you want to say about it. I was done making the point. Okay. Here's a question for you. Do you think Marty knew the girl was going to come to the bar? No. So you think he was just like, for some reason, I want to drink right now and I'm going to. Yeah, I, I think that the interaction, like, I mean, he, he kind of looks at it before he's even going into the thing, first what, of all. Looks at what? Like the fox and hound is framed in the shot before he enters the T-Mobile store. Yeah, yeah, it's framed twice. It's like the first shot with the uh, with Rue 21, but it just says Rue 2, mm-hmm. which means second street, you know, mm-hmm. literally. And then TJ Maxx, which to me just sounds like tampons. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then it cuts only to fox and hounds. But who's the fox and who's the hounds here, man? You know? You know what I'm saying? Because she's very seductive and she tracks him. Like in many ways, she's ha- she's the hound. But, you know, it's just, it's very interesting, man. Unless he, Rust was right. That yeah, no, I think it's clear enough that she is. She's the hound. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it's obviously how she's acting in the scene where she's like trying to fabricate explanations for him to sleep with. Like, I mean, right, it's not, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's it's right. not controversial that she's well, making dude, all you, the aggressive moves. You don't have to be a hooker for very long to like, no, that's got to be in your arsenal with dealing with dudes to just be like, a lot of them respond well. If you just like throw platitudes at them. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, but, uh, but so I, I think that, it, you know, by introducing that the bar is there it, to me is saying that it's something that's already on its mind before he walks in and sees her. Yeah. That's and I think that the like interaction uh, like puts it over the top. Like I think that he does have um, the ability to keep driving, just get in the car and go uh, before he goes in there. And I think that, you know, that it's got him torqued. Yeah. And I mean, he doesn't even know who she is at that point, but it's just the, you know, like, like what he, his, his belief about himself that he described to Rust earlier of, uh, I need something crazy that smooths out the other parts of my life. Right. Like, I, I think that, that, that I see bars and I'm like, that total fucking fun. bullshit. What a dumb, like, you don't like, I, well, dude, I used to like going to the bar. So, so, so I'm not, I don't even want to go to a bar. I'm not talking about the bar. I'm talking about the girl. Oh, yeah, yeah. When he no, says that I not. need something crazy in my life, he's referring to a woman. Oh, I thought you were relating that to his initial look at the bar before. No, I'm saying I'm saying he looks movie. at the bar because it's already weighing on him. Like, he already wants That's to go in. That's what I thought you were emphasizing. But he's not like, I'm, just, that I'm done. I'm, I'm all, I'm, I've already lost the battle and I'm right. heading in. And then she put him over the top. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. But I don't yeah. think that he was like... I'm over the top and I'm going to act on it by going to this place that I'm confident she will later go to. See, here's what I think, man. If you can let me say this, your, your ego consciousness might jump in to protect itself from the magnitude of this point. It's a severe threat to the ego's position as the primary, you know, decider and arbiter of reality in all of our heads. But I really do believe this. So... The analogy a lot of people use is like your 
ego and your actual consciousness just gets served up data so that you can serve like a social relational function. So basically like your persona, your mask, you know, to use the show's motif, your Sarah Huckabee Sanders, if your, you know, identity is the Trump administration, your public persona ego is Sarah Huckabee Sanders, just trying to put the best spin to get you as far ahead as possible in society, whatever your actual behaviors are. You know what I mean? Like, you know, that, that, that analogy? I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, yeah, does that make I guess. sense to you? I think. Like, I'm, I'm not positive. Where you, it's many, not totally clear to me. Like, uh, scientists of consciousness wonder often, why the fuck do we have awareness of ourselves in a way that other animals don't seem to have to this degree? Number one, existentially, why? Number two, evolutionarily, why? It seems to take up a lot of calories and brain power. It seems to sometimes be maladaptive. So, you know, they basically are just making up stories because it's not like we can run Neanderthal labs or whatever. But like, you know, you think back, what would what purpose would these features have served in what's called like the environment of evolutionary adaptiveness, like where we got to be the way that we were, like what would be the point of having language and personal identities? Okay. You know, and a lot of people have posited it's because we're in an affiliative but competitive society. And so uh, as a result, we want to appear cooperative while constantly trying to advance our individual position or the position of a smaller band of people that we care more about than we care about others within the group that we still do care about. You know, like I care about my children more than my brother but I care about my brother and his children more than my cousin. You know, a cousin is worth, you know, a brother's worth four cousins, cousins worth, you know, eight second cousins, like whatever. Um, so, you know, you think about how would you get ahead in that society? Well, obviously people like people who use initial symbolic language of pointing and sounds to say, here are resources, here are threats that makes you a more attractive mate, a more attractive partner, you know, in your, your cooperative band. So that's where a lot of people think language comes about, but how do you wield language? You need consciousness on some level. You have to exist in the symbolic realm of words, not being the things that your brain kind of assumes they are, you know, the word for fire is not a fire, you know what I mean? But you have to treat it like one that takes new parts of your brain. You have to be able to explain it like one like that that is many, in many ways what appears to have set us apart. And that gives us like a much richer and more complex storytelling ability, which further you know, give, appears to give us a competitive advantage because it can band us together in much larger ideological cooperative endeavors. So what that you know, requires us to think about in terms of consciousness is, are we optimized for truth seeking, let alone truth telling? Or are we optimized to apprehend what appears to be reality, but what is actually skewed to make us act in a way that will, despite what our consciousness thinks, actually further our advantage? So there are many instances it's easier to see in others than ourselves. But, you know, we talk about the blind spot all the time. Like it's easy to see other people not realizing that their appeal to the group's interest is actually an appeal to their own interest. 
the way journalists are always like, our democracy depends on well-compensated and ultra-respected journalists being treated as a special class of society. Why does no one else see this? You know what I mean? It's like a lot of them really do believe that. And that's a good example of like consciousness appears to be evolved to actually victimize its owner first or, you know, the, the actual person. It keeps us in the dark because that makes us more effective PR agents for ourselves. Like if you're constantly questioning, am I being selfish? You don't appear as pro-social as you would. And so like there's, you know, it, it seems like to many people, your, your full being uh, that apprehends reality keeps things from you so that, you know, so that you can more effectively talk about yourself. Like they don't tell Sarah Huckabee Sanders everything because if she has too much weighing on her mind, she can't be confident. You know what I mean? And so I, I see Marty and I think about like, does he even know, dude, like on some level or him and that girl, like when these kinds of things happen, like where it seems like you just ran into people, but you've been making weird decisions all day or like whatever. I'm not saying I've ever had a Marty type incident. I obviously want to be clear about that. But it's like, I was almost like, does he even know why he's going in? Is that what she means? Like he doesn't know what he wants. Like to me, that's why like alcohol is more of a fulcrum for him where it's like the bigger issue is he uses it to catapult himself into sloppiness. You know, and that's why I think that the butt stuff really does come to fruition here. He wasn't talking about butt fucking before. He was talking about getting fucked in his ass by a finger. And now he, it's fully, the like fully integrated, you know, whore offering him a Madonna's redemption is like, yo, fuck me in the ass. Now, I had that question for you. Do you think he did it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no question. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean... But again, I mean, the girl is not really villainous to me. Like when you were saying like she, she's maybe treading on the marriage, I'm almost like, they're almost like the earlier episode, like Adam's bumping into each other. Like it was all, if time really is a flat circle, that $20 was a down payment because that made her, she almost can't consent at this point because of who he was to her before. It's literally like, I don't think I ever finished, this is many episodes ago, the Philip Roth biographer who was the teacher in New Orleans that's their basic argument. He wasn't fucking girls when they were in his class. He was fucking them when they like turned 21. And they were like, that's gross. Like I'm 35 now and I realize that that makes me feel gross. It's not really rape, but people should know this guy does this. You know what I mean? It's like, be, if, if you imprinted like that, uh, especially you were a cop, and she, you know what I mean? Like it's hard, man. Yeah, I think it's obviously really, really wrong what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I think do too. It's but it's terrible. I, I'm saying I don't know that she she might on some level want to be Marty's wife, but I don't think she's like the I referred to earlier as like a woman with a homewrecker thing. I mean, I'm not saying, dude, babes like anybody. They like you know. I'm sure it feels great for a man to be like I'm forsaking my family vows, you know, for just for that for for your pussy. You I know, think that I'm that's sure. part of why every uh, woman has ever had sex with a man they weren't <laughs> married to that was married. I'm sure it's not lost on them. Yes, I agree. Uh, certainly, if, yeah, if they know he's married. Especially uh, when the first thing she said, before she says, like, I know who you are. She's like, you know, 
good the, times ahead, huh? In, in the, the bar, the first. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's true. She does talk about phones before. Oh, that. I think it's a very deliberately placed line, though. I agree. You know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. She's. This isn't like uh, it's a, in, a mild inconvenience that's not related to everything else that he's married. Like she's keenly aware he has a family, and yeah, yeah. I, th- I think everything else that you're saying is true as well. Oh, yeah. I think she wants to fuck him and she knows if she can draw a contrast between what she offers and what he has to go home to, that will f- make him more likely. She really... They say anyone who's setting out... To, like, the, the consequences for his family and children are obvious enough and, in my opinion, quite grave. Well, So anyone trying to visit those she, consequences on them uh, but does she is, do, is a, she, dude? Because she's not like you're... I feel like you're uh, uh, conflating her with... Who was the Lisa was the first one? Dodario? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's also like kind of like the guy said to Re- Reggie Ledoux said, like, you'll do this again. Everybody goes, Rue too, you know, the second time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he fucking, she doesn't call Maggie or anything, right? No. Like, it's like, dude, Marty fucks up doing his own laundry. So she wasn't really like, vis- I don't think this girl is like really a homewrecker. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I think she's just, she is trying to I don't to think that she wants the, like, she doesn't have the same, like, desire to have the, but th- that's, I'm not saying that she wants, uh, that, like, the main thing she's getting out of it is Maggie finding out. I don't right, think right, that's right. true. But I think that there's, like, there's different levels. Like, she can't, the, yeah, yeah, just because she's not excited to rub it in Maggie's face doesn't mean that she's not excited about the fact that he has a wife and child. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. That, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, it yeah. Just whatever. It just you're saying. I think it, if he was, just, you were you were disagreeing with my characterization of you know saying that she's like a siren or that she's being. No, I think she's like a siren, dude. I think that's a great point. I, she okay. reminds me also of. Uh, I didn't think of that at all. I didn't think of this either, but the siren point kind of prompted it. Like also, like uh, she's like a hot babe version of uh, like the don. You know, the guy that takes Pinocchio to become a donkey. You know, she like takes him through a carnival of like uh, all the pleasures the world has to offer, uh, you know, and all he has to lose is what actually matters. Uh, pretty fucking great little micro story. Uh, but to me, if he was, this is maybe a better way of what I was saying, the distinction I was drawing. If he was just a regular dude or even a good looking dude with a wedding ring on walking into that T-Mobile, I don't think she's, you know, tracking him down to the Fox and the Hound unless he's Marty, like with the history they have. I think certainly the fact that he's Marty and the history they have is uh, a large component. I'm, I don't know, dude. I'm not uh, saying he's her first Seems like she man. might. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, so do you think, okay, here's a question for you. Seems like she might be just showing up to that T-Mobile job being like, hope some hot married dudes show up today. Well, that is the next step, dude, in the like r- narrative that she's on of the hooker made good. Like the next step is a, a rich dude who sees past it, accepts her fully for who. It's like the girl's version of the Madonna whore complex getting resolved. Is like, uh, it's pretty woman. I'm, I've never seen the movie, but my understanding is she's a hooker, but she's got a heart of gold, mm-hmm. right? And then like yeah. a, a hot rich guy is like, I love all of those parts of you. I have to assume that's the basic story of it. Uh, uh, anyway. Yeah, the only sex worker that I, I know at all um, is definitely seems to participate in that sort of 
you know, like the, the, you got some clients and it's supposed to be all business, but also like what you really want is the one client who makes you not have any more clients. Interesting. But also you do want other clients. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you see Widows? Yes. That, that I think would brought up, that was like an interesting depiction of like, you know, that tall, the, she was from Tenet. That was the tall lady from Tenet, right? She was like a, she had a sugar daddy from yeah. seeking arrangements. Yeah, yeah. It's like he wanted to bay her up, but it's like, can you do that? Like, it's like, you know, you always hear about it from the dude's perspective. Like, can you turn a hoe into a housewife? Which I think you can. Uh, but if you're, you know, she's not a hoe like that, but you know what I'm saying? It's like, if you start in that relationship as the woman, is that how you want to become a housewife? I don't know. You know, she said no. Yeah, that was great. I loved Widows. I thought it was really good. And it was fun. I I was hoping I would like it more than I feel like I did end up liking it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, it wasn't heat. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah very much. Uh. <laughs> so, just to, wanted to draw the parallel of. Marty is doing worse than what he beat the shit out of people for earlier. I I think so. Like, obviously uh, we know that her dad appears to not be great if he's leaving her with an uncle that is also not great. Right, if he's even there. But, like, yeah. it is someone's daughter. And he's sure. older than the 18-year-olds that he just said was, like, the worst thing that anyone could do. Yeah, I mean, there's more going on than that. It's not just quantitative. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, what do you mean? You think all sexual morality is just a function of the age difference between the people? No, but I think all those indicators are going worse for him than better. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't actually think uh, age gap relationship is bad. I, I do think age of consent laws are good, but once you're outside of that country, I think age of age gap relationships... We got to be a little more hands off. To me, I think I would see the pendulum swing a little differently. There seems to be a lot of fucking weirdness about it. I've heard you've started to make this point before, and I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't want to stake out the position that you're wrong about that 100% of the time. Just make it the age of consent or shut the fuck up. I, I think mean, it's clear that there's times that you are right. Um, <laughs> but like... Uh, it seems to me like most relationships <coughs> that I can think of that have like that large a gap, it's things are going on there that don't feel healthy to me. Strom Thurmond at 66 marrying a 22 year old seems bad. Yeah. I mean, it's out of the norm. So, and, and that is like an issue with all fucking, it, my problem is not that it's out of the norm. My problem norms. is that I don't know how that woman, like it, the way that you're talking about with the, uh, Philip Roth biographer, Right, yeah, like yeah. There's, he's a fucking senator. He's not a teacher who taught her. He's a <coughs> senator. Yeah, but so senators should be able to... If we saw, say senators can't fuck, they'll turn into like so much worse than the Catholic Church. We have to let them fuck. I'm not saying they can't fuck. I'm saying if a 66-year-old senator marries a 22-year-old, it's not a healthy thing. I didn't even know that happened. That is Buck. I mean... He didn't have a wife until he was 40. At which point he married a 21-year-old. Was he a lifelong bachelor? A 21-year-old, yeah, until he was 40. No, but I mean, you know, 
eyebrow raise lifelong badge, like a closeted homosexual man. No, I think it's pretty clear oh, like okay. to fuck young women. Okay, okay. Uh, he like participates in a beauty competition. Who is that, this? Like, this? Strom Thurmond? Yeah. Famously racist senator. Yes. Okay. So uh, the, like a 17-year-old wins. And then he's okay. like, hey. Well, this uh, is like, he's from where Roy Moore is from, right? Huh? Roy Moore, the judge, the guy? No, they're not. Strom Thurmond's from, from South Carolina. He's South Carolina. Okay. okay. Roy Moore is Alabama. Okay. Um, he uh, judges a, a competition um, where like a 17-year-old wins. He's like, hey, great job on that. I want you to come be my secretary. Just wait until she's 21. Taylor's all this time. Yeah, uh, okay. and fucking uh, whatever she passes away I think it was brain cancer some kind of illness she passed away tragically okay. certainly not happy about that R.I.P. Uh, indeed uh, her and Norm MacDonald both R.I.P. definitely then uh, you know once she has passed away it's like you know what I'm a changed man uh, instead of marrying 21 year olds I'd like to go for 22 okay and you know well, it has like a ton <laughs> of children of both I think all right, so he's stuck with him after he marries him. Yeah. Okay, that's good. I agree. That part's good. I agree. I mean, okay. I, I have no idea. I don't know whether he cheated on him or not. Yeah, he didn't yeah. Divorce well, he him. might have cheated on him. I'm not saying he didn't cheat on him, but he, yeah, yeah. He Remain didn't divorce him. Them. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, I think that the 22-year-old is uh, who Joe Biden's talking to as he's uh, giving his eulogy. See, I'm not up on all that. I know something happened. People are mad about a eulogy. Something. Is I mean, it, just, he's a famously racist senator where Joe Biden's standing up there. And being he didn't like, recently die, though, right? There's an old, it's got to be old, right? It's like 2005. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty recent. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's like Biden has been in the game long enough. You can probably pull up some pretty suspect. Yeah, shit. no, he's uh, anti busing, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, but uh, the 2005 viewership drop there is pretty yeah. dark, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to put yourself. We were both very fully around in 2005, so it's not that hard to put yourself in the shoes. Of might, the I know he stopped serving in 03, he might have died Strom, immediately. Yeah, like I always knew Strom Thurmond was like a famously racist senator. He's, For sure. I believe, the longest serving senator. And this is so. when the senators still jacked each other off about like getting playing racquetball together and shit. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, for sure it was that flavor of like, that, yes. you know, we the fetishized the Senate as a the body. Of, yeah, know, the greatest sh- deliberative yeah, body yeah. that's ever existed <laughs> in man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ever a fucking... Total fucking bullshit. Countenance. How many harm's been visited upon the people of this country in service of perpetuating that myth. Well, that's a good example of like the consciousness in a blind spot. The fact that most of those people f- are not cynical the way we are talking about them. Like they fully do believe the things that are so obviously. Self- kind of, but some of them are. And well, they get to make is, the decisions. Well, the psychos are the truly scary are the ones who fully do see through it. And then they're like the opposite of the night of the faith. Like they see into the abyss and they make the wrong decision. Like they're just like, to me, it's like they say, fuck it. I want to, you know, get everything I can on earth and max out like this. Basically, they take the sirens bargain and they're like, fuck, yeah. That's why I think, dude, I was laughing, dude. I wrote down in my notes when they show that clear figurine, it is after Marty nuts. So it's literally post not clarity, dude. Mm. Pretty funny. Mm. I don't think they meant it as like a visual pun. But pretty funny. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, now they're getting into the uh, Marshland Medea. Is that what they call it? I think so. Marshland Medea. Something like that. Um, Marty says that he thought that that was a big thing weighing in Rust's mind whenever they split up. I, I'm not 100% on my interpretation of this. So that's why I'm asking about it. It seems to me like that's another lie he's telling the investigators, right? Yeah, like he's know, trying man. to explain some other reason than he fucked my wife and we <laughs> yeah, fought yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, well, you know, I know that case was big on his mind. Yeah, definitely. And like it, the case is before he fucks his wife, right? Yes. Because I could see him like being so mad at Maggie that he tells someone, a lady, to kill herself. But it's the other way. Yeah, I think that that's his garden variety. Like he's always has deep contempt for these he hates these people like uh yeah, when, yeah, whenever yeah. he's talking the um the the tent again you know whenever he's like you know anyone who's i do think it's a reward is a piece of shit like yeah well but she kills children yeah. she's yeah kindercidal it's his number one That's, yeah yeah i think he, it's like an like you know to the discussion earlier of the manic state like uh it's an escalation of being like you know what mask fuck it mask off this is what i think you, you should kill yourself do you want to hear the thing oh you got it yeah i, got yeah. The thing. I don't know why i'm surprised by that the newspapers are gonna be tough on you and prison is very very hard on people who hurt kids If you get the opportunity, you should kill yourself. I really thought that he was like, I, I couldn't believe he went for it. That's it's an escalation. <laughs> yeah, just as he's he's clearly building to something. But I thought it might just be like, hey, prison's gonna be hard for you. But then yeah. it's just and the it's masterful. I mean, I we don't have or whatever. I, I made the decision not to uh, include the entire like five minutes previous of him eliciting the confession. Yeah. But that entire process, I they show it a couple times in the course of the series. I can't see it enough. Like the just the the, to, the he does. Like I'm convinced that he's saying <laughs> that he cares about them and that like you can trust him. And just tell in me what happened. It's going to be better if in you this just session? tell me what happened. In this session? Yeah. See, I was thinking in this session, it's like a, a contrast. He may be, like when you played it this time, I didn't think it when I was watching the show, but it's like, he really always does offer people understanding and absolution. But then like once they the give box. it up, he does take it away. Yeah, but in this case, he's just mean to her from the jump, dude. He's like, what the fuck, Sids? Get the fuck out of here. No, he's not. Yeah, he's like, Sids is a curse from an ancient language. That nobody nobody speaks, and they say that's what happened to your kids. First one was this, second one was this, but third one you went too far. And I feel like you know, like that's basically what he does, isn't it? She's not getting no. He's like he says stuff like people think a baby will change their story. I guess he does say that. Yeah, and I mean, the, like if if she if he's not creating a relationship where she feels like she can trust him, why does she give it up? Because they got the baby. I don't even know. They didn't show her giving it up. She writes up a confession. Well, yeah, I was wondering, what do they fucking need 40 pages for? Because they fucking got the monitor unplugged, dude. Who else was fucking there? 
You know what I mean? This, this lady's on strike three. Like, Why would they even talk to her? Well, it's better to have a to, confession than I to agree. not have it. But I'm like, what is it actually saying? I guess maybe she's, well, he does say he calls up to Pennsylvania, which I, I think is to, to be a, we're meant to infer that that's where the earlier two deaths occurred. Yes. Uh, but I think that may be a very elaborate like plot device to guard against Redditors or, you know, that type of person, because when I pulled up the yearbook screenshots, they did convince me, not with everyone, but with this lady, because there are two versions of the yearbook photo. They, they did Photoshop, like HBO or the producers put up one version of a yearbook photo and then they Photoshopped it and they appeared to have Photoshopped pictures that we see later and elsewhere in the show. So one of the billboards, like, have you seen me? Uh-huh. That girl is in the light of the way yearbook. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's other people where but it's you're like, saying in like the promotional photo version of it. In the one that was on the website or something, when they first put it up, it wasn't like that. But then when they re-aired it, or maybe when they first aired it or when they re-aired it, there's in two the versions. In the show are the, is the girl in the yearbook? In the show, in the Blu-ray what they have is the second version, the Photoshop version. Okay. So when I pause it, what I see is the Photoshop version. There is an earlier version. That does have, the Photoshop the, version does have the girl from the... Uh, the billboard. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, me? and it also, it does seem like the Medea's in it. They like, they put her in it. Okay. So Medea's Light of the Way alum, like very possibly. Then Pretty why, interesting to think about. Why are we taking the pains to say that she was in Pennsylvania for the first two deaths? Well, I think that's why that would make sense if you're like Reddit mind. If you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, this bitch is, fu- or this woman is fucking light of the way alum and she's killed two kids and Rust isn't going to put this together. You know what I mean? So they have to make the other two kind of dead end out. Like, otherwise, it, like they, they get hoisted by their own fucking, you know, plot, plot. I don't know funny, that any of that adds very much for me. That they all of that adds much to you? I, I'd say I don't think it does. What is it? What do I care where this woman went to high school? I think it's cool. Well, as the kind of guy who did pause on the yearbook, I think it's cool that the show rewarded that. Like that there is stuff there to dig to, like if you want to. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, we've talked about like Lost and stuff. It's like the show obviously knows that it's the environment it exists in. Mm-hmm. And that means you do have to do shit like that. So. To me, the question is, do you do it like to where it doesn't add up to anything or do you make it part of the art? So I'm glad to know that they like fulfilled their commitment on that level. I agree. I don't like lose my mind seeing it, but since I do fucking know it and it came up, sure, it's like, sure, sure. I'm not going to not say it. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know that she's in there. I was like 80% on Medea, like that picture. The other ones were more obvious. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I just think that Marty's not sufficiently dedicated to police work like what's the how are we serving this by being like can't find a condom lady he's just all <laughs> over the map birth controls is in that's what she says yeah yeah but i'm just saying it's not uh, like this well, environment we're trying to create where she does what we want her to do are you helping or hurting by berating her real. decision to not wear a condom definitely uh let me ask you this you think marty strapped up with beth I mean, obviously not with the anal, you know. I would hope later. Well, I would hope so, but do you think he did? I mean, he clearly did not have condoms. No man has ever carried tampons and condoms together. 
<laughs> what kind of freak would? Yeah. So unless um, she had them. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. No, I don't think so. I don't see it. Okay. Anyway. Um. Yeah, Medea is interesting to think about. Her sanctuary, according to Wikipedia, was devoted to slain children. She was like an underground, you know, deity. Yeah, I mean, she uh, she she kills her children. Right, right, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. saying, I, you know, I hit the wiki, dude. Yeah, so I, I well, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, it's it's all <laughs> it's pretty clearly fitting, um, and like, cause they, it's not like they just like briefly mention, like they they linger in a way where like it's, I feel like one of the more obvious times where they're like Google this. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the same episode with Telio Stolarka. Yeah. So I think that's another example. I think that one's a less clear. They're, well, I think they're like, look, sometimes the yearbook will have a character that you spotted. Sometimes it'll have a quote from the Dark Knight. Sometimes, you know, we're going to send you on a goose chase. Yeah. You know, you if you want to be the true detective, you better fucking get used to it. Run them down. Learn to love the process. I guess so. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, with what Russ or yeah, just, you know. The theme of uh, what you do with your children is, uh, is is present throughout the show. Do you want to just? Uh, I've got the uh, the Rust and Marty fight. Sure. Folks with the attitude, huh? It's like my time's less than yours. Oh, you got things to do, Marty. Need to go home to the family and play with the kids. Don't get up my ass just because you ain't getting any. Okay, real quick. Uh, just. I did notice he did the same thing. Another butt reference, by the way. Sure. No, I think you, yeah. I, I, you have my support. Thank you. Um, he, uh, he does the same thing, the, the walking away and Marty's saying, hey, and uh, he keeps on walking. This time mm. he does not get as upset, which made me be like, maybe I was wrong, but not really. I thought you were right sure before. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just if they were trying to really drive home the point, I think they would have again made like Marty have a strong emotional reaction, but he keeps his tone pretty much the same. Um, and then, uh, do you do you think that Rust like Maggie asks him, uh, "Did you know?" And he Very says no, dude. but like it's obvious he does because it's after the scene where the fucking uh, right. sergeant calls him the human tampon. So oh, like, he knows it here, dude. I think that's why he's kind of punishing Marty, dude. Yeah, bit. but I just he I, knows Marty's back in the business. It's not made like you know the previous time where like there's no scene where uh, he's asking Marty why he smells that way. In between right, right, him right. having yeah, sex with yeah, Beth yeah. and him doing this here. So, like, yeah, I, I also, like, I don't know what the point of the statement is other than to be like, I know you're being a piece of shit again. Yeah, I think that's what um, But, uh, you know, I, they're not making it as clear as before. I don't know. You should have held on to your woman. Getting laid was good for you. God damn. And then, you yeah, moron. that's also. God damn. Maybe it's bad for you, Marty. You. Yeah. It's for you this place it's like you eat your fucking young and that's all just fine as long as you got something to salute no that line what's going on with you man is everything feels like one of the most important lines of the whole system dude eat your young and it's all fine and there's something to salute that's what i'm saying with like the interjected society as consciousness all the way to like the major to then walking around with like modern day slaves like and like women what are you saying 
the whole the, that ties the whole show together. Who dude. are the slaves? The inmates that are like working in the yard in bright orange as Marty walks out of the box and throws up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's like that's the man's price in this world. You have to live in a poisonous world like that. Like I'm saying, like the whole psychosphere is escalating along with the rest of the show. And it, they, they, this episode to me is much more explicit in tying together hyper aggressive, like the state of capitalism in 2012 or whenever it was, the carceral state, the racialized carceral state, uh, and just the time honored tradition of the powerful exploiting the weak. Uh, and like the balance and the question of like, where's the God in this universe that is just a heightened version of our own. And so like, I, you know, to, I, I see you have the Sam Walmart clip. I mean, I think that's also, it's the major saying that, and he's literally saying the point I'm just saying, but he's saying it to ridicule it when he's like, look, Rust, the thread you're pulling on, I'm going to have to fucking arrest Walmart. And it's like, yeah, you are. Like, it really is that, you know, if, if we mean it when we say things are systemic, that's what it looks like. Uh, that's why it's such, you know, he, it, that's why Rust indicts the universe, I think. Like, it is almost hopeless. Yeah, it, it made me think of what you were uh, saying in an earlier episode about... Um, give me a second. I don't know where the thought went. Man, that's really annoying, dude. You owe it to me, but more importantly to the audience. If you begin a train of thought, dude, you should. Yeah, no, I'll get you it. have to finish it, dude. It's not cool. It's not cool. It's not like winky. Where's the stoner vibe? You know, none of that. I don't like it. As Just a what you were talking about about the uh, business of um, <coughs> like the we create order to protect us from the right, chaos right, right. But, like yeah, the yeah. Cha- but that uh is also an avenue for the chaos to like do what it's trying to do definitely um, yeah exactly you know yeah of, like he's uh because that you know the 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 you'll eat your lung is eat your young as long as there's something to salute like the what he's referring to like the what the basic significance of something to salute is is order right like is if there's a so, system yeah. that has a symbol at the top of it that like tells you like, Hey, this is the system. Well, and in this episode and when they're in the major's office, especially they're constantly putting the flag in the background. Yeah. Like, uh, and they're always underneath it. And it's like the flag and uniformed cops and now uniformed bright orange inmates, which they, sh- they didn't have before. I, n- I never noticed that. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It's all like a, a super heightened you know, like in one, like if you froze a frame, you could like put it in a museum as a painting and be like, this literally has everything. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. When Salter asked about it, Iberia called. You've been going around bothering people, trying to open up old cases. I am working. I have things to do. So type the report, man. That's how we do. I get people to talk. You read the stats. It's worked out well for you so far. I'm the only one ever took up for you. Ever. You know what it's like being your partner? Huh? Fuck you. Nobody without me. There is no you. So type the fucking report, man. 
It's a bummer. The, he doesn't even have the time to give him like a something witty. Like before, he he was always like he's just like I'm not even interested in attempting to give you the sense that I want to one up you. Just type the report. You're beneath me. Yeah. Like any attempt to add entertainment to this, it's not worth my time. And yeah, you, like even whenever they were arguing before is is what I'm saying that there was a certain amount of camaraderie in the argument. I agree, dude. And and, uh, what were you just saying about something? You were like, this time it was different. Huh? I feel like it's it's the same thing you were just talking about is also what you're talking about now. Where it was like, it's everything's more efficient now. You know? It's like, it's it's the second time around for all of this. Yeah. And everyone's kind of like more aware of who everybody is in relation to each other. Uh, and so it's like, they're kind of losing. Like he's almost like Maggie here. He's like, I, yeah, Marty, I, I got it, dude. You're boring to me at this point. Like the way to fast forward when Maggie finally is telling him, like, I know everything and I fucked Rust. Like to watch her watch Marty go through his various fucking responses to that, and she's the only thing that's amusing her is like how predictable it all is, you know. It's like pretty tight to watch your face, but I feel like Russ is Russ not engaging is the exact same thing here. Like it, it used to be fun to like debate a little bit with with Marty. It's very clear, dude. It's the closest thing to Russ's friend for sure. Like Russ was aware that Marty was different, uh, but yeah, I think you're right, dude. It's like more. It's a very dick move. Yeah, and I I guess certainly it seems to bother him that uh marty cheats on his wife yeah i think so dude but i I, outside of that and i mean i guess i guess he's probably i'm I'm just trying to think about why he's suddenly so mad at him because i mean like he's picking this fight with type up my reports bitch see and that's where i think i think it is you're right i think it's just like he's disgusted with him I, I think it's also, you know, just like we, we see what a transformation Rust undergoes between 2002 and 2012. Yeah. Of like the, the way he physically looks between 96 and 02 is like not very different. He looks great in 02. But whereas by the time we get to 2012, <clears throat> he's halfway to a fucking hobo. True. Um, and, you know, what, what's going on there is he's being tormented by the sense that he had the opportunity to balance the world and that he felt like he had done it. But that, in fact, uh, he had made the world much, much, much worse by being confident that he had balanced it. Uh, and I think, so he, I, think I that, would put a little bit of a finer point on it, but I, th- I think he's grappling with all of those possibilities. Like he's still in in the like what the fuck. Like he knows he doesn't know what's going on. I agree with you there. You know, it's like because he later says like I, again, I don't want to jump too. But I think this is a later episode. But he does acknowledge that at some point during those the blackout years. He he considered and lived with the possibility that everyone was right and all of the conspiratorial thinking was in his head and not real. So he was still like confused. Is all I'm saying. He was yeah, no, he he gets to it later in the episode here too. But uh, okay, the, uh, I don't even remember. Uh, was, that was half a point. Well, you just it, said, oh, yeah, he's yeah, mad exactly. that Marty's not with him. Like, you just why is he mad at Marty? He's resentful of Marty because, like, you know, he's another roadblock to this path that he feels very determined to go down. Well, yeah, I think it's also like, dude, he's tried to explain to Marty before. He's tried to explain to everybody. 
Yeah. So they don't hear him. So but like Marty him. would be the deep, deepest betrayal. Like he's been on this journey with him, you know, yeah, he fucking yeah. saw the Ledoux shit. Like he's, he's seen everything that Rust has seen and Rust has seen at times that like, he's got the full recognition of it. And so for him to deny it now, it's so much more personal than Salter, the guy who's barely even fucking, like he's not even on the force as far as we know, whenever the 96 stuff happens. Right. I wonder what he was doing, dude. I love that guy, dude. Yeah. yeah he he's rules. great. He's um, like my Kevin Dunn, dude. I mean, I even he is like he's just a sleeker Kevin Dunn, dude. He's I like think smaller. I like Dunn better. I know I, you love. I love Dunn too, but I got that sense, like, dude, this guy's the man. He's dies. I don't on, know why we got to make it a competition. They're both great. I'm saying they're both. They're the last two bald act, like kind of like realistically bald actors. They're like we were talking earlier about handsome bald men versus weird looking bald men. Like, Doesn't Dunn have a good amount of hair? Like, no, clearly Dunn, going bald, bald man. but, like, yeah, I wouldn't say that he's bald. bald. man. Like, I mean, he's not bald, bald the way this dude is. Yeah. This dude's bald, bald. For, yeah, that's true. But Kevin Dunn, I consider he's in the community. For sure. I don't know. You can't claim him. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, yeah, you, you, want, you want to hear Salter's thing? Yeah, dude, I love this guy. I love his accent. I love everything about him, man. I love, have you seen the entourages with him? I don't know, not yet. I mean, I have. I've seen all of Entourage, but uh, you know what the last one I watched was? What? Sorkin Notes. Whoa, love it. Oh, I don't even know if we've met, talked about that on the actual air or not. I don't remember either. I mean, we've talked about it so much in life that it, 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 it's not the time. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy dude dude i was thinking like worst comes to worst we could always just slam entourages for the pod that'll keep us going until we're 75 years old dude it would be a great journey yeah i i think it'd be a wonderful time but like to hear you describe it doesn't you're not making it you're not trying to make it appetizing <laughs> I don't want. I don't no, want to. Just I love. It. I mean, that would be incredible. Dutifully roll in, and, and, and we keep it like this. Like every episode is four hours long. <laughs> 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 oh, I can't wait. Now, I dude, Loki. Just last thing about Entourage. People talk about uh, costuming, like for Mad Men, and now I'm seeing it to a lesser extent with Sopranos. Like people trying to give a lot, like credit to the wardrobe of uh mad men obviously it's pretty obvious why it gets credit sopranos people are correctly noting like how directly just completely always a thousand percent true to the universe being depicted in the characters like each piece of wardrobe is like there are instagram accounts devoted to carmela sopranos outfits as there should be like there, there should be more of them but i think the the true undiscovered wardrobe jam of like early 2000 television no dude it's so on point dude i mean as someone like i was a bro at the time dude a lot That's of those like exactly what bros were wearing. are you just saying it, like, it was it was reflective like, of what they it did was wear true to the characters yeah, and true I to the world so. yeah yeah that's what it's perfect 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 the soprano stuff is not like i don't even also, know that anyone in the real world would tuck in their shirt as often as johnny chase does i mean that dude would dude i mean i don't want to out who i'm exactly thinking of in my life <laughs> he's like a little bit older like an aging bro like doesn't quite know what to do with it you know and it's like dude, just tuck it in dude <laughs> 
Dude, I love it. I just, the last rewatch that I did, the wardrobe really stood out to me. Uh, now that we're a little separated from it. So anyway, that's it. I love this guy. Let's, let's go. Doing cold, riling up people, opening old cases. Iberia Sheriff's talking jurisdictional complaints. Something's going on, Major. Along the coast, uh, women, children disappearing. Nobody hears about it. Nobody puts them together. First time hearing about it, boss. Puts what together, Cole? Someone, I may be more than one, is killing people, Major. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah, you got any bodies? You got something actually applies to your job as a homicide detective? You know what he did? You know what he did? Goes and visits Kelly Rita, sent her to a screaming fit. Look, either we don't find them or they don't get connected, I don't know which. I can't decide if it's a cover-up or the garden variety incompetence here. I mean, it has to do with those boys that we got in 95, the door lane killing. We didn't get them all. You're building something in your head. Women and children. Now they get no press. The way things in the bayou get no press. And it's happening in the same area where that Voodoo shit goes down. And it's happening in the same area where those schools were set up. The fuck schools you talking about? Tuition reimbursement programs for rural and Christian schools founded by Billy Lee Tuttle. Yeah, think about it. Back in 95, why was he so fired up to get his ass down here? Comes barging in with this task force. Fuck, before we even got started on the case, he took it over. Why? Because he recognized something in it. We're in a muddy swamp here, man. The alligators are swimming around us. We don't even know where they're there. You know why? Because we don't see them. I caught zero logic in all that. And that last bit, pure gibberish. How about we track all the missing persons within 10 miles of every Walmart? Huh? Right along the I-10. Why don't we go after Sam Walmart? <laughs> That's the alligators, dude. Uh, just hilarious. Like, it obviously recalls uh, Tim Apple. True, true. Sam Walmart. True. I mean, that Sam Walton is a guy. I'm aware fair. that it's close. As is well, Tim Apple. Tim Cook is also yeah, a guy. Yeah, I understand that Cook and Apple are father of Paul and Walmart dude, and Walton. Just take but... a moment, dude. Tim Apple, man. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But just to, and it's it's the same thing. It'd be like, what do you want me to do? Call Sam Walmart? Uh, for real? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I do think the alligator point is the like kind of what he's saying. Like the that's the like the fear based. You know what we're all. I don't know. The alligators are whatever you imagine them to be that are keeping you in a box of fear. You know. You know what I'm saying. Like, I, Sam Walmart is kind of the, an alligator. Like, I, I feel like it's like the, the Gnostics talked about the Archons, which were like the dark rulers of, of this fallen world, like the invisible rulers. And that concept is like con continued over the years to be like, you know, many different, more sophisticated concepts, like as people have adapted it to modern times. But... You know, to the point where it's like they're your unconscious fears or whatever. But I think this is like, I think the show is very smart because it knows it can't fucking beat this hammer all the time or it would be what it, the people in the show accuse Russ of being. Like no one would like the show. 
if it was it would just be like john oliver or something you know what i mean like if it was just like here's a thesis about how all these things are connected but it's like it does occasionally just have rust or somebody just really either on the like metaphysical you know is there love in the world side or the like let's just finally put the cards on the table what is this conspiracy we're all just kind of you know thinking about what does it actually add up to but then like when russ does say it everyone immediately is just like that's complete nonsense get the fuck out of here which then it's like that does make sense if you've ever undergone a realization about things there is a compulsion i think the 12 steps get at this dude when you resynthesize your worldview <clears throat> there is an aspect of that experience for many people that appears to compel them to share it uh and it's like the most frustrating and disheartening thing in the world where people like not only don't receive it but also like mock let alone punish you for it and it's like eventually you just feel like you're alone and then you start making that true and i think like rust is reaching the end of that rope here as he's realizing like just how like it, he's like fuck man this guy thinks i'm literally as crazy as you know someone who thinks we should just arrest sam walmart you know i don't know i think we should arrest sam walmart that we should arrest sam walmart definitely dude you know some of the walmarts went to trinity dude i did not know that yeah trinity you know one of them ran over a woman <laughs> really yeah yeah that's not funny r.i.p but no i did not know that they don't give Trinity any Witnesses money. Witnesses are speeding, but say. within two hours of uh, the accident, the police were telling the husband that uh, it's all just a big mistake and he shouldn't be upset about it. See, that's the alligators in the water, dude. For real. Yeah. Like, that's if you asked those cops why they were doing that, I wonder what they would say. I bet some of them are cynical and realistic to just be jaded and be like, look, dude, he's Sam Walmart. What do you want? I, I doubt it. I, I think that most of them don't even begin to see or feel the hand that is guiding them. Yeah, I, I, that's scarier in many ways. You know, that scares me when I see Marty, like, more than, like, I'm never going to be a rural cop, like, covering up for Sam Walmart. But, like... It'd be an interesting path. I wondered, like, that grimace with Marty, if my theory is correct, that he knows less of himself. I mean, this is not my deep theory. The characters all say this. But, like, in that instance... Like, is it all like literally that they are bringing themselves together? Uh, or like, does he really not have control over his drinking? Like to that point, does he know that the drinking is like feeding a gremlin after midnight for him? You know what I mean? Like, I think in some ways, sometimes if I don't want to do something, it's really easy to just get really stoned and then be like, huh, oh, guess I can't do it. You know, when it's like, that was just a, a, a you know, a, a means to an end of not doing the thing. And I wonder, it's like Marty drinking appears to be the reverse here, where it's like, I can't just go from buying tampons to fucking this woman. I better get drunk first. That, that will make more sense to me. Uh, like, that's what I was saying. Like, alcohol seems to be like a, an accelerant for him more than like he doesn't demonize this i don't know like he does think does, that's he true of every alcoholic. It, dude not the way like, no one's problem is that they drink too much 
No, but plenty of alcoholics are like, I don't drink anymore. And they tell you that and they know how long they've been in that state. And Marty strikes me as a guy that would know that. He does know that whenever he's not uh, had alcohol for more than three weeks, it seems. So it seems to me that he doesn't have many streaks longer than three weeks. I which, think it's you know, I hey, think it's possible it's for the show to have things that they don't uh, directly well, just I wasn't, state and instead just I think that's strongly right. hint. I wasn't clear that he stopped cheating during this time either. But I do. I am now. Well, then on, I guess the question for you is, what do you think that he means by "I, I change, but not in the right way"? I do ways? now think that. Okay. I do think that he wasn't cheating during this time, uh, and I think he wasn't problem drinking. But you know, I'm not sold on whether he was completely dry. That's I'm it. not sold that Maggie doesn't directly say he stopped drinking. I've, I mean, she might. I don't she definitely that. says she says he got religious for yeah. For a but while. I think yeah, I, yeah. she's listing a series of things about what happened between ninety six yeah, yeah, yeah. and 02. And I think that he stopped drinking. Might well, be even that then, list. I need to hear a duration before I assign too much significance to it. But because I, you know, I agree that I've uh, I've stopped drinking. You know, but I don't consider myself an alcoholic, and I did consume alcohol within the last month. You know, I still walk around saying I don't drink. Or uh, like, yeah, I I understand all what you're saying. Own, it maybe feels I'm just like uh, out my complicated pedantic point scoring. It doesn't feel like an attempt to better understand the show. That's interesting because that's an aggressive assertion. I'm sorry. I'm glad you noted that, dude. I do think that brings up like the. Uh, I feel in my body that that was an aggressive assertion. I. Uh, I do think it's a little bit misplaced and because I do think that we have different values on pedantic point scoring and conversation. I don't need to remind you which of us participated in debate. Uh, and so I do sometimes wonder if- I deserve if, all this for my aggressiveness. Like, well, no, it's not that you deserve it, but you impose it on your world. It's part of your worldview. And so you, you become more likely to see it. I am aware of the the tendency in others as well as myself to engage in the behavior. I'm not saying I'm above it, but I think you you definitely are not a hundred percent right when you accuse like with your you know your rate of correctness in the past instances. I, it was interesting as you were saying it. I was like, I wonder if I should make a thing of this, uh, but then you said it, so I'm glad you did because it's interesting to think about. I think it actually does bring up the like, there's no me without you point. It's like once you internalize a worldview, everybody is kind of a reflection of themselves. That's like Maggie and Russ say that right before they fuck. Like some people give advice. They're like, I, uh, they're, I've, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, lay it on. I mean, I'm not saying we're about to fuck, but you know, play your cards right. What are you doing in here? What happened? I'm off the job. your point about that so i think that line the where you look you see yourselves gets to the like the clear versus the angel or the devil figurines as well as the abyss of the persona as well as the line there is no me without you 
because it really is hard to define the self except in relation to others. But if the other is truly the other, that means that is we ourselves are the, literally the most primal, terrifying thing that we define ourselves against. Like that's the true terror of the abyss is seeing the paradox, the self, no self paradox, and then being confronted with the choice of whether you become a knight of the faith or a fucking dark, you know, earthbound sorcerer trying to max out fallen world points. Uh, I mean, I really do think that. I think like a lesser version of, but like it, it kind of is like the larger question of like what blind spots are our worldview imposing or whatever, you know. I don't know, it's just interesting. So I think like uh, with with our little exchange just now, because you see the world, you do participate in conversations that involve point scoring or you have during formative years. And I have too, as a, an advocate, uh, it's like, it's, it's hard to even realize that there's other ways of having conversations for, I'm speaking from my own personal experience. Uh, sure. Yeah. I just, I think that whatever comparing our personal experiences, I did do debate for two years of my life. You were a lawyer for years. <laughs> oh, what? Like, and I was raised by two of them. Yeah. Uh, let's not yeah, act yeah. like I'm odd in this conversation for. No, I know, dude. I'm saying I think it might be so deeply in my waters that it doesn't hit me as hard because I've kind of, I've on, in a way given up on it. Certainly once I started getting paid for it, at first I was, I couldn't understand this, but I heard an older lawyer once, like after she had won a case and she wasn't like super exuberant. And she was like, honestly, when you've done this long enough, you stop caring as much about the result because <coughs> I've won ones I shouldn't have won. I've lost ones I shouldn't have lost. And it's like, it's all ups and downs. I do my best on everyone. This one, I was pretty sure I would win and I did, which kind of makes it less sweet, you know? And I was just like, Jesus Christ, lady. Uh, but it's like, I kind of get it more now. Like, it's- It's not good. Well, when- once you get there, though, it's you can't sad she's had that it. taken from you her. Just see it. Well, yes, but she's had a deeper truth revealed too. I think in, in some ways, uh, it's not doing as much like, for her, it seems. Well, she's less. She she's older. She has a. She literally was like older. She had a, a kid, you know, as opposed to when she was earlier and didn't, you know, like it's like she did appear to have undergone some life transformation. But uh, anyway, I don't even know how I got started on that particular point oh i'm saying pedantic point scoring certainly the legal profession is like built on it and certainly rife with it i'm no stranger to these conversations but i don't i don't i don't know sometimes i find myself like we had an exchange a few a few months ago maybe after the podcast where whatever we were talking about i definitely made like a, a factual stumble or something like one of my predicates was faulty i don't remember exactly what it was it was a very small point in the grand scheme of things to the point where all you needed to do was identify it and i would have just acknowledged it and just it would very slightly make a tributary out of the river of the greater point and then we could resume it but your body language changed it like you sat up it was very late and uh i was tired and stoned i i can't you might have been i don't know if you were stoned 
Uh, but you like became very energized as you appeared to realize that I had made a mistake and you were like visually becoming a predator and like preparing to pounce on it, which you did. And like, it almost seemed, so I was like, yeah, like I, I wasn't happy to have it pointed out. Like I could feel myself losing the point in the game that I decided you had decided we were playing, but obviously we were both kind of engaging in it you know and i was kind of like okay i'm i'm acknowledging that but as i was saying and you kind of got frustrated that i wasn't that it wasn't a bigger point like the 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 discussion of the mistake do you remember this and i was like this is boring to me and i left basically do you remember that yeah, I I just want to talk about True Detective. Anyway, I just feel like that. I thought about that night like a lot. Like I was like, I I wouldn't agree with the characterization, but I believe you. I I don't. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I just feel like it's hard to think about how else a conversation can go. I'm not really hung up on myself. You know how the. Uh, I mean, I think that most of what we're doing here is working together to try to find the truth of I was a, this show in the universe. See, that's funny. I Maybe I'm just doing my part by being the dark opposing side to that view to, to, to be actually I'm serving it like in a deeper way. Uh, but I was going to say it frustrates me when like the intellectual dark web people suck each other's dicks for like just being like, we have great conversations and we're about... We're about finding out the truth. You know, I'm not saying that's what we're saying about ourselves. Because I don't think we're courageous. I am having great conversations <laughs> and finding out we're, the uh, truth. Do you so. think we push boundaries, dude? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, you know that, like, you know Dave Rubin? You know that dude? I've heard the name. I mean, you, you, I don't need to pick on him as, in particular. But you know that general genre of, like, uh they're right wing. They're not Trump guys, though. But they're like. Well, they're not right wing. They're, like they're not right wing or left wing. They're just true, like true, outside true, true. the construct. Yeah, of course you know about. Barry Weiss like wrote the main article about this. Yeah, uh, of yeah, course you know I've this. Yeah, 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 of course. What a fucking. I don't remember much. Anyway, I know we're here to talk. But I'm just saying like whenever I uh, start being like, I'm about the truth, dude. Like I just think of them just like literally have you seen the picture of them someone took it rogan's in it and you know i love rogan so I, and rogan i think has distanced himself a little bit but it's like rogan ben shapiro jordan peterson sam harris eric weinstein like it's everybody dude just all like, the smartest guys <laughs> with the best points yeah dude uh like and, and they're all, they're at a restaurant so they're like they really all got to get like this is an actual picture it's like online it's like a candid photo like that the waiter <laughs> took what? or something yeah 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 for real yeah they like had a gathering dude it rules no, I, so i, I just picture them because they're seated like a, in a long bench style like a barbecue place kind of or a beer garden you know what i mean okay, like yeah, yeah, one yeah. of those wooden benches Picnic. so yeah, so you don't not know that they're not jerking each other off under the bench. <laughs> so, whenever I, it's literally what I picture when I'm like, oh, truth, man. I'm just about the conversation, dude. And we just put aside the PC talk to, you know, get to, I'm just, you know, wherever it takes us, you know, I'm just if asking If you want questions. me to apologize for seeking and revealing the truth, I won't. I won't. I won't. Hey, the off button's right there. That's right. Although we do say that. 
Not too much though. Keep listening. It gets better. (laughs) Um, I just, what Maggie's saying there of, uh, you know, wherever you're looking, you're seeing yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, I've, I've been accusing her of that the whole show. With how she treats Rust. So it's exciting to see how that. How do you mean? So directly stated. That she keeps on, like, because they had that conversation in the first episode, she thinks this, seems to think that that means that, like, he owes her a debt to be a certain kind of person. And then she's mad over and over afterwards that he's not exactly that person. And it's like, he didn't betray a debt that he had to you. You just want, you saw him for what you wanted him to be rather than what he was. He was capable of being sensitive enough and like in touch with his feelings enough to talk about the loss a little bit. Uh, but like you extrapolating from the that. Mow the lawn. Mow the lawn. He did also mow, mow the lawn. the lawn. Let's um, not sleep on that. But like, you know, what's, what's more of like uh, saying something without actually saying anything than that? Like that's, that's, that's a, a perfect vessel for her to pour oh, her, for sure. vi- her vision of himself into it. That's kind of the rather opposite. Rather than him actually revealing like things about himself. In many ways, like, it's the opposite where she's like, he knows what he wants, dude. It's like yeah. you mow the lawn because you're you kind of want to fuck her, but you're not sure, and you kind of miss your being married, but you don't. You know what I mean? It's like a classic ambivalent move. Yeah, that's why it's so loaded. Yeah, and then you know whatever she's in the diner in the uh, episode where they go to Beaumont, um, and is like, you know, you're just another one of them. Like, yeah. like as well, like as if is. that's a revelation. Like that that you'd promised me that you wouldn't be one of them, but now here you are, just being one of them, rationalizing as ever. Yeah. I'm just saying, like he, but he she, was never he never made that promise. She like might she have just correctly was doing the thing that she's talking about here. She correctly, I, I agree. I see what you're saying, but I think the the few conversations that we saw did show that he had the capability to be more than another one of them. I think she's right about that. I'm not saying I don't think fair. that he's being another one of them when she accuses him of it. I think that well, like I just think that his points are like it's it's fucking another one of them to like point out that Marty's a human person that's suffering. I think that that's does. an enlightened point that she ought to oh, accept in the, in the diner. Yeah. That's when she accuses him being another well, one. Well, he of them. doesn't just say that. He tells her basically to be quiet because he's like all of this it's for the kids. You know, he kind of reduces her to the mother role there in a way. You know, no one is like, Maggie, I hear you. That's what I'm not saying he owes that to her, but I think that's what she, it's not just. The thing is, she, she, he does also say that in the, in the conversation. I, I think that the thing that she most directly, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> I think, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it matters, dude. I'm not a truth seeker like that. It's about the journey. So I think it does matter. I'm not going to apologize for telling vultures. You shouldn't, dude. Oh, man. I'm itchy. Um, one thing I want to say about the interaction with Salter that I uh, forgot to while we were still talking about it. Um, <coughs> he says in there uh, that he doesn't know if it's a cover-up or garden variety incompetence. And right. I'm pretty interested in this question of which one it is, right? And yeah. so I, I kind of take that. I mean, I guess we'll we'll see as we go along, but that seems like the final word on it. Where I don't I don't think that they are like it's because he's not saying like uh, whether or not Tuttle is committing uh, a cover up or garden variety incompetence. He's talking about his bosses, right? Like and, whether yeah, Salter yeah, yeah, yeah. is doing a cover up or, or garden variety incompetence, and if he doesn't know, then. 
I don't think that I will know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what makes it so frustrating. I think the whole show gets at that a lot. Uh, I think Inherent Vice kind of gets at this a lot too. Like the edges of everything are so fuzzy because everything's so complex. So I think the answer is like, it is a cover-up that relies upon and furthers and exploits and in many ways rewards garden variety incompetence. Yeah, but, you know, cover-up by whom is the big question. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's why, like, that the, the major's boss showing up is, is the, the bigger question mark. Like, Salter doesn't seem – I mean, we don't know. We but just again, don't it's know. just a question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he, like it, it could be that uh, he's, you know, like his – the, the Tuttle's top lieutenant and is fully read into everything. Or it could be that he knows that this is a guy that donates a lot and does all the charity stuff. And like what I'm talking about with the cop that uh, told the husband of the woman that Alice Walton ran over that actually everything's fine and you shouldn't blame her for it. Like, you know, is, is he, did his boss call and say, we need to smooth this over or did he just have an intuitive understanding that he lives in a town where the fucking Waltons live and it would be better for him if he just didn't like poke that hornet's nest or like, did he even like think that or did he just fucking intuitively, you know, we can make this a problem or try to make it not a problem. And boy, it seems like not a problem is a better day for me. Yeah. Well, I think that's what's so nefarious, man. It's hard to know for others. It's hard to know for yourself. Like this Tuttle go to hit, like, I think that you could see the result you're seeing of the guy being, of the, the major's major being in the office, fucking uh, getting mad at Rust. I think that you, I think that it's equally likely, like it, it could happen exactly the same either way if he's saying, hey, you know, you know about this fucking sex ring we have, we have to protect it. Or if he's just like, yeah, that guy asked me a lot of questions and that's it. Like I could, yeah, I sure. could very easily see Tuttle just being like, "So what's this guy into? He was bugging me a bunch," and at just at that, the majors, majors, fucking up his ass of like, "Don't you dare shake that tree." Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we don't know the 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 majors, major is not. I don't know his name or anything, uh, so we don't know if he's like he's not a Tuttle like that. They haven't made us aware of any connections like that. Mm-hmm. I think what the the greater point the show is making is the system is so efficient and complex like the evil doing whether by conspiracy or whether just by unconscious alignment of incompetence and self-seeking you know people acting in in regular ways um just leaves even if you're a rust coal it boxes you in so hard like there's so little you can do because anybody departing from the, the current status quo power structure just gets completely obliterated by it. And it, it really does not take much more than just the guy being like, I'm aware of this guy and I don't, I, I don't like that. I would rather not be. You know what I mean? Like it, it, the fact that Tuttle is like, hey, what's up with this guy is enough to, to for, an, you know, I get the sense someone is, who's gotten to that level of authority in the state police department doesn't get there unless they know exactly how to like carry out orders. And I think there tends to be, I don't, I wonder if this is like an unconscious feature of groups of a certain size or composition, but you see it like in depictions of the mafia. I've seen it in law firm admissions to partnership, not where I, you know, myself participated in them, but just hearing about people, you know, that I, I know through the grapevine 
it, I'm not saying anything nefariously ethically happened, but there does appear to be like before you get led into the, the main club or like the club within the club, the management club, the ownership club or whatever, it's like you kind of got to show a signal that you can't take back that you want to be there. You know, I mean, fraternities make you do that. Like it, you got to do something. I think that's what uh, in many ways Epstein was up to was like uh, you re the, the costliest way you can signal to a group that you want to join is to irrevocably signal that you, you care about them so much that you will harm yourself whether or not they accept you. Like just to get a chance, you know, to get in. And I think like people, Tuttle's like, they, they don't let somebody get into FBI the FBI sees a bunch of DVDs. Think we'll ever hear about those again? Haven't so far. I wonder, man. I mean, it's interesting. I don't wonder. To think, well. We'll never know what's on those DVDs. But, we, but also, you know what's on those DVDs. Well, exactly. And it's like, uh, I think the FBI, the CIA, all that stuff, like that's the modern day version of like us grasping at like these are the alligators. I think it appears to be, at least in the post-Epstein discourse, seems to have died down some. But it, it, it's got to be like anything else where it's uh, such a complex, large organization that it's got little fiefdoms and self-interested actors throughout. And within that, you've got civilians that got recruited as well as like legacy people, as well as people who get brought into inner, you know, cadres. I mean, that happens at, at Walmart. You know what I mean? That happens at every large organization of any import throughout history. Yeah. And there does appear to be within that whole mix a like subtle war between some components of the intelligence community uh, that you could loosely group into like quote unquote CIA and some components of like the, the more domestic law enforcement community uh, that you could group into like U.S. attorneys and the FBI. And like, like Alex Acosta proves that it's more complicated than that because he was a U.S. attorney when he fully rode, rolled over for Epstein and the FBI was obviously involved to some level in some aspect of that prosecution. But when you think about like people leaking the shit about Hillary, like people commenting on the Wikigate, you know, or like the, the same emails that contain Pizzagate, like that's what like uh, like a lot of the people that Comey had to answer to, like within his organization, were disgusted by. Like it's it appears to have entered the narrative as needle moving, in many ways. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about. It's like the CIA, FBI. You saying war. that parts of the FBI believed the Pizzagate emails? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> like, I, I if they don't believe the literal Pizzagate theories, they vibe with the sentiment, like, and the people at whom it's directed, I would say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, I, I hope the first part's true. That That's, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying, like, there are actual FBI agents I wish out there I had the faith that you do. Investigating. It's not faith. I, I mean, I, it seems like, because the FBI releases shit, like, uh, have you seen the 2007 memo? This is something that, you know, people, no one, the word debunked gets thrown around a lot. No one's debunked this. True Detective has this in season three. I don't think it has it in season one. But there's an FBI memo from 2007 that has leaked where they're telling agents, like, who are tasked with the federal government's role of capturing child predators, 
They're like, we have identified the following symbols that are used as like winky out in the open symbols of allegiance to the, the like elite pedophile community. And it was like a bulletin, like an intelligence bulletin that was distributed by the FBI. And the symbols that it included were the spiral. Like it's more triangular, but it's the spiral that's on the back of these guys uh, in season one. Like okay. it very closely resembles it. Now, obviously that symbol is existed throughout history. Like I'm pretty sure many versions of it. Uh, and then you start seeing it in like Nickelodeon shows that Dan Schneider made and shit. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, it's easy to mind fuck yourself like that. But what you can't. Yeah, just if, if they know that, then well, I That like, means there's a community of arrest. fucking pedophiles out if there. If there's a community yeah. of fucking pedophiles, the FBI knows their signs. I want the fucking list of arrests. I want, yeah. And I'm sure there have been some because there's whole agents out there like tracking these guys down. Like Prostasia leaked that indictment which means there was an indictment. You know, I'm not an expert on this shit. Dude, I Prostasia was not... Uh, you can fucking elite. mind fuck yourself. No, I'm saying, but like Prostasia, the organization leaked an indictment that revealed that the FBI was looking at a website. You, I think you... A website run by a total fucking nobody right, in so nowhere, all, Texas. All I'm saying I don't, is what the I'm existence saying is that's not of an indictment says that there's a, a law a enforcement resources ring. being dedicated to this task overall, is all I'm saying. To have an indictment means there's a team that put it together. Yeah, that's I think the saying. FBI is constantly trying to stop the abuse of children. I hope so, dude. I think they are. I think, I, like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And so if you think you're doing that and you find out that there's a fucking Lolita Express taking people to the island, dude, and, and it has the CIA all over it, dude, I'd be like, if there isn't an FBI-CIA war, I am starting it now. You know, I would rust call out, dude. If you were in the FBI, well, they didn't, Alex. I mean, I hope someone did, dude, and we just don't know about it. I hope they're acting as we speak. It is hard, though. I mean, it's like it's yeah, complicated. Yeah, I mean, shit. you know, he got arrested and murdered in jail eventually, but some I don't know. I think the suicide is actually surprising everybody, dude. I'm the the last. Is Obviously, that, it seems like a situation where a person might be inclined to commit right? suicide. That I seems mean, it's pretty obvious. Fairly close to what Rust is uh, referring to whenever talking to the media. <laughs> yeah, basically. Dude. Although I've heard people like interviews from people who were in jail with Epstein. Uh -huh. And apparently he was sought out as somebody who gave really good advice. Like, and everyone thought he was really smart. Of course. And all he ever talked about was pussy. Like literally anything you brought to him, he was like, see what you got to do. You got to find out. In what, jail? Like, yeah. It's like, cause like he like, had cellmates and he was in Palm Beach jail. Okay. He was just on like, why? I okay, think that's yeah, what yeah. one of these guys was. It's like, I've, yeah, it all cause, I mean, he was allowed to like go out to his house the entire day, but he yeah, was. I think like more there. than that. Yeah. 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 It was, it was definitely a mockery of, of <laughs> it's like. You almost, you forget Like, they were that like, well, you can still keep doing your job. You forget that you don't think anybody should be in jail. Like, when you hear about how his jail worked. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> well, I mean, of the people I want in jail, serial pedophiles. Yeah, man. It's on the list. Yeah, he's an evil dude, for sure. That's what yeah. I'm saying. So, if you find that out, and then I it's don't like, want, I, I th you know, like, like I Yo, certainly Bill don't want drug dealers in jail. Bill around with this guy, dude? Are you joking? Fucking Bill Gates is fucking... This guy is the, the cream of the crop. I would feel like a Friday Night Lights coach in Wolf of Wall Street, you know, just disgusted, dude. I'm wearing a polyester suit on the sweating on the subway and you're on a pedophile island. Yeah, I'm fucking taking you down, dude.
That makes sense to me that somebody would feel that way. That the kind of person who joins the fucking FBI, dude. Maybe I'm I'm splitting, dude. That's you know my my interjected paternal law enforcement other. I'm splitting it into a good and bad daddy right now. FBI's good daddy, CIA's bad daddy. I need it integrated. I think both of them are one of the most destructive forces of this country in the last hundred years. <laughs> yeah, they've been up to it, dude, <laughs> for sure, dude. I, I just whatever, you, like in, in my conception of what good government requires and how to have the kind of society that cares for all its members and you know just is is the best that humanity can get to. It's it has a high degree of social trust. You have to believe that the government is capable of protecting you for it to have any shot at doing so. And they are pretty singularly dedicated to destroying social trust. Like just by their nature, they're, they're, they're trying to do secret activities. They're trying, it's the government doing things that it is letting you know that it's hiding from you. Like how do you fucking, you know, generate trust in that environment? To and then that, that's like just as a definitional matter, but like all the other shit, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know what to believe about uh, the political assassinations of the 60s, but it really bothers me that all of them were on one side. Like if it was just a violent time, uh, like, you know, they weren't fucking, all on one side. Right. JFK, RFK, MLK. Oh, those ones. OK. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are the other ones you? I thought you meant like the ones the CIA did abroad. No, no. I'm, I'm obviously I have no proof to offer you that the CIA like the killed JFK. Were, were and I'm just saying the RFK Ruskies and were MLK. Getting, getting but uh, too. you know, they all did die, and none of them were right wing. And True, the agencies so to tend to produce uh, right wing true believers at the time, and especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I there's think so, yeah. you know, uh, there's a podcast, the RFK tapes that. I would not say you'll leave it feeling certain about anything, but I'd like some questions answered. Yeah, I believe you, man. I mean, it's interesting. Sirhan's about to get out, I guess, or something. I see yeah. he's he's in the news again. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's dude. I that's an, another interesting blind spot to think about. Like, who was pulling strings and what did they actually think they were doing? Have you seen the movie The Good Shepherd? Oh, to take you at your word on the definitional point on whether they care about public trust. I think they do care, but they're realizing that their actions have made it increasingly untenable. And so they're wading so deep into the irony fields. Like at this point, it's like, cause when you were like, they don't care about public trust. I'm like, why are they making Marvel movies then? You know what I mean? Like if they actually are involved, why? And why do they, you know, why do they care? I think it's cause they are, They've just their actions. My it's point. Like mass my point is that their yeah. actions have been destructive to public. Trust. Oh yeah, I, I agree with. That's what I was trying to find as a point of agreement because I'm about the truth, dude. So Thank I you. To, to the larger point, yeah. But I think they do care. That's what makes it so weird. Is like why and what are they doing about it? Like why do they? Ha why did they? Someone make a PowerPoint where they were like, we think we could get John Krasinski to carry water for us. You know what I mean? Like that's buck yeah. wild that they, they have an agency that did that. Like when Disney started building up like all of their properties and you know, the empire, it's like CIA lawyers helped them like get all that land in Florida. Why? What were they getting out of it, dude? That's really interesting that's to think about. I mean, as is any of it, dude, but okay. it's like, it's in my psychosphere, dude. I got, okay. and I, I've read and like watched a lot of YouTube, too. <laughs> so I'm not saying everything I, about the 
formation I think I'm laughing to cover world, my own is, discomfort as I, you. I don't know me. what to do with it. You know, like I, I don't, I don't well, want hard. to it's be the to kind of out. person that's like, uh, so like, it seems like an especially kind of sort of sad to be super obsessed about the formation of Disney world. But like, I have to make a concerted effort to like remind myself of that and be like, don't, Spend your life researching the formation of Disney World. Don't look behind the curtain too much, dude. Like, <laughs> no, it's not look. good for me. So there's this philosopher, Guy Debord. He wrote this book, The Society of the Spectacle. Probably all that's going on is that a bunch of businessmen wanted to make a bunch of money, and that's it. It's okay. Well, dude, one of my, you know my favorite one of my favorite Bible verses: "The ants march in a row, anyways," or like something like that. It's like they don't have a leader, but they march in rows. You know, and I think we're like that much more than we think. It's kind of like, and that's how a lot of evil gets done. So it always depends on that. And then you always have a genius like Walt Disney who just sees things differently and has the maniacal will to exact it, which literally is like what Aleister Crowley, the 20th century occult magician, who I, I am not an occultist, dude. I don't fuck with that. But he's had a major influence on like the early, you know, Operation Paperclip people who came over for the CIA uh all of which again is like directly mythologized in the marvel movies dude which is yeah. so interesting to think about so they're all they know that <laughs> that's, know. that remains crazy to me it's anyone that looks at fuck, operation favorite cliff it is like an unambiguous good <laughs> right. is that what they say i don't remember i haven't seen I captain know, america dude. in a while uh, I, where does a bad guy come from? I, does he come from paperclip? I guess it does. I retract yeah, my I mean, point. I they think call I have the it, facts They always wrong call there. it like something. The way the Nazis aren't Nazis, they're like some slightly different. It's like they don't. I don't know if they actually call it paperclip, but it's paperclip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Hydra. Hydro. Oh, Hydra. That's what they call the Nazis. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, I have another clip here. What is it? Um. Oh, it's uh. Let's start talking on, about on, the conversation on, with Tuttle. What? We Everything else has been played. Okay, yeah, let's hit that up, dude. Yeah, dude. Former. This is a great one. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Beacon of yours, Austin Farrar. That was very, very unfortunate. Yet he was dismissed. Evidence had accrued. It became apparent that Austin had implemented certain funds. Well, embezzling is the word. We elected to handle it internally rather than pursuing formal charges. And then he had his accident. I'd heard he had taken it hard. Drinking. Okay, yeah. I, I, I don't know that I disagreed with you before. I don't think I did, but I agree with you now. Thank you. Like yeah, that seems pretty rough, Rust right? is acknowledging it by yeah, being yeah, like, yeah. then he had his act, his accident. I almost wonder if it's Rust. Because he says like, we handled it internally. And then he's saying, so then he had his accident as if to be like, so was the handling it internally him dying or was it something else that happened after? What? How did yeah, you yeah. handle it? I mean, so I really wonder, yeah, because it's like, so when the the, <coughs> the, the full conversation starts, First of all, the office incredible from like a locked room Love perspective. With I mean, it's just the, fucking cool room. The, the clear box above it, you know, the little nerds on the segways are funny. Uh, and then, did you notice? So, where there's like one flower in a pot, 
and it's surrounded by like five chairs. It looks just like the five guys surrounding, you know, the girl motif. Oh shit! And it's like just like because there's the flowers are you know throughout this episode, but it's like that's one, and then there's a huge one on the curtain when he fucks Beth, and then there's huge ones on the wall uh, when he visits Callie in the mental institution, which is populated only by girls, by the way, which is interesting because it's like it's better than the bunny ranch. You know what I mean? But it's like... Is that how they do mental institutions? I don't know. It, that's how they did that one. I mean, there's, you know, it, it is all girls. Like, I think that's on purpose. Like... It's, I mean, it could just be a women's mental institution. Yeah, I know. But okay. I'm saying it's like, it juxtaposes again. It's like a round two. It's like another round two. Anyway, I'm, I'm rambling about that scene. Sure, that makes but, sense. But uh, the fucking... I think that's a good point. So he starts the conversation by being like, well, you know, I'm so busy, but the one thing I do is our policeman's legacy program. So to me, that's like the first jab of, or like establishing shot of him being like, by the way, I know the literal bosses, 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 as you know, at the banquets, they're happy to kiss my ass. Like I, I get them money. So he's basically trying to like establish himself over Rust from the start. And he never really provokes Rust. And so I was like, why does Rust bring up the dead guy? And I think it's like Rust is almost being like, I'm confronted. I'm not looking away from evil, dude. I know what you've done. I know what all this is. And I think he like, came there to do it. And yeah, he wants to read on Tuttle, like yeah, on his actual here face. to rattle his cage and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. He's not scared of what the truth he thinks that he thinks the truth is that they killed him and he wants to confirm it and he's not scared to do it. Like yeah. it's pretty cool, dude. It's like, and Tuttle is right there with him. Yeah. And, he's, and just being I mean, like. He's accusing it, him of. There. Yeah. And Tuttle's like, if you're going where you think, I, if you're going where I think you're going, I'm going to let you know. Like, we've already thought about it. We're ready to kill you. Like, and then he bounces from the job. You know, basically. Like, right, like pretty interesting to think about. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm not saying he fled, but it's like plot wise or timing wise, you know, like, it, it's interesting that he goes off the grid right as he literally pokes the eye of the the devil you yeah. know it's like because otherwise plot wise i think the show has to explain how is this guy alive rust yeah um like he's the a lot guy, of people like, threaten without doing anything but you're right it, you don't you don't need to explain it because it's just that he's not in the police force anymore yeah how yeah. much of a threat could he be if he's not a police officer yeah and they don't know he's where he's just went. a fucking drunk behind a bar yeah and they, yeah, they don't know that, I think, till 2010. Okay. And Tuttle's dead at that point. Yeah. I've seen more souls lost down a bottle than any pit. At the same time, it's hard to trust a man who can't trust himself with a beer, don't you think? Hmm. But what's this all about? Uh, um, Wellspring program. Austin Farrar. Dead women and children. Terrible. That's terrible. How's that? What you're working on? Oh, I can't say anything about it at this point, right? So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Great interaction. And what's uh, up when he, he then he's like, I want to set you up with a clerk. And that clerk is so fucking creepy, dude. Yeah. Like, I don't know exactly what it is. Uh, dude, another thing I realized from this, like, uh, 
This episode puts it together. I think every murder that they're after that Rust uncovers, every like, you know, light, you know, well, because the Wellspring program shut down in 92. And uh, I think every murder that isn't like a Reggie Ledoux or Errol Childress murder that like the, the big Tuttle conspiracy committed none of them took place prior to 95 or like 92 or whatever. What are you saying? Rusted, like all of these dead bodies he keeps uncovering, like these victims he's going to, all of the like the various victims, you know, on his map. It's not clear to me that any of them are total victims from after like 92. Like the show has only given us evidence of former victims of the Tuttles that were at their schools. Okay. And the schools are closed after the hurricane in 1992. Like he says in this conversation, they couldn't sustain the cost anymore. Once they get the voucher program back, they're going to do it again. But the, the schools haven't been in existence since 92. So the show leaves us completely in the dark about what the Tuttles have been doing for the last 20 years. When you think about it, you don't actually know. I mean, they're continuing to run the church where they get, yeah i know but it's like did they stop molesting i don't think that uh i'm not sure that i draw a line the line that you're drawing i mean can you think of a body where it's like it traces i'm back saying to the like uh it's not clear to me that dora lang's not such a body dora lang is the first victim in the show yeah I know that she's got the cellmate of Reggie Ledoux. I've been watching the show, but just, you know. You think that was the title? I, I think it's pretty clear to me that that's like Errol and maybe the Ledoux, you know, boys uh, trying to get the attention of the title. So you think Billy Lee is killing people? Uh-huh. Yes. Like, I, I thought that it was your previous position that, uh, like, he's killing people to, like, stop the other killings. Oh. Like, uh, that he's cleaning up people like Farrar because for, he's trying oh. to. I might have said something to that effect. Whenever we were or, talking about the Ledoux and why Reggie oh, Ledoux's family uh, was nowhere in the records, you said it was because the, the Tuttles are going behind and trying to disassociate from a, a mm -hmm. branch of the family that they're not enthusiastic well, that's what about I'm saying. their like, activities. The Dora Lang in 95 would have, he, that's the thing he says. He's like, your case has a lot of people scared, a lot of people closing doors where they didn't used to be closed. And he might have been talking about them. That's what I'm saying. They, they might have been like, actually. But I think that that is also true of the, uh, like, Gidry and those kinds of murders. You, wait, what are you saying? I mean, I I thought I was just going off of uh, the things that you had established in previous episodes. So I'm I'm not, uh, you know, we're just searching this together. Uh huh. But uh, I like, I when you're saying the Tuttles killed people, like outside of like something like Farrar where they're trying to clean it up. I I don't know that I was going there. Like I thought, whatever oh, okay. yeah, arrangements of Childress and Ledoux, because oh is yeah, I the do ones think that are killing. Because I, I mean, do. Childress is mowing the lawn of the other Tuttle school. Like he's involved. Like if someone's right. killing kids at uh, Tuttle schools, like you don't think it's the established murderer who also works at one of them? Well, it can be both. Where's the evidence? It's both. 
a lot of, uh, for one, I, I I don't want to get too spoilery. Okay. But uh, I'll yeah. accept that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just because I I was watching this episode because I you know I I took that uh, as a revelation that like the um you know the 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 Tuttles were interested in quieting down the wilder elements of their well, I think family. they are I think they are. Well, but if they're interested in quieting down, like, well, I think it's like if the, they are the wilder elements, this then is how true they in the actual down? pedophile community too. Like in the FBI reports, there's like uh, there are people who engage in like uh, more ritualized, even to the point of it's not sexual. You know what I mean? Like the fake Satanists who, like, dude, so you're wrong about tries to hand wave everything by saying it's its least offensive aspect sometimes in my experience of listening to the one lady on the Vox podcast. So like she dismissed the Aleister Crowleyites as like, oh, they have a naked girl writhing around on an altar. So, which is true. And that is in many ways like a descendant of, uh, you know, the Eleusian mysteries or the Egyptian mystery religions that basically posit the sex act as a way to like puncture reality with your will and bend it to your like ego will. Like when it's, you know, some people might say that's a misapplication of it, whatever. I'm a Christian. I don't, you know, but I am aware of this stuff. And so it's not hard to imagine. And it's been documented through history like that. The taboo charge is heightened if the victim is itself a taboo or an especially pure victim. You know what I mean? Like, virgin sacrifice is a thing like throughout history you know it didn't just go away uh and so there are like uh in, in true detective in many ways by season three gets at this is like they're like evolving stories within communities and families too and so i really do think that there are some people like there are people in hollywood uh or the government perhaps in the 80s, it was buck wild, dude. People were fucking kids, dude. In the 70s, people were fucking kids. Like, you weren't cool if you were weird about that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, Van Halen or whoever, like, wrote in their books about how they fucked teenagers. Like, it, Roman Polanski, his defense against sodomizing a 13-year-old is, you know everyone wants to do that, right? You know, and it's really, I do think it's what they believe. So it's like, you don't have to imagine... Like that stuff used to happen, you know what I mean? And there is an aspect of that behavior that sometimes people put a ritual guise on it. Whether the, the point is the ritual or the sex, you'd have to ask them. But like it all does exist. And I actually do get the sense the 70s and 80s were a wilder time. I think in some ways the satanic panic was like a low key reaction to that uh, on, on some levels. And so I think the show is kind of getting at like, maybe the Tuttles aren't doing it anymore but they're still like stained by it. Like their whole family has participated in it. You know what I mean? But it's, so I, I think you might be right. I mean, I think they were doing it in the eighties though. I think that's why he says like this all started in the eighties. Uh, but I'm not sure. I think you you might be right. I'm not sure they're doing it. So. In support of your idea that Billy Lee Tuttle is someone who's there to like quietly clean up uh, the things that the other mam family members are doing. Twice in this episode, they refer to the idea of Tuttle's handling things in house. Sure. The Reverend says it whenever he's uh, talking about you know he's like, well, there was that thing at that one school, 
And right, Russ right, is right. like, I never heard about that. And he's like, yeah, I think we handled it in-house. And then the Ferrar thing, he directly said it in the clip we just played. And he said, the so preacher like says the guy he brought it to is Tuttle's boy. Yeah, that's, yeah, it's Ferrar. It's the, how Russ knows oh, about that it. Oh, that is Ferrar. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even put that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> that's much worse. God um, damn. But I mean, he's not even saying about the, the whatever he says, the in-house, he's not referring to what he found. He's he's like, you know, Russ is asking about the schools before he makes the admission that he saw those pictures. Um, he's like, well, you know, there was that one thing. And he, he's talking about yeah, it at, yeah. at a school that he wasn't at. It's like it's a separate incident from the one that he cops to, you know, a couple minutes later. Uh-huh. Um, OK, yeah, 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 yeah. So like it's it's a repeated pattern of that. They they have this internal discipline where, you know, uh the most important word in that to them appears to be internal, right? Well, that's that's no secret. Most organizations are that way, I think. Sure. I think Sam Walmart is the same way. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I, I once like uh, found myself in a situation where I had uh, lunch with someone who I think was like essentially a fixer. And yeah. uh, I would, just at the end of the lunch was kind of like, this all seems pretty tight, huh? <laughs> and I think he was trying to like, kind of, you know, like. Are you like yeah, subtly referring to our lunches? No, no. Okay, I do feel like all corporate employment lawyers are on some level fixers. I think like organizationally. Like, no, no. I thought no. you were making fun of me. No. Uh, um, but I, I think that he was trying to like, kind of like, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll flash a little bit of the glamour if you're asking. Okay. It was like. Uh, yeah, you know, working on an embezzlement right now. Don't want to go to anyone about it. Just wanted to give it back. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Um, you know, I, I know, like, I, I assume he was telling the truth. Uh, well, it's like the guy's life is over if you go to someone about it. It's gone. The money's gone. And I don't know yeah. that it's good for you. Like, you yeah. want the main thing that people know about Being our company to took? be that someone stole from us? Yeah, that's true. Why am I looking for that? Definitely. What if I could just have people I employ do everything the police do? Kind you, of my own police. You might even have investors mad, you know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 That's interesting how interests align, dude. That's like the phenomenon of failing upwards. I think in many ways is explained by that. Yeah. People being like, you did what? Are you kidding me? No one can ever know this. If you be quiet, we'll promote you for the rest of your life. So you think Billy Lee Tuttle killed Gidry? What's your level of confidence? No. Well, maybe. Uh, I do like killed him himself maybe probably not uh but yeah it seems like the tuttles are involved in like the voodoo aspect of it you know like they're but they're the patriarchs of it like their their family does the ritualized career de mardi gras you know the the real versions you know we we see the girl in the picture when they first visit the fontanos uh and then we see Tuttle's office has no, the chair. It's, uh, oh, it's Dora's mom. You're talking about Dora's mom. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah, you yeah, see the, the, the Tuttles are like the people in the hoods. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is what I think. Yeah. And I think that's why the tables are arranged around the one flower in exact in that configuration. And then when he says we're taking it like to the next level. I, it immediately to me like evoked the line about eating your young that the only other flower that they show in the office the first time they show it is like after he says like we're going to step it up i think like the voucher program i think that's when he says it it's whenever he refers to like leveling up the program 
it cuts from the table with the five chairs around the flower to a dining, a more formal dining room table with like 12 chairs around one flower. Hmm. Where it's like before we used to do this rinky dink shit. What a and catch. now we're Sam Walmart. Like basically. I, I thought it was pretty tough. Yeah. And I, I, I hope everyone's uh, learning the proper lessons about charter schools here. I was thinking about that, man, because I was thinking about, I know a guy from law school who's uh, on the board of trustees now or whatever. I, you, we've already established, I don't understand how DISD works, uh-huh. but he, I think you like, you know, he's considered to be a good progressive education advocate and I have no reason to suspect he isn't. I think he's a good guy. But then I was like, I think he used to be a charter school guy. Like I wonder, and I'm sure the actual answer is he wants to help kids and he's tried different avenues to do it. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't, I don't believe that every single person who's involved in every charter school everywhere is only doing so because they want to separate the state from its money. But I don't believe that, but, uh, there are better ways to do it. Well, just, there's, I don't know if there are, dude, it's a pretty easy, maybe for the founders, highway for the money to travel down. Yeah, I think the founders and the outside contractors do okay. The actual employees are underpaid. Compared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because then the founders and outside contractors can't get as much money. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It seems like a not my scene, man. I don't want. I don't. Well, I would need to make money to be a teacher, but uh, I get why a teacher would want to be there rather than if. I have a perception of public schools as having a disciplinary problem. I don't know if that's true to the extent I've been led to believe. Yeah. I mean, you know, how much are you hanging around public schools these days? Well, here's the problem for me. I think uh, I was such a problem child in high school myself that all I have to think about is like the way it's portrayed. It's just like, oh, the, the school's all me. Like everyone in the school acts like me. That would be fucking a nightmare. You could never learn. Like, so it's easy to me to, for me to imagine what the bad kids are doing. Yeah. And then if it's all of them and there are no consequences, that's what the way the teachers portray it. They're like, you can't do anything. Back in my day, they could send you to Excel ultimately. You know what I mean? They still can. I guess they can if your parents care. What do you mean? You well, can parent- only ever get sent there if your parents care. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying nowadays especially. Your parents have to be pretty gung-ho i think to send you yeah i mean they had to then too it was a lot of money definitely it was a lot of money. have you ever done something that cost 50k a year that you weren't gung-ho about i have not no <laughs> i haven't either uh true true but i'm just saying like there's much more there dude life skills podcast alone probably has saved at least 25 kids i would say 35 maybe it seems conservative to me yeah well i kid per episode leading up to the true detective mm. yeah <laughs> that's how I, that's how i did the math i mean it might be you 25 can hear me kids an episode <laughs> um no i just uh i had a point there i'm sorry no 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 it was, it was me um whatever i hope i didn't get too up your ass about uh, pedantic point scoring earlier i do think it's interesting to think about it's okay I don't know what else the point is of conversation. I honestly do think maybe it's just socially, we're social animals, but I think you're a smart guy. I find myself thinking about our conversations a lot. I think they're worth podcasting, obviously. And uh, I do enjoy it, but I often wonder why. 
<laughs> I don't mean to insult you with that no, question, okay. but I'm like, what exactly? There's something, there is something different qualitatively about our conversation. I mean, maybe I'm just not bringing as many good points, but for, for no, me, are, it's dude. like, uh, you know, I, like I, I, I mentioned like the pedantic point scoring in contrast to other parts of what we're doing. Like, I think that, That's you know, fair. I think that there's kind of like two categories, not just two, but you know, uh, there's a feel of some parts of the the podcast to me where it's like, we're both learning together and it's exciting. And, uh, you know, there's other, and like, whatever, dude, I'm, this is an indictment of the podcast. I'm excited to do the podcast. I'm certainly not, uh, you know, trying to talk people out of listening to it. This um, is a probationary episode for us. Because, uh, I, you know, like we've referred to in the past, the, gotten plenty of positive feedback about the parts that I'm describing as, uh, you know, the parts that I would prefer to avoid. True. That's, um, that is true. You know, so like, you know, whatever. Uh, you just make the stuff and then put it out there and people will take what they take from it. But the thing I was going to say about the charter schools is uh, just my Excel experience with the quality of education really made me like I, especially like that time in my life, I've never been so excited to learn things from school. Yeah, like, not too. fucking close. Like, I mean, the second I got to college, I was like, this is all boring. You uh, didn't, you thought college was boring? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I did not come close to replicating the kinds of grades, and then I didn't finish. Right. Um, and I both think I could have done better at that experience if I'd had a higher quality of instruction. Um, but I also just think that like, uh, I could have learned more interest, more different and interesting things. Like if all the teachers were on the John Love level, uh, you know, I, yeah, I didn't what kind of genius dude. would I be now? Uh, most of them, like, like you said, like we've talked about before, it was like that, you know, they, they had read tomorrow's chapter yesterday. Right. And that's about as much as they knew about the topic. And like I, I, there was times, uh, God, it was my freshman year. So like crazy that they would have me do this as a freshman. Um, but for physical science, there was like a group of kids, there was two or three kids that came in. So this is freshman year of high school at Excel. Yes. Okay. Uh, there was kids that came in like <coughs> towards the end of the end of the semester and they needed some amount of the knowledge uh, that we had done earlier in the semester in order to complete the finals or whatever. Like they just wanted to, for these kids to clear the credits okay. and wanted the easiest way to do it. And they were like, yeah, TC, you learned all this stuff already. Just fucking tell them what it was. <laughs> and like we did, you know, but like, I don't, I like, it's not like I got a hundred on the tests prior to that and they had me teaching it. You that, know, that's like funny, man. Tests that I had taken a month ago, they're like, you just fucking tell them. So what do you do with that cynicism there? I mean, I think I was kind of like, I don't know if I'm projecting this backwards, but my response to that right now is just like, yeah, like it, it, education is kind of credential clearing. So fuck it. Kids but, are owed more. They, I, I've Well, it's like your experience with a good, is, a good is, system is one where fucking someone with as much curiosity as I was displaying there is handled a little bit better and given a little bit more resources oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. than the fucking dude who walked in. Like, you know, the credentials of the people showing up. I mean, like, I don't know. I'm not saying this to kiss your ass. I'm sure that you were one of the better teachers there. Thank but you. like uh, fucking the fact that they let a guy who finished high school a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, but they were like, but he did good at it. And then they've just like let you be a teacher. Like that's not a good process. The fact yeah. that it worked out with you is not evident. And like plenty of other people, like all the teachers, like. Well, especially a guy that they Mr. Were Love telling, stands out as someone who like had actually kind of done that before. Like I the will, rest of them was just like, ah, you know, it seems like a good paycheck and I've been doing some stuff. Mostly so seems worse. I got to give it up to Duncan, dude. Sure, 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 you know, sure. I do sure. think Duncan was a good teacher. I leave Duncan out I, of this. I do think Nancy was a good beat it into you old school teacher. And Nancy was a teacher. Like, you know, yeah, she, true, she could true, have easily true. been hired in any public school in the area. But how many of the yeah. people there could have easily been hired at every public school in the area? It's not probably all of them. just her. Probably Maybe, like half. Yeah. Well, like, okay. Duncan could have, obviously. He, he was. Eventually. I don't know if he could have when he started teaching at Excel. But, you know, whatever. Like, I, I think he's a good teacher. So I do think one thing maybe I, I do also, though. Uh, Duncan was cool, man. I like Duncan. Uh, I think I could safely say I did not have a single science teacher of any decency. So when I got there, there was a woman whose daughter, she was like one of the adults from when Excel was a rehab. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had a daughter who stayed, you know, was at Excel. So she stayed as a staff member. For like my first 18 months, probably. Okay. I know like, you're talking about. Yeah. 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 And she was a, like an engineer for fucking Sitco or it's one of the oil companies. Okay. So tight. she. What? That's tight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she, she knew about science, uh, but it was still just, we were in a classroom with books. We didn't have a laboratory or anything. So she was like, this is kind of weird. Uh, and then she left and uh, we did have a succession of like uh, the Houston Learning Academy. Mm-hmm. Like teachers from there would pick up extra paychecks by like catching an afternoon class at Excel. Uh, so that's a weird setup. Yeah, yeah. So we had a couple in my early days. Miss Sophia was the Spanish teacher, dude. She, oh my God, dude. Respect to Miss Sophia, dude. I would say it's too on the nose with the Gnostic connection in the name, you know, given our discussions, but she was a, a great teacher. Yeah, and, uh, but she had a fight with Jamie and Sally, dude, because she was Spanish, like Spanish, Spanish, like from Spain, mm-hmm. and she was like young and uh, very fucking uh, preciosa, dude. Uh, but she was very conservative, and so she like she had a boyfriend, but she was like, I, you know, we're gonna get married, and she was like, you know, just a, a conservative Christian. And it's so weird because after 9-11 especially, and then I think like the Bain Capital people were conservative too. It's like Jamie and Sally became conservative before my eyes. Because I'm telling you, before the Bush v. Gore election, and I don't know if it was because they were a a same-sex couple, like experiencing prejudice or whatever, but they were straight up libs, dude. They were pro-Gore to the point that uh, they cornered Miss Sophia Life skills was delayed because Jamie had showed up and like got into it with Miss Sophia and the whole school was in the living room of the school, like assembled waiting for life skills. And we just heard the shouting like behind closed doors That's with crazy. Jamie and Sally yelling at this like 24 year old because uh, she was going to vote, vote for Bush, dude. So that Are alone, I love Bush for that. Like that alone, I like became conservative for like five years. Uh, 
and then See, that's they became conservative. Dude. Very different. From I know, my dude. experience. They, you know, I got chewed out by Christie for booing a Bush ad, dude. When Bush stole the uh, election, I was in the car with them, listening on the radio, like while I was like in the news, and they were pissed. I mean, everyone in America ought to have been pissed. I mean, I guess they could see past their sides. I remember like the emotional read, like hearing the radio. I was like, my role is to interject points against Bush. Jamie and Sally will like that if I do it. Like I remember figuring that out and I was right. They were like, that is true. Bush sucks. (laughs) It was wild. And just, uh, I I guess I'd be interested, but I I remember... um, some of the people that stayed after like longer than I did uh, described them as like most of their motivations being like deriving from a conservative perspective. Like that that's what, why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah. And which like not, makes dude. more sense. But it wasn't what they, I mean, I do think it was fascistic from the start, but yeah, they, they were not Bible thump. They did have like evangelical Christianity baked into their like, where they came from, I think both of them, but they were not out there. They were, you know, Mike White, the writer. Yeah, no, they never did that. But like, uh, I, I just, especially the further you go back, and I don't know that Bush v. Gore is like the headline one that I would hold up for this. It's not, but uh, just politics use the sides used to mean different things. The you know means is, are evolving constantly, and a lot of like just even today, a lot of people's. Voting is idiosyncratic. Like you think that because someone votes for a particular candidate, you can ascribe a particular set of beliefs to them. Right. But like, I don't know, dude, maybe they just like the way the guy's name sounds. Didn't Jamie issue an opinion on the Comey report? I can't remember where she came down. I think you told me on Facebook, she said like everyone should read it. (laughs) It was, uh, the, yeah, one of the, uh, that, Stop the awesome. spread Instagram page had a screenshot of her pro Trump. Okay, that's what. It was. <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that's where she came down. Uh, it's not Comey. Um, Comey's the one that Trump fired. It's his boss or his old boss, the Mueller report. Mueller report. That's right. Yeah, that's she was, right. She was excited about Mueller what she report. viewed as the full exoneration contained in the Mueller report. I think everyone should be excited if the president's exonerated. Yeah, it's just, just out of didn't re- really get exonerated. I just from respect it. the office so hard, dude. If mm-hmm. it's exonerated, I'm thrilled. That's yeah. See, that's as what I was saying I before that we to ought salute, to uh, <laughs> just drop our sides and focus on salute, what's best for the dude. country. Well, dude, I do think that like the quote "war is a force that gives us meaning," like that's the be- the epigraph to uh, the Hurt Locker. Uh, and it's true, dude. If you have an outside other, dude, you don't give a fuck, dude. You will salute and get in line, and it feels fucking great. Dude, it's like, was there ever a greater thrill at Excel than when the whole squad was out looking for a runaway or something? You know what I mean? You're united. You're not worried about anything else. You're not worried about where you fit in. You know, you've got an external thing to focus on. It really explains the appeal of fascism to me. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Um, dude, bad police work by Rust to uh, ask if the scars were on his face. <laughs> Leading the witness. But did you notice, dude, that he? I think thematically it really works because he put his hand right by his mouth, mm-hmm. and like in many ways the scars are being revealed 
what what actually happened was his mask was removed you know but he's like a blind mouth of destruction and he eats the he is the force that eats the young and he's just a consumptive force like that tries to control by consuming uh and he's like the ugliest possible face of our society but he is a face of our society you know like to the point of like what happens when you stare into the abyss of like the fact that we aren't actually selves except in relation to each other well that means part of who we are means who we are in relation to him which means there's no us without him you know there's certainly no russ cole without these guys you know what i mean it's like uh i don't know i think you are right but i try to strike the balance on the pod because we don't have the images you know for the listener but i think that image of him putting his hand by his mouth when he does it like that is very it works that's it yeah, no, it's a great part of the show. Like, the, it's not like the point of the show is to provide a manual of good police work. Yeah, I'm just true. kind of making a joke. Oh, okay, it was funny. Thanks, <laughs> um, dude. The the girl was great. Yeah, but so so just back to the like uh, Billy Lee point. Mm. I'm trying to figure out how all this fits together. Um, like you you just. It's clear that it's not just Ledoux, right? Right. Um, I mean, because the murders continue. Right. And also because whenever he's asking her here that she is <laughs> responding to the man that they saw Dora Lang, the preacher saw Dora Lang, or it wasn't the preacher, it was someone right. else in the congregation. They get three references to the man with scars. Yeah. What's, yeah. what's the, this one, the got this preacher one. one, and then what's the third? They got the preacher one, and then I think, wait, wait. You said the preacher one? Yeah. yeah, the preacher one. Yeah. Whenever they whenever they go canvas the uh the tent revival, one of the people's like, Yeah, I saw her. She was with a tall man who had a scar on his face. I wanna say either the journal like has a reference to it. Who is the actual drawing from? You know that they have the drawing of them? The the sheriff. That's uh the, it's a kid. I think that's the spaghetti monster? Yeah, yeah. Is that the one you're talking about? No, that's, that's the third. Uh, there's a kid. It's a totally unrelated. They give you no other uh, details about it, but just but uh, he is kid like had a, reported being chased through the woods. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the, he is like a light of the way kid that reported it, though. I think. I think. I don't know. They're, yeah, they're, I mean, it's they're they're hearing it from like a, a neighboring sheriff that they had gone to to ask about the Fontenot kids. Like got they were it, like, it, how come it. this and wasn't that sheriff's name is Childress. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, but it's like one of the things the show does well is just because his name is Childress. It's like they talk to a Ledoux too. That's normal, or as normal as anyone is. You know what I mean? It's like the yeah, it's you fuzzy. Uh, the you like the Reddit, fuzzy. but I saw the most recent thing I saw. On I don't the like the Reddit, dude. Was asking if uh, I mean I the name Boudreaux meant something because it had appeared in another TV show. Like you fucking idiot! <laughs> it's the fucking win of Louisiana. Like yeah, uh, it does not mean anything that there was another like, Boudreau in the show. You gotta know that to know that. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not here to learn a bunch from people who don't know that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You gotta wade through it on the Reddit. I, dude, I come up with the Reddit when I Google a reference to the show. As with many things, like Google sucks now, so you gotta it's put Reddit so bad. at the end of your search. Yeah. You got to put the word Reddit in the search to get anything resembling a quality discussion, yeah. in my experience. So, and even then, it's fucking mostly garbage. 
because it's people being like, this show says true detective. I noticed that Rust and Marty are literally detectives. Has anyone else noticed this? Yeah. Dude. And people are literally like, I hadn't, but I went back and watched it. They are detectives the whole time. I was I was using Google the other day and nearly threw my computer across the room. Like I I uh I want like I think I'm going to the house we're moving into, uh how dope is this dude? Speakers in the ceiling. Already there. Ooh. Hell yeah. In what in what way? Like and what's the control? How do you control them? There's well, all of this is a bit of a mystery. Um there's a dial next to the light switch that's volume. Okay. But then I'm thinking that it's probably just uh, there's some speaker wires coming out of somewhere that I can plug into a receiver. Yeah. Like I'll need to buy a receiver that then yeah, yeah, drives okay, okay. them and controls them. I have speakers um, in my backyard that I have no idea. I, it's, well, let's get that handled. It's God's mystery to me. How they might as well. I'm like a post-Roman Briton looking at an aqueduct with those can i try and help next time no i don't care because i have a fucking bluetooth so it's it's yeah, integrated technology to me. cool no i don't want them i don't like it seems too much effort dude well, take I mean, them out. it's probably not that much you effort. can have the speakers if you fucking take them no. but the wasps i think like live in them at this point baby yeah um, anyway. but yeah not you know whatever um not important the point is uh that i was uh trying to just gain some basic information about what just point me in the right direction about like what do i need to consider when buying a receiver to dr to drive these speakers and just the fucking sludge of Ooh, seo optimized yeah, like if I you just search rough. like you know like best receivers or like you know that's good, gotta be rough good av receivers it's yeah. just fucking and it's not like you can go to best buy and ask somebody in this day and age. Yeah, no, I, I don't get the sense that they Honestly, I would ask one of your audio engineer friends or something. Yeah. But then they tell you some wild shit. I mean, the, the thing that I did to some extent, and I'm, I'm not done, you know, yeah, we're yeah. still in the process. I bought mine in 2010. I'm my thinking this would be, this would suck. I mean, it's cool to be buying new shit, but... But I, I think like that in the past, you would have been able to... Yeah, like, it was awesome. Buying the yeah, one I have was awesome. It was just, really... You would have been able to Google stuff and like real results would have come up. Not just something yeah. that's trying to game the system of how and do I the wire this cutter, person. You know into, about that? The wire cutter, the website. It's like owned by New York Magazine as yeah. branded content basically uh -huh. now. But it was an independent website at the time that was like, I guess, trying to get bought like that. It was good. So I, it was like, they had a whole thing on receivers. It was pretty good. Yeah. Like, it's like everything sucks now. No, the, the thing I did um, that was that yielded some results, uh, and this is, you know, a common move that I would uh, praise. And although, you know, how long till this is ruined, just searched on YouTube. Whoa. Okay. Just type the same search into YouTube. Much better. That makes sense. Because... Just seeing what what gets reviewed, you're like, okay, this is the universe. And there was just a, I mean, like there was just a ton of guys that are like, here's what everything on the speakers mean. Here are the yeah, aspects definitely. across which you need to judge them. Definitely, it's like clearly people who do this all day for their entire life who know more yeah. about speakers than I know about anything. Like it's great. Are you, you're not a speakerhead. No, I mean I, it's all right, but I'm not a subject matter expert. Like okay. I'm, I'm capable of understanding the things they're saying. I would have said coin flip on you being a speaker guy. I mean, you know, I, I feel good about the, the Bluetooth that I own. 
I mean, yeah, I got a HomePod. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Right, right, right. They're, they they sound all right, but yeah. They sound know, all man. right? Your reaction to HomePods is they sound all right. I think they're right. good. Yeah, yeah. I, Fucking excellent, dude. They sound better than the record player that I own, but I don't own a good record player. Yeah, but... I don't even use the HomePod anymore now. I walk up to my computer and open Apple Music and... You play it on your computer? Yeah, I have like studio monitors out of like attached to my computer, but yeah. Okay. So I don't I don't have the ability to be like, hey Siri, I lost it. Cause it like my home pods kept fucking up, man. I got really frustrated. So I live a I've heard life you say now. this before. I'm pretty sure I could solve this problem. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I I believe you. But it's like everything costs to do, you know? I mean, I'll be at your house next week. We can yeah, just I know, take five we minutes. Have th- well, it will take significantly more than five minutes. I bet it won't. I believe you. Have you restarted them? No, I have more than that. Restarting them alone will take more than five minutes, dude, because I'm balling like that. I got HomePods on deck, dude. But I still. Okay, um, maybe 20 to like. See, that's the thing. Exactly, dude. And now we're talking. Jesus Christ. You see? Like. They shouldn't let you buy things. I don't. regret buying them but i kind of do like i wouldn't purchase them if i didn't have them you know what i mean like if someone stole them i wouldn't be like life cannot go on until they're replaced they're amazing i like them i like the concept i still have one going in like the main house not in the garage so i I use it a good amount i ask siri the weather as we've established have my issues with that I probably once or twice a week, I ask for the latest news from NPR. Uh, what are you doing? Well, that's what Siri gives you. You know, she like defaults to NPR. If you just say, hey, Siri, what's the news? She gives you five minutes from NPR. It updates like hourly, whatever they, they give you. And it just tells you, I do think You just like, want to stay plugged in? Well, I'm bored, basically. I'm at home, like, watching my daughter, and it's usually, like, I've exhausted. I've looked at my phone and confirmed. I've looked at the tweets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, so I'm like, all right, what's the news? And what I tell myself is tell me what is the, like, the briefing, the propaganda briefing that the populace is getting. Like, I have some Twitter followers, like, they're follows that I say I keep on deck like this where I'm like, I like to know what the professional managerial class attorney subclass, I would like to keep my finger in that pot. Like, you know, I like to know what they're saying. I like to know what the NPR listeners think is reality today. But I also, you know what I mean? Like that, that's what I tell myself. But yeah, I do think there's an aspect to that where it's like that lens isn't doing the work that I think it's doing. I'm still just the guy listening to NPR. You know what I mean? Like, so... I, I, I am on some level like the, the veneer of irony is is for me, maybe uh, I do try to have some. It's easy when you hear it now when it's like, here's the latest news from NPR today. Vaccine, vaccine, death, death, vaccine. Biden likes the vaccine. And you're good if you get it like it's easy to be like, OK, they're really hammering this. This is the main thing. And then being like, January 6th, 9-11-2. You know, the line from 9-11 to Trump to January 6th. Like, that's been going on lately. That, I think, brings up our earlier question. 
Is that CIA managed or like some sort of government entity managing that? Is that the ants figuring out the road to march in themselves and marching with it? I really do think there was like a meeting of the minds on some level. I don't know if it was like Ezra Klein journalist level of a documented uh, fucking coordination, but it does seem like there was, there was a collective action problem with the press, like no one wanting to be like, we're going to drop our own mask of impartiality and actually start saying like a good portion of the country are lying all the time you know, and their version of reality is not real. Uh, and I think in some ways they were losing status among each other due to like the Twitter commentary at edging into the media world where it's like, you could no longer get away with being like one side, one side, you know, which again, not the end of the world, dude, that, that was evil yielding a good result. But I do wonder with the vaccines, it seems like everyone just reads the briefing from the official sources. And it's it's easy to be like, no one's holding a gun to anyone's head, but it's pretty clear how the propaganda flows. The other stuff... Do you in, think that it could be possible that they just ran a scientific <clears throat> study on these, found out that they were good and thought it would be useful and save lives if they disseminated that information clearly? I think all... It is possible for all of that to be true, but to suggest that that means those facts that you just listed tell the complete story is not an inference I would draw. What do you ask me, and you're not asking me anything? Uh, I implicitly ask you always. Is uh, it, what, what? What do I? Why do I think that uh, people report on vaccines? Uh, right, right, right. I think right. that the clear, shining number one answer that, you know, of course there are other answers, but this one's so brilliant uh, that it blocks out all the others is because the people legitimately believe that it is good because they've, you know, attempted to answer this question and come up with as much certainty as we can have. In this no, world. I think so. I'm not impugning any journalists or their motivations, dude. Like, for example, dude, I'll say we both know who writes fucking health coverage for D Magazine, dude. Uh, it's among others, the big dog, Will Maddox, and he's a good journalist and his articles do include updates on, he literally will be like, he's in your top two journalists with Ashley Feinberg. I would say top Tyler's up there, obviously now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ashley Feinberg is up there. Yeah, for sure. Well, and Will, you, uh, you went to college with Will and Ashley. I didn't go to, I don't think I went to college with Ashley. I just mean they went to the same college. Right, right, right. But I'm saying, I'm not saying it's bad that Will says here are the new CDC numbers. I'm saying it's easy. You don't have to be conspiratorial to be like, the CDC controls the media, man. It's like, they don't control them. They just issue reports and then Will yeah, reports. They inform them. Yeah, know. it's fine. Like, I'm not, I don't think any of this stuff is bad. I'm saying, so the COVID stuff, it's not hard. There's not much to imagine. It's like, the CDC has numbers. I do think the CDC considers what is the PR impact of the reports we issue, of course. In other words, the CDC considers how point. does this hit Will Maddox's desk or whoever else? Of course. They would be foolish. It would be, uh, you know, doing a disservice to public health for them not to think that at this point. It's like any yeah. rationale for, you know, any spin is always resorts to being like, well, public health demanded. 
that we tell you that masks are bad or whatever the you know that's, that's there are hard. brave truth tellers out there making the that, case that the uh, i'm done hearing about that shit dude and i used to say it but i'm declaring moratorium what on fucking bringing up that like vox.com and everybody you know the big dogs mouthpiece for the elite agencies saying masks don't do anything and maybe are bad at the beginning of covid you know i've brought that up to as like a like you know fuck you to the media class but i'm done hearing it dude it's boring and it's a gotcha dude they're allowed to make mistakes i think it's time to move on i'm i'm done with it uh that's not really what i was talking about <laughs> I don't, were, were you talking about that i'm, I'm, I'm brought, unclear on how that entered the, the conversation blue, if i brought it up out of the blue it clearly is weighing on me because i didn't come in here meaning to unless i did you know the fox and the hound strikes again you're just but saying it like is in reference to a previous point this is just the thing i don't I've know what point about, that was and i've i know i've said this to you Maybe not on the air, but I'm walking it back, dude. That's what we're about, growing and changing. And I, I, do, I wouldn't walk it back. I think it's terrible that they did that. I agree. They have to admit that they shouldn't, that they were wrong when they said that. But I don't want to hear it as like, that means you can never trust the media ever again. I think it's, it's like a boring complaint at this point. Yeah. Like that particular gotcha, we got to get better gotchas. But there there are brave truth tellers out there trying to convince the CDC that the thing that they ought to do every time is just tell the truth because, you know, like whatever, the, it's it's such a limited game they're playing. Like how many times can you play this card before yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just not doing anything? Like so the best thing that we can do is be able to trust that the advice that we are getting is accurate. Like otherwise yeah, yeah, you yeah. perform no function eventually. Like what? I, just all very short-sighted. Sure. Yeah, I agree. It's a big Iglesias call. That's it's funny. a hard. Yeah, I mean that's a good point from Iglesias. I wonder. I would like. Here's the column I would like from Iglesias. Mm-hmm. Just just so everyone who wakes up and dumps Iglesias into their brain can get an, a firmware update. Uh huh. Here's the column I would like from Iglesias. Maybe he does this. Here's what I was wrong about in the past year, five years, whatever. Here's what I've updated. He does. He, I, li- I like that, dude. And I don't want it to be like, I've gotten better at sucking my dick. I, like Ezra Klein has done it, and it's among his worst Ezra Klein shows. Yeah. Uh, I downloaded 42 Ezra Klein shows what are you recently. Doing? Well, after I, I listened to one, and I was like, this was worth a re-listen to. I, I re-listened to the one where he interviews Gia Tolentino. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, this is pretty good. So I was like, I'm going to listen to, I have, I was dry on podcasts. I think I told you that I, I struggled for the past, like the long weekend. And, uh, so I was like, I'll just have Ezra Klein's on deck. They say a lot about what's happened since 2016. Like it, again, he's kind of like the NPR of podcasts. You know, if you want to know what the establishment libs were chattering about for the past, whatever the fuck you could do worse than Ezra Klein. But I'll tell you, man, the 42 episodes, I, I, didn't, I didn't have the heart for much of them. Yeah. Like it was a fit of, of, it was a manic state of downloading them. And then I haven't listened to it. I deleted them. Like, I think I played one and I was like, this is horrendous. <coughs> anyway, I would like to know what Iglesias has been wrong about. Or what TC disagrees with, with Iglesias about. That is interesting to me. I keep a list because I'm, I'm thrilled you, to hear that. You know, like uh, just 
uh, it's the thing I'm most being commonly attacked for amongst my friend group. <laughs> citing Matt Iglesias? Not citing him, but just, you know, general, not being dis- actively disgusted by him at all times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, real quick, dude. I know I've brought up his purple glasses face before. Uh-huh. Did you see the trailer for the new Matrix movie? Uh, no, not yet. In this trailer, because I they watched need, the pre-trailer, they need to be so fast with coding visual information about in the story they're telling with these images, the way that they efficiently in one frame communicate that the guy is a creepy villain is those exact glasses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I lost I my mind, man. They sound like good glasses. <laughs> I mean, you know. Man, was, anyway. No, I mean, the, the substacks that I read are better than I thought they would be, but I am curious what you disagree with them on. I know we're a little bit far afield of the True Detective at this yeah, point. Yeah, I've got a couple of True Detective points yeah, yeah, I do want to I think we should make. bring it home but to True Detective, but like back to True Detective, I mean. But I am curious if you can tell me quickly if there are topics where you're like, on housing, he's wrong, you know, or whatever it is. I know it's not housing. Yeah. Uh, Housing's uh, one where I will admit that I, in my opinion, the left is largely wrong. You're an iconoclast in that regard, I would say, among your fucking cohort. You know, I don't think that it's like a primary animating issue for most people on the left. Yeah, I think that's that's why they parrot nonsense a lot of times, I think. Yeah, I think that if they cared about it as much as they They did about healthcare, they would have, they would take the time to come up with better positions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm having, you know, you're putting me on the spot. Uh, I didn't mean to. The policing stuff, I. Ooh, I don't know much about. I mean, I, you know, there's that one column. He gets really mad about defund, thinks it's okay. terrible. I, I don't feel think like that's terrible. like the fight for 15, man. It's like, or, or Black Lives Matter. It's like you can get nitty gritty and pick apart. You accuse me of picking apart words. I feel like defund police people, anti-defund police people. I don't know Iglesias, but it's like, uh, yeah, okay, you could you could all day be like, okay, what do you actually mean by that? But it's like what they mean is put resources to other than like the current state of policing. I think, right? Yeah, um, and in his view, which you know, I, I don't know that I have like a hundred percent clear thoughts on this, but certainly I emotionally rebel against it. Um, is that if you want safer cities, you ought to pay police more and have more of them. Because they're like, if you wanted a uh, city with fewer potholes, you would hire more people who cleaned up potholes and give them more money. Who are the potholes in this analogy? <laughs> unsolved <laughs> murders. Yeah, okay. I mean, he is usually talking about it specifically through the lens of unsolved murders. And we do have a giant problem with unsolved murders. No one talks about that. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting, man. Japan doesn't seem to need to have an overwhelming police presence, but they have a society that, you know, they're, they're different from us. Very different. Yeah. Is it true they don't have a, I mean, I just know there's drug laws are so draconian. I don't know. Like, yeah, they have police, but I don't think they're like, no one's like, dude, we're the best. (laughs) Like no one fucks with it. I guess like Brazil's police that like conduct full-on like military raids in favelas or whatever i'm mostly going off that movie the raid which is not in brazil but Hmm. anyway you know i'm imagining an elite police force that is hypothetically better america balls out dude we're a fully militarized police force at this point 
Yeah, you know, it's not what I would have done. No, I know. I'm not. If I would have had the opportunity to vote on it, I would have gone I'm, against. I'm trying to be humorous about it. I don't actually think it's balling out, you know, but I don't think Japan fucks with us. Like in terms of like our police are, you know, commandos compared to theirs. You know, I think we have, we got to have more per capita. I don't, I don't have any idea. I'm also confused about why we're picking at Japan. Oh, cause they have low crime. But I don't think they spend resources on police like that. I think they refute Iglesias' point. But then again, they obviously have a different setup. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I you know, I, I, I don't think that uh, what the actions of the police are a major driver in. I mean, I do believe, and again, he's, I don't want to misrepresent what he's saying. He's mainly talking about murder clearance rate yeah, and yeah. how many detectives you have employed to work on the murder clearance rate does seem like it's essential. Um, but say you, but I, I don't believe that police have uh, are like the big factor or, you know, I mean, they're I guess I'd have to grant that they're a factor in public safety. But I think that that's mainly economic conditions. I don't know a lot of rich people that want to, you know, like commit uh, a lot of crime. I mean, like on the one hand, they do commit crimes, but it's like a different kind of crime that we don't punish. But whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um, I agree. The kinds of crimes that we're talking about police trying to stop, people who have secure economic circumstances commit those at a much lower rate. So I think that those secure, creating a situation where you have a lot of people in secure economic circumstances is going to do a lot more than having someone there to catch them on the off. Like just the the rate at which we catch people is pretty abysmal too. Like like not just in the murder clearance rate, but like. You know, we just that we we have it designed backwards of like you, you what you want is, you know, reasonable punishments that are guaranteed to anyone who breaks that rule, not uh, we'll find every fucking 10th person who breaks the rule. But whenever we find that one, we're going to fucking crush them because no one thinks they're going to be that one. So they don't really give a shit how bad the penalty is. And then you're ruining the lives of the ones that you catch. Well, like I think the latter the, point is the, yeah. the more important one. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Dude, it's not good, dude. I'm not I'm not with it. Yeah. But well anyway. Um, so we have not spoken much to this point. This is the final thing I have to talk about for the episode of just uh Marty and Rust having sex. Marty and Rust having sex. Marty and Rust having sex. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> Maggie and Rust having sex. Quite um, a scene, man. Just the way that it unfolds and with with Marty, you know, draws to me parallels with marty uh ending up fucking beth um just with both of them like the show is about to some extent catching people who are making these bad choices you know like to, to have sex with these children and it seems like but for the grace of god go i with both of them like they're exhibiting no attempt to control or have any decisions made about who exactly they're having sex with. I mean, go on. What do you mean? Like Russ doesn't appear to be making like a real considered choice there. Well, he's the second he's done, he's too. is he? I think so. I mean, I yeah, guess yeah, he's yeah. drinking, yeah. But and like, it's like it's goes like clear and brown liquor appear. 
But then, like, you know, Marty's, uh, you know, has some resistance at points. Like, he has to be convinced into it. But, like... He's seduced. So he's, he's seduced, He's dude. taking two seconds to think about it. Lands on no. And then it's just like, ah, fuck it. I'll do it, it anyway. Someone who's willing... You can't neither seduce of them, anyone Neither of them pass it up. And, like, or offer any resistance, despite seeming to think that it's in their best interest at other points to do so. And if that's the case then it seems to me the only difference between them fucking doing the things that, you know, raping children is that it, it hasn't occurred to them to want to rape children. So like, do we think that people are bad because of the impulses that they feel? Or do we think that people are bad based on like their, you know, decisions to control those impulses? Well, the, the, we don't have <laughs> access to these characters thoughts. They could be wrestling with pedophilic impulses throughout the show. It could be the subtext. It doesn't seem to me we're, like they're we're not uh, picking up on it. They're they're wrestling with the impulses that we do see, you know. No, I think you're right, dude. I'm just I'm being funny. Uh I think uh yeah, I think you're right, but at the same time, I'm I don't wrestle with pedophilic impulses like that, so I can't it's very easy for me to other them and be like, you know what? Suck it up, man. I guess what I get to feel mine and I indulge them all the time because they don't include fucking ruining children's lives. But I think that we so, all have some desire to do something that's illegal, I'm, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, like, you know, cert, like I, I think it's safe enough for me to admit that whenever I was 19, I found some 17 year olds very attractive. Sure, and let's assume that was illegal, which I don't know if it's true. I refuse to learn about age of consent laws. <laughs> I, I mean, my understanding, mainly coming from the, uh, or I guess you would have been locked up I, for this. Maybe you don't even know about jailbait. MTV had a made-for-TV movie called Jailbait. Oh shit, I don't know about that. That sounds well, incredible. They, uh, it was like whatever Dude. MTV would turn on the promotion machine in those years. Okay. It meant a lot. It was a culture right, defining right. thing. Like everyone right. I know my age that, you know, wasn't locked up during that time. Like I'll if you ask anyone about like, hey, you remember jailbait? Yeah, sure. Or, yeah. yeah. Uh, what was the they just they always had those fucking like uh teenage soap operas that were on after ten. I think one of them was called Nudes. There's always promoting <laughs> nudes. I didn't see nudes. Skins. Skins, that's what yeah, I'm thinking yeah, okay, of. Okay, that's what yeah, I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, 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 I got you. Okay. Uh, but like, imagine that times 10. That was the jail bait. Uh, oh, that sounds great, dude. Tour. On so many fewer channels and stuff. Yeah, you know, so yeah, yeah. Uh, based on having seen, based on MTV's recommendation, the movie Jailbait, uh, I, I believe that you can go to jail for being a 19-year-old who has sex with a 17-year-old. Okay. Um, but uh, like... All right, yeah, so I think that what makes people good is not the you're being black. I, I have now. bad impulses. Like that that's you know, that's I mean, I guess you could argue whether it's wrong or not for nineteen year old to have sex as a seventeen year old, but like well, fucking but it is raw and so like I I think that we are good based on how we control them, like not based on whether or not we have them. Like, yeah, I think that's a great point. I agree. But if you felt that way about a seventeen so say you were nineteen, right? Right mm -hmm. now. Yeah. You you reveal your deep dark secret to me that you were 19, you slept with a 17-year-old. You were in love, you were both virgins. Uh, you know, you dated for a year before that. Your parents knew and liked each other and liked you. 
you know, basically any objection you could come up, you were engaged. You know what I mean? Like, let's just make it as favorable as possible for the sake of the hypothetical mm -hmm. so that you can say, I don't think I did anything wrong, you know, but uh, I did still feel that way. I think she was hot then. I think 17 year olds are hot now. I'll never have sex with them. You know, I would, I would probably still podcast with you. You know what Thank I mean? You. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I like, but if you were like everything, I guess you can't, it all immediately falls apart. But I was going to say, if you said that, but about a seven year old, I'd be like, dude, you got to get help, which I think I've also said no one should offer you. <laughs> but like, you know what I mean? Like if you like, I don't know. It's like, I, I do feel so like the, the priesthood, for example, that seems to become a, to have become a haven for a sexual deviance, misfits, people who are running from themselves sexually. You know what I mean? It's like, maybe they do have greater burdens to bear. Maybe something happened to them early in life that crossed their wires. I'm serious. The book Catcher in the Ride appears to be a depiction of this. People don't want to hear this. But Holden appears to have been molested and he appears to be struggling like as he becomes sexual, like with what that means with his own wires. Like a guy famously wrote a thesis about that in the 70s. But like people, you should look at the Reddit threads about that, dude. No one wants to hear it. But it's pretty clear if you look at the text. That once you know that, it's hard to read the book otherwise. Easy enough to figure out how people would be upset about that. It does. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and so I'm saying, like, it, it's easy to imagine a sympathetic case. The, the book Catcher in the Rye doesn't go there. But say you, you, there's Catcher in the Rye too, and he, he does cross a boundary with a younger kid that he shouldn't have. Catcher in the Rye becomes a prequel as to how somebody with a good heart becomes evil. You know what I mean? Like I, in that scenario. Okay. I would say if you're holding Caulfield in that scenario, I'm sorry you got hurt. Like, I'm sorry that it's so understandable that, that you think this way and maybe part of what's fucking you up. Like in that book, he thinks everybody is as like fake and phony, you know, as, as the worst of society. And maybe he's worried about that, you know, his own persona, and how fragile it is. Uh, and, you know, I mean, my heart goes out to anybody who feels that way. But I would also say, guess what? You're on earth, like with the apparatus, including the mental apparatus that you have, including the history and the scars, aka the trauma that this world has like used to create who you are. That means you, that is your burden. You have to not molest kids. You know, like I love smoking weed, I'm sorry. If I liked molesting kids as, or as much as I like smoking weed, like I would be, I would probably, I don't want to say it, dude. I might kill myself, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, I don't Yeah, it's just like, one of those things like, of like, I, if you did admit it, like, and I understand how this works, but like, as we're staring at it now, because um, I mean, a lot of how it ends up seeming to work to me is like the prostasia people are people who are admitting that they're attracted to minors but they're yeah, like take them out there but word. it's okay uh yeah, see, that's because the i don't do anything I about shut it the fuck up for, and go back in the shadows but and like, this is your cross to bear dude. but, but don't you think that like like uh if you did legitimately feel that um and like didn't act on it aren't you a more moral person than someone who doesn't act on it and dude. doesn't feel it? Not interested. Ask God when you're dead, dude. But they're like, 
I'm not interested you in that question. You know the answer, though. No, I don't, dude. I really believe it's up to God. You think that you, someone who's not facing any difficulty whatsoever... Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. First of all, we all know I'm barely restraining my impulse to hunt and murder pedophiles at all times. You know this, dude. I have my own dark impulses, dude. And you know I'm a libertine sexually. Just not like that. I don't know of any of those things. <laughs> well, now you do. <laughs> I, I wouldn't agree with that. Yeah, definitely. It would require taking you at your word. No, I'm a devoted I'm monogamist. Not to do. You know that. You do know that, dude. I don't know. My anything. wife's listening right now. Um, I love you, baby. <laughs> but, that, you know, whatever. The degree of difficulty, like, you know, the. I mean, I don't know. Does anyone do anything good ever? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Dude, I'm a diver, dude. I know but, all about degree of difficulty, but everybody's trying their best on every dive. And that's what I expect from everybody. So if your card, when you showed up to the diving meet, said you're gonna, you got a bunch of twists in there, and all I'm doing is fucking, you know, little flips. Sorry. That's what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? You just got to, man. I don't know what to tell you. You got to. I don't know what you are telling me. I'm telling, not you, you but don't, the, the you don't child care. molesters. Like, they got to just Yeah, not of course do they it. don't, but it's a more, like, I'm, <laughs> what, what do you think you, I'm arguing here? What are you arguing I against? Don't know. I'm just, over, like, uh, here, I, well, then let I'm me say it more clearly. Like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Because you seem to be saying, like, <laughs> that I'm, like, okay with fucking child molestation, which is the exact opposite of the fucking point I make. Clear it up. No, I don't. I don't actually think you're okay with it. I, I mean, I, what I mean is if you ever feel like you should clear that up, I will never stand in the way. But I don't mean to suggest that you need if to. If you take two people who equally oh, this don't point. molest yeah, yeah, children, yeah. Okay. and one of them feels like it and the other one doesn't, okay. the one who feels like it is doing the more difficult, better good. Like they are helping the world more than the person who doesn't feel any impulse and then just doesn't do it. Okay, H helping the world more? The amount of unmolested kids is the same. I mean, let's not start giving them parades. But not like compared to a baseline scenario. Where they have a... Dude, that's like incel talk, dude. Being like... I don't know. I, I shouldn't... I mean, value over replacement like is a pretty common way of evaluating things. What? Value over replacement. What do you mean by that? Like... If you had an average person, like an average pedophile who didn't oh, okay. attempt I see, I to. I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Sure, I guess. I'm not ready to concede that everyone with pedophilic. First of all, age of consent laws exist because it's a big enough problem that at least in the areas that are touching on the borderline, if we didn't have the laws, society would be worse off, which means people would I think so. you know, dip in deeper into the age pool. Uh, or into the shallow end, I should say. You know what I mean? So, like, if you accept that, that means there's a universality of these impulses to a greater degree than many people would like to admit, and then to a greater degree than we're discussing if we're only talking about, like, you know, the people who are like eight-year-olds, which in many ways it's much easier to, you know, talk about them because they present a much more extreme case, I think. So yeah. I, but either way, barring that kind of what I would, you know, the, the, the more widespread degree of what is the word? That's another fucking, it's be, I think it's becoming more commonplace, but it's kind of still a little bit of a tell. Ephebophilia. Ephebophilia? Never heard of it. 
it means you're like attracted to uh, not children, teenagers, but they're like post-pubescent, I would say, I think. Maybe they're pubescent. I don't know. Yeah, I've always been frustrated that uh, the word for liking 17-year-olds and the word for liking three-year-olds is the same is word. the word you're, you're looking for. Okay. But knowing that word is another one where it's like, all right, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah, on absolutely. the fucking list, I'm my dog. I'm going to forget it immediately. Like, I've said it, but like if I can men in black gun myself, I would, dude. I, yeah. I'm not happy that I know it, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm rust, dude. I'm out here <laughs> fucking. Uh, but, dude. I don't know. Oh, I'm just saying like, uh, I don't know. I'm not ready to, to buy the line just the same way. I'm not ready to buy the line. If, if you got molested, you will molest. I'm not ready to buy like how commonplace these, these urges are or are not. I don't actually know. I don't either, it's but very, it's clear that some people feel them. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's pretty clear. It's very clear. And yeah, I wouldn't yeah. expect that a hundred percent of the people who feel them act on them. I exactly. Yeah. So, and then it's like, what, what's the variables in that? What makes them more or less likely to act on them? Yeah. I mean, I mean, the culture has to be and you know, how does yeah. it manifest if it is? I, some I are no opportunists, idea. some are, are, you know, they devote themselves to constructing elaborate double lives to serve the God that they've created, which is their own twisted desire, baffling stuff, but it does you know, I, I think Isaac Asimov, you know that guy, the writer? I am aware he exists. I think his son was a big child porn guy. Really? Yeah, yeah. You know the subway guy? Jared. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Uh-huh. The whole time. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated just from my own standpoint of, uh, yeah, sorry. We got away. I have questions about Maggie. Sorry. If that's what you're saying, I'm jumping the gun. I'll be quiet. I'm um, done. I'm done. about like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that they're, uh, doing their, like the, just how little rust is I'm even like attempting to control his actions, given how much contempt he has forever and else not controlling theirs. Well, yeah, man. But in the course of the show, uh, like I, I'm just want, I'm like, I'm, on a personal level, I'm frustrated by it. The fact that it's in the show, I think, is good and a testament to how wonderful and nuanced the show it is. Because I think that there's lots of moves to show that, you know, like it's it's a show about the human race. It's a show about sure. how humans are. Sure. And one feature of them is that they don't have like, a, you know, like they're just driven from thing to thing and have far fewer, far less agency than we all like to pretend that we do. And definitely i think so dude well that's what i'm saying with consciousness in the blind spot dude i have written down when he goes to visit kelly the the girl in the mental institution mm -hmm. uh they describe her as suffering from regressive catatonia you know mm -hmm. like she's falling back into her sleep and it's like everybody in the episode is like falling back into their blind spots and it's like rust i think was in a blind spot when he mowed the lawn and now he's fully mowing the lawn yeah you know what i mean and it's like while you were saying that, I was like, all right, TC, but you tell me that when fucking Michelle Monaghan shows up in your kitchen when you're drunk, dude. Are you kidding me? Like, also, You know, it's one of those things where, like, I've, I've never had to come to close to living it. I mean, I'm joking. I mean, she could try. Like I said, devoted monogamous, dude. I would cast her out. It, it, but just, it, you know, like, uh, dearly departed Norm MacDonald made the point about Tiger Woods. Uh, do you remember that Norm MacDonald had a sports show for, like, five episodes? No. It was awesome. 
That sounds good. Uh, the first episode was a couple months after Tiger had been found out about the cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just basically like, given the volume of women that Tiger Woods, that wanted to sleep with Tiger Woods, uh, the percentage of those that he ended up sleeping with was actually incredibly low. And okay. He was a better husband in many ways. That's what you're saying about the pedophiles, dude. I mean, I think it's true. <laughs> okay. How is it not? Sure, 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 sure. Um, Tiger is a better husband than you? Yeah. I, I mean, so. I'm assuming your raw numbers are lower than his. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if just because you're not. I mean, I think famous. there's other factoids about Tiger Woods that you per know. capita. I don't know. You know, but is I, he on Twitter? Tiger, I think so. But yeah. I mean, it's just to like tweet about Nike. No, I know, but I'm saying I'm assuming he has millions of followers, so we could. I was going to say the raw number of women who want to have sex with DC is probably lower. There's no knock on you; just your proportional no, I think it fame is, true. is probably lower. No, but I mean, I, I, I just like, it's a joke about Tiger. I don't actually believe that Tiger Woods is a good husband. <laughs> well, I know, but you there's do believe things. it about the molesters. Well, just there's other factors. The I think that, molesters. I think that that point stands true. Like, I think that considering the context in which it actually is being committed is important. Do you disagree with that? Of course I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like the show makes that point. Bert is a very sympathetic pervert. You know, the guy with the revival. Yeah. Where he, and he got assaulted. Like, he gets the worst of what everyone is threatened with, like, when they're threatened with the the penal system. Yeah. So, like, you know, I don't want to be flipping about it, but, uh, and I know, like, God made us all different ways. I mean, it's chilling to think about how long has that been in the gene pool and why it's probably been there on a pre-verbal level. I mean, that's where it's like, when you look at other species, right, this is a common question. Part of these intellectual dark web people did this when they submitted the fake papers, one of the ones that they submitted to like a science journal to show the, the fraud of academia, like look at these fake papers we got published, was like a sociological analysis of rape culture at the dog park, you know, which actually is kind of funny as a stunt, but it's like, it also just brings to mind the absurdity of like, can you judge this other species uh, yeah. w- with our, our morals at all? Probably not. Well, can you say that about pre-verbal hominid humans? You know what I mean? Like, it gets grayer. Well, if pedophilia was in that gene pool and it's on its way out even, assume that. Do we owe compassion to the remnants? You know what I mean? Like, even if we're all agreeing that they're, they're, they're done, they're vestigial for our, like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's good if we show compassion to everyone. I, I'm a Christian, so I believe that. But it's like, that's exactly where my belief gets tested, man. And it's, I'm not, I do think the the Anders Breivik PlayStation jail is like a good compromise. And I'm, as we're in a time of abundance. So as a taxpayer, I'm ready to pay it. But that's not super compassionate. Yeah. No, no I don't know. I don't know, dude. That's why I'm on, I'm not saying she's wrong. Uh, she knows too much more about it for me to ever say that she's wrong about it. But the lady writing the book that you're talking about, about the, was she uh, Unger, or was that the guy? What? The book that you were reading that you just referred to about uh, the pedophiles saying that they've uh, predators? victims of pedophilia. Yeah, yeah. predators and assaulter. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I just. I. I, I'm. I'm uncomfortable with her line of argumentation because it feels to me like a license to 
other eyes. Oh, she doesn't give a fuck, dude. She's she's a full on warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. That's just not my perspective. I'm I'm not a full on warrior. I don't think that any group of people like you know. I, I don't feel that uh, it's true of any group of people, the things that Hitler thought about the Jews, you know? And Is like, it true about Hitler, what the Jews think about him? I don't think so. I mean, that's, Erica Badu doesn't either. You know, I remember she got in trouble for saying that. You know, like, especially reading that article, uh, the New Yorker German child porn ring article. True. Um, you think Hitler got m- molested? Well, just I assume that he was raised by the same manual or raised in the milieu that allowed that manual to exist. For sure. Yeah, um, definitely. And, you know, I just extrapolate from there and it's easy enough to understand how a person, I mean, you know, whatever. None of it's excusing it. Just all of it's saying. Well, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He's got a human if heart thing the same is, way that you do. If your thing is like, I want to fucking rise to power and take over the world and fucking run concentration camps, you got to not do it. Have you ever felt him? I felt murderous impulses. I'll say it, dude. I don't think I'm ever going to kill somebody. So I don't think this will come back on me. Too I don't hard. think I've, I mean, yeah, no, I definitely have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I felt white hot murderous rage, like where it's not white hot. It's like, uh, it's, it's, I, it's the same, it serves the same function as suicide. Whenever I feel like there's someone in my life that's blocking <laughs> that's, that's my agency. Too. Uh, you know, like in the way that I think like, well, actually I do have options here. I could kill myself or I could kill them. Yeah. You ever offer to kill somebody for a babe? No. They love it when you do that. Probably not going to find like, out. You do it like, no, kind of joking. You know, next time your wife comes home complaining about work, just look her dead in the eye and be like, I'm just, I trust you. I'm not saying we should, but we should just be aware that we we probably could kill him and get away with it. Like I would help you, given the clearance. They rights. love it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you think. Yeah, uh, I've never done that. I mean, I've never killed anyone. I mean, if you really want it to be easy, having any kind of connection at all to him is not great. I mean, that's a tenuous one. See, but you're already thinking it through. You know what I'm saying? Spouse of a coworker, like See, that's not, not the first thing you. the police are looking for. You got to be like Tanya Harding's spouse to fuck that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's like he, he's got but a better mustache and a better brand. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I guess I'll give them their moral medals if that's what they want. If they want a big round of applause for not molesting, you know, that's fine. But then they start asking, oh, can I have a fucking, you know, little doll? What about some hentai? You know, can I have a website, please? Can I chat with the support group? And you know what I'm saying? Bad apples spoil the No, price, I dude. don't have any idea what you're saying. I've <sighs> never experienced that situation, and I suspect that you might not have either. I mean, I never that situation. No, no, no. I'm not in charge of regulating the pedophiles, thank God, dude. Can you imagine if I was the pedophiles are? Be tough, dude. Yeah. I've often wondered if you made, like, Looper, but about my life. It somehow involves that. It's like I don't I remember tra- the plot well enough. The kid is like fucked up and he travels in time and becomes like a world dictator. But he's like working out his issues from when he was like a young and obviously. This is a good movie, dude. Sci-fi. I recall it being a good movie. Yeah. I just don't recall the details. They like CGI'd the faces of Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis because they were playing different versions of each other. Yeah, they make them uh, older. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. 
Yeah. I only watched it the once, but it was pretty cool. I might watch it again. Uh, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, maybe you already have, man. True. You know? Um, anyway, the, dude, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about this TV show, dude. I refuse like to. to leave. I have direct questions for you. Okay. About the the, quali- the the whole sex scene, dude. I mean, so that's the, the regressive catatonia, falling back in your sleep. Like, is it just that consciousness turns off when you're horny, dude? Like, is it just like if a woman is in your house trying to get fucked, do you lose capacity? See, I don't think that I do. But what I was saying is that I just, you know, I have to admit that I have not been tested about it very frequently. So, like, what the fuck do I know? Like, anyone, you know, like, it's like someone who's never been to war being like, war, I'd be Here's great Here's what I that. would do. I would yeah, kill yeah. a ton of people. Like... It's a complicated situation, difficult, and in fact, I would say impossible to predict how you're going to behave. Uh, but if I were to make a prediction, it's that, yes, I'd be like, no, you're my partner's wife. I have a little more agency over this. I don't want the consequences it would bring, so I'm going to decide not to do that. Yeah, but if you guys have had a smoldering, symbolic lawn mowing relationship for seven years, and you're drunk, and you like just got fired, arguably in a hype home. By the way... I know this is not the point the show is making, but if he is in a hypomanic or manic state, which like getting fired from your job makes worse, then he's probably rock hard, dude. I mean, hypersexuality is a hallmark of hypomania. So, you know, again. Yeah. So like I said, I can't predict being in that situation. But if you're asking me to, I would say that I would not do it. I mean, like, if all if all of what you're saying is true of, like, he, it's just a good decision that he definitely wants to do. I don't then, say it's a good decision. I'm saying it's scary if it's even a decision, dude. It's like, because he's, like, he's bewildered the whole time. You're listing the reasons that he should do it. No, I'm listing the factors that make him more likely to do it. Okay. Like, I'm saying, does he gain But if those factors or, were overwhelming, then, I think like, they reduce his agency for sure. And I think it's, like... Like, dude, during the scene, he's continually juxtaposed with, like, his hair looks like antlers to me. And he's, like, positioned under the cross and victim's pictures, like, continually. Yeah. Like, Maggie is, too, a little bit, but she's also more of, like, an abyss vortex. Yeah. No, you know? I think he's doing the thing that, like, the, he's he's taking a step down his own version of the path that fucking Ledoux or anyone or Childress or anyone else is going down whenever they kill those kids. That's what I'm saying. Why do you think he lies to Maggie when she's like, did you know? And he says, no, that's a direct lie. What's going on there? I mean, first of all, I think that it's quite possible that, uh, he's not seeing it as a direct lie of like, I don't know the details. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like he, yeah. it's not clear that he does know the details. Interesting. Like, so she's like, did you know, like, is that, do I know that my boss made a joke about it that he could have been wrong about and that I haven't well, caught let me him fast doing forward. anything? I mean, this is a major spoiler, but in a future episode, he does say, I don't like that you expected me to lie to you. And I think he's referring to this or maybe the earlier scene where she's like, is he out cheating on me? Or maybe mm-hmm. both. And I've asked you both times because like, I've wondered, like, because he seems to think she wanted him or he, that's the story he's telling himself. Maggie wanted me to lie to her, and I did. You know what I mean? But, like, it doesn't hold up to me. Yeah, I mean, that kind of stuff, I just I realized that I, my views on that are sufficiently idiosyncratic that I can't really... What do you mean? Like, just, 
I have an allergy to that oh, sort of line that appears to be more intense than the rest of the population. So, like, I, I can't imagine a situation so where moral. I would want someone to lie to me. You're kind of less moral than a person who struggles with lying. Definitely. Got it. I agree with that. I, yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. You're like a robot that's been unable, you programmed to be unable to, to lie. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that it's like. Uh, I mean, like, I guess I'd be lying if I said that I didn't feel like some amount of pride over it. Like, I, you know, there's definitely times where I'm like, this does make me a more moral person. But well, I, that's probably your abyss is being confronted with times when you lied and didn't realize it, or you know, something like that. Well, I mean, I, I'm definitely fully aware that I'm doing uh, the like sorts of reality distortion that we all do for ourselves all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my problem is if it was. A conscious lie, an unconscious lie wouldn't bother me. I assume that I'm doing See, this. Those all the time. scare me a lot because it's like, or the ones where you think you're doing one thing, but because I'm worried about like thing. the feeling of guilt about it. Like, what if you're I like, can't be guilty about a thing I didn't know I was doing. See, I don't. See, that's why guilt to me is always just like, what am I being guilted into, dude? Even by myself, first and foremost, because that's why, like, it's not really guilt. I, I know like that I use that word, out, but man. I would say it's anxiety about the future consequences. Yeah, yeah. I like to sit through that and figure out what's exactly going on, though, because sometimes that's residual. I Just don't know. If the man. person finds out that you lie, they're not going to trust you. They're going to be mad about whatever, like the, whatever yeah. matter it was. It was important enough to you oh, that yeah. they not find out the truth that carried significant consequences. That makes sense. Well, but what if it's like a rust situation? If you really do believe the other person wants you to lie. You know, in that case, I might be like, look, you wanted me. I would not have done what he did there. Yeah, that's interesting. Not saying that was like a a positive which one's right or which one's wrong. I'm just saying like like, I I do know Maggie, but I still want to fuck. If he said yes, do you think they're still fucking? I do. Yeah, it doesn't seem related. Yeah. I wonder why he says no. Is he covering for Marty? He doesn't seem like he's not. I mean, he's not. She already knows. It's not a, he's not covering so for Marty. It's not a matter of whether, like, she's See, already there, seen the picture. He's kind of uh, playing to me. He might be playing into, you, you know, you describe Maggie as uh, assuming that he's a certain kind of guy. It's the kind of guy that would not know. You know, he seems to be lying to her to maintain that image there, possibly, as we discuss this. I mean, I'm sure that because, like, he's, he knows the things that I'm saying, <laughs> that she's, like she's putting pressure on him to do those things and he he doesn't hate her he he does he is interested in her feelings to some extent you think he's trying to spare her feelings well i think that like she he feels pressure to be the person that she wants him to be yeah. sometimes he's not willing to do it but it doesn't mean he feels some pressure to to do it yeah it's yeah. just sometimes you know so you know i i don't think that like it just doesn't sound pleasant you know to be that and just I would just be so fucking pissed about being involved in the whole thing. Like, mainly yeah, Marty, he's, he's like, mowed, the creating the situation. But he mowed the lawn, dude. He wants to be involved. I'm not saying he, he's... In, he's no. He owed, no, no, that's I'm ridiculous. Not saying he's, it's not about deserve, dude. Chill out. I'm not saying he deserves a punishment for mowing the lawn or something. I'm saying he's involved in these people's lives, dude. He's... he's He's, these people are nothing to him. They're, like, the closest So, like, if you've met someone... Had, then... Dude, they're, like, the closest relations he's had in this town. Who's closer in his life besides his ex bet? I'm not who disagreeing with that. To, by the way, I don't think that that's relate. Like, doesn't prove the point you're making. If you're happy a, to grant that you one. Owe you, if you're a detective, 
dude, this doesn't bode well for your quality as a podcasting partner. If you think you can be a detective partner with someone for seven years and dream team it out, dude, and not owe that person or his family anything. That's bizarre to me. I don't think you can. You just that. you're arguing against points that I'm not making okay. and that I don't believe. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I'm glad I, to hear that. Go ahead. Just fucking uh it, Marty is creating the situation. like the fact that he has Marty as a partner doesn't mean he's like responsible whenever Marty cheats. Like if fucking uh like it's it's you don't agree that it's annoying that Marty has made a situation where his where Russ' only options are to lie to her, deliver news that she doesn't want to hear? He's put him in a bad spot. That's what I'm saying. Do you think that he hasn't put him in a bad spot? Oh, yeah, dude. Of course he's put him in a bad spot, That's dude. All but I'm Maggie saying. is also showing up at his house looking great with a bottle of wine and, you know, playing damsel in distress. He knows that. You know, he does kind of let her in, but she kind of forced. He's bewildered, dude. And he is plastered. Like, he's at a low point. Uh, and it's not like Marty where he, like kind of know she's in the t-mobile store uh so i think he's more innocent um he's more innocent than he i think even gives himself credit for uh when like i'm sure he feels tons of guilt over this. he knew how bad it was yeah i think so like even in the moment like the release is wild dude i mean i'm sure but like it's a release because you're he's made a decision like that's what i'm saying we have to talk about his fuck technique Dude, I mean, I got to say, well, I'm interested in your thoughts. But again, interesting when Maggie confronts uh, yeah. Marty, she talks about asses and, you know, the satisfactory nature of hers versus others. Uh, and then it's juxtaposed with when Rust is about to rail her. It's like a very prominent shot of an ass grab. So... Number one question, is it a butt double? I don't think so. Yeah, they'd say it's fairly clear the show is not using doubles very frequently, if at all. I don't think so. But you always got to wonder, you know, with HBO in this day and age, I think there's a lot of... Uh, I wonder, who are the butt doubles? Are they, like, people trying to be actors? Or are they just, like, they know that their thing is they just have an excellent ass? You know what I'm saying? Because they're out there for sure. I don't know. You think there's people that are working, get several jobs a year? It's just like, get me the fucking best ass in Hollywood. Yeah. Or it could be like Michelle like Monaghan. Like just is that? Michelle Monaghan's like, whoever's ass fucking did Natalie Portman's ass in that movie, I want her. I mean, like something like that. I wonder, dude. I, I really don't know, dude. Who's ever ass it is, you know, I'll, I'm doing some extra squats. I'm, I'm not objectifying anybody. I'm saying we should all aspire to it. But... Anyway, dude, let's move on. It's pretty light. Rust's hip mobility was excellent, I would say. I mean, it, it, like, uh, it was just a well-done well scene. Believable. Uh, it's very, I don't know. It was interesting to watch. What do you think? Um, I mean, she says in the conversation with Marty that, that she enjoyed it, right? Doesn't she? Yeah, but you can, it's hard to separate how much of that is riling up Marty. Well, I just, I was, I'm interested but, in your thoughts on oh, how I believe much you it. think it's riling up Marty. Oh, I'm sure it's riling up Marty. Because it doesn't really fit. I mean, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm not here to uh, brag about 
anything related to that. Um, but, but it could never be you, dude. It it didn't seem like <laughs> something that I would typically think of as enjoyable. The sex? Yeah. Eh. Yeah, I mean, it's look, would you want fucking it every, rotten? every day? Probably not. But occasionally, especially if you're like rusting, it's a, you're, if you're I was, breaking a If drop. I just had it in my mind to try and do a real good job, that's not what I would go for. I mean, it's not candles at the Four Seasons, but I think that's the appeal. The abject, you know, abrupt, animalistic. And I'm just saying it's not, it doesn't seem in the scene like that she's it's feeling not like this is like the best thing erotic. that's ever happened to her. Well, she says, I haven't been fucked like that since before the girls. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's technically true. true. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think yeah, that, dude, yeah, fucking yeah. like that is fucking awesome, dude. It's just, you know, one kind. But it's like, anyway, you know. I don't know, dude. Both parties don't seem to enjoy it afterwards. Well, I, a, a I, would, I just, for my all, general blood pressure <laughs> level, would prefer to not have any sex where within a couple minutes I'm yelling at the person to leave. I was going to say, my I, I don't want to have any sex that doesn't end. Uh, like, I only want sex that ends with the woman saying, uh, I'm sorry, but thank you. <laughs> like, that's when you know it's gone well, I think. I'm sorry, but thank you is what I want to hear after a, a performance. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, yeah, that's part of it, dude. It's intense. It's not, it's not, uh, you know, it, it, it's probably, she strikes me as she's telling the truth. Uh, she has not had that kind of sex since before she was married, because especially with Marty, you know, I'm not a, a huge Freudian, as you know, but I think he's the one that said this about the Madonna Hork complex. Like the, the real way it manifests is where you have sexual desire, you cannot love the woman. And if you love the woman, you cannot desire her sexually. And Marty is like that, you know, really, really extremely. Like after he fucks Beth, uh, he like comes home and he's like almost little boy lovey-dovey with Maggie, you know, just being like, I love you. Thanks yeah. for this food and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it's, but it's not like an erotic, you know, love between equals. Yeah. Uh, and so like, there's no way Marty can commit to a woman as the future mother of his children. If she is a woman tape capable of like taking, you know, a pounding like that. Uh, like, although she obviously is, he himself rendered he, his own like blind spots or like conceptions of women render him incapable of fucking his wife like that the minute she becomes his wife i think i mean obviously can't relate but uh i think that's what's going on there okay devoted monogamous as you know um and then just i'm gonna stop saying that people are gonna think i'm joking too much if i hurt say saying much. uh this will hurt him is just fucking yeah dude well, so the, the I noticed I never really picked up on this, but the the detectives in 2012 kind of dig at her a little bit, uh, where it's like you tried to leave him in '95, didn't you? Like I was like, damn, they knew about that. Uh, so I think it like I do think she believes. That's an interesting question. Is it like if she came home and she was like, I fucked a rando at the bar? Does he? Does the divorce fully happen that time? Because definitely pits a lot. That's definitely what she's saying. Oh, right? I know, but is it true? I, I think she believes it, but is it, or is it just her preference was she was about to fuck the rando and she was like, this is gross. I would rather fuck rust. 
I can't blame her. Yeah, it's not like she betrays in the scene with the rando that she's feeling especially disgusted. And they do a good job of making the rando pretty gentlemanly for a guy who's about to fuck a married yeah, woman he's in fine. the bar. Yeah, he's yeah. definitely very respectful. Uh, so it's like, is it true if she was like, I fucked a rando, does Marty get similarly enraged? I mean, he doesn't. It's definitely much more of a betrayal, obviously. But I wonder, because it's like, in I, I'm almost glad we're out of episodes with director's commentary because I kind of hate knowing too much about what the creators thought about their own creation on a level. But I think he said about the roller skating rink, like he was like the way he described it, he said two things that are relevant. Like one at the roller skating rink, he was like, he she doesn't believe it that he actually is gonna change. Or that he's capable of it, but she has to try, you know, she owes that to the girls. So it's like, it's not quite being like, I can't divorce him or I'm, you know, I'm incapable of it. The way she kind of makes it seem like this was the only way out. I don't know. It's like, it's hard to parse. Yes. Yeah. Just, I think they're complex characters. The other thing he said was like, he did say about this, he was like, in the next episode, Maggie's does a tiger he he's like it's a tiger mom move like this whole move that's that's what he describes it as it's like this is a, a tiger mom move so i think he sees it as like heroic like her doing her best to like get out of a life that she's finding unacceptable for her and her daughters mm-hmm. anyway yeah man i'm just excited to see what happens from here yeah it's a wonderful show do you watch the previews? The net, the you know the previews. Never, never. Those things are so awful. They should be illegal. Interesting. I uh, for all shows. I don't watch them myself, but I used to. I mean, when they air, I probably do. I don't really watch shows. <laughs> Can't that they get them air off anymore. as fast fast enough. Yeah, and they include them, I guess, on the actual episode now. You can uh, tell though the credits roll. So, friend of mine sent me a. It was a twenty-five minute video by some Kotaku writer laying out everything that he considered spoilers. And I have to say, I agree with him. He had a 25 minute list of things that are spoilers it included the title of the movie. It was a spoiler. Interesting. Uh, so this is like a funny thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but like also, you know, I don't know. Watch it. I'm kidding. Don't watch it. 25 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 it, it bothers me how much, like I, in this times where I can know nothing about something going in, I enjoy it much more. It's a totally different viewing experience and sure. it fucking rules. And so anything that's taking away from that, telling me half the fucking sit, like something I'm, I'm going to have to watch 20 minutes of this show before I even get to like the thing that I already know from the previous scene from last week. That sucks. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. Cause you know, like I said earlier, like I do think most creators know that they create in a universe of recaps and online spoilers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause it's almost like what you just described, at least on some pieces of art, like old movies, especially that is what the creators envisioned. So yeah, I don't think anyone can figure that that's how people are going to watch it now. Which you can't. Is Martin terrible. Scorsese seems to expect or like he he makes fucking Twitter headlines by bitching about it. Like 
he seems to be the last holdout, but it seems unrealistic. Yeah, and he's got to know. I mean, I think he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah, it's like, dude, that's how big... I'm not the only one who has said this, but it's like he's complaining, but the only way he gets... That's how big the Marvel movies are, is it's like people get reminded that Martin Scorsese exists because he had an opinion on Marvel. Like, no, he's people aren't writing about him otherwise. Like, that are writing about him if he's writing, you know, talking shit. So he can't be unaware of that at this point. Uh, if I were him, I wouldn't care. If I were him, I would use it to get attention and funding for the things that I care about, which I think he probably is on some level doing. I assume I mean, that's why he spoke up. He's the king, dude. Obviously, I respect him. Yeah. But... I don't agree with his opinion on Marvel. I think the CIA is doing a great job. No, uh, whatever. We're four and a half hours. I'm not even sure this file will upload. Oh, my God. So. Sorry, I lost a record time, man. Uh, it's fine. 